0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Whip Chat. My name is Christian, and this is the podcast where we get to know another person in the whip making community and bring us all together. Today I am joined by none other than Blake Bruning. Welcome to the show, Blake.
1: Hello. Uh, thanks for having me, Christian. And uh, you know, awesome that you provide such services to know people. I know it takes a lot of energy and time on your part to set up things beforehand, after editing, and you know, it's just nice you do that and Try to be a connector
0: of the community. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, that's it's it's my passion. I'm not an amazing whip maker or whip cracker. I enjoy doing both, but uh, I certainly love connecting people, and this uh, community is wonderful. Um, as a introduction, I have uh, written up a few words here about you, just the people that don't know you that have been living under a rock. <laughs> um, uh, Blake is an expert whip maker and expert whip cracker as well and a martial artist blake continues the uh shall we call it the bloodline of david morgan via joe strain Strain. (laughs) yeah via joe strain who blake learned from in person i would say blake is the indie whip maker if if you if you want indie whip in my opinion i mean well that that's that's my opinion
1: well um, a lot of you know not everybody's around as much anymore and they're on their way out all the the old schools so <laughs> yeah. well Maybe i my appreciate default. You carrying <laughs> it forward
0: um and i definitely want to know know more about that and we we could just start there um i I've, so i i people that have heard other podcasts probably have heard a little bit about your your history or read your bio or that sort of thing but you you did go and spend some time with strain in person correct oh yeah.
1: Yeah. A couple different times, you
0: know, right. Well, so can you tell me a little bit about like, how did you make that happen? Um, it, it not like he has a workshop you go and enroll in.
1: Uh, well, I never wanted to be a whip maker. That, that was never the goal. Um, okay. I, uh, Whips are always something you grew up loving, Indy, as a kid, and Raiders, you know, I was born yeah. in 76, so, you know, uh, I, I saw Crusade when I was 13, and TOD was probably big when I was six, right, you know, it's like, you who didn't want to whip, you know, I, I think, I think it took the whip to make Indiana Jones different than all the other stuff that was out, because everyone has a gun, everyone has a leather coat, and they fly planes or swing, but the, the whip, was why it's iconic is it's the tool that just brought in a new light for movie cinema and it got the most flack means or has been using it forever, but you know, it's kind of always kind of got me into it. Um, or at least do you always want to do that? But you know, you get older. Um, teaching martial arts to kids, start having Halloween thing, and we went down to the Disney, uh, Disneyland before that uh, with, with some family. And I got to see the stunt spectacular show. I saw it as a kid uh, once. My parents, farmers, we never had vacations. We went to Florida once because he had this uh, chance to have a convention up there that he went to. So we went to this hotel. We spent the whole week in the hotel, but <laughs> he took us to Disneyland and. I went oh, there and yeah. I wanted the hat. When I got done, I'm like, I know I can't get a whip, but I want the hat. And he's like, no, kid, we ain't spending 30, 40 bucks on a hat for you, you know? And so, <laughs> um, fast forward, uh, I'm, I'm teaching kids. I'm having a Halloween party. And, you know, it's around the time Adam, when, Win- Win- Winrich first started his YouTube video series, I mean, it was a long time right. ago. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, he was about the only really good thing in there that was good. Um, not that there weren't some other stuff, but just, you know uh he he kind of did i think adam winrich although he teaches basics in a video it's a lot more uh intermediate to advanced stuff you know but he had the biggest first start on it and so i saw that i'm thinking you know i can crack a whip i've had you know i've been doing filipino colleagues since 17 you know things like that so i'm like yeah i can do this and uh but that got me into getting into whips and so i contacted adam directly because i I don't i don't waste time you know if i say hey this guy's the best and he's doing this i contact him like worst case scenario they're gonna say no. Right, right. You know, I did have my martial arts sure. career. I've done it with whips. When I'm buying, I did it with everything. You know, like Joe's a great guy. I'd call him up. We didn't talk for a while. You know, things like that. And so, Adam, I, after watching all the uh, all the whips I could get, you know, I can go off some of the names. But looking online back then, I'm like, man, you know, there's something about Joe's that just stood out to me. You know, it's just like, when I look at everything else, like there's just something different, you know? And he was like, man. And and so uh, I talked to Adam first when I saw him, he said, Hey, I'm getting into this. I want to, what should I buy? And he recommended a six to an eight foot stock whip. And so I got a cracker from David Morgan back in the day. These really crappy, you should learn to do one of those karaka karakans. They used to sell those were, those were rough. You can volley that you're a pro. And, uh and then I got like something from a guy named Arturo we Used to make him, uh, he made some nylon And it was a really heavy one But then I, I, got, I said, okay, I'm going to make the plunge And buy my first kangaroo bullwhip And that was Joe Strain And so I got, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't get a 20th anniversary I, I think it was available then You know, so, I, think yeah. I, I think it was before the uh, director uh, Parks or is it Sparks right. who did Rush Hour got him to make that model? I've talked to him on the phone a few times. And that's uh, so how, how long he, was that between when you got so, that first? So, it's, it's, all I can say is I've been doing, I've been whip making, whip, whip making since 13. Um, and that was probably about six years before that then. Wow. And so okay. I got that whip, I got a strain, and then I'm like, okay, I don't know. I'm learning whips all right, but I'm like, I don't know. I was a normal whip cracker for six years. So it was just like, why is this a better whip? What's the right link? What's the best style of whip? I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And so I started um, started like, and stock whips and stuff too, during those six years. Well, I, like I said, I bought a crock and about an eight foot, a crock is like a six foot stock whip. And Crocky. it's a really crappy, cheap material you buy for like 120 bucks for a six foot crock from David Morgan. You'd have to see him if you haven't seen him. And then I got one for like 168 footer from a guy on on eBay. It uh, turned out he used to make them nylon for Western stage props or something at some point, too. But it was a real heavy thing. Like you could take the thong off. and It was an amazing snake. <laughs> it, was, it was just kind of really meaty. And, uh, and then I got that Indiana Jones eight foot, you know, from, from strain. And then, so while I'm there looking, I'm like, okay. Uh, okay. I've got, I'm think I'm getting the hang of it, but I'm like, you know, how do I know what's the right whip? What's this? What's that? What do you buy? You can't just spend 500, 600 a pop to try something mm-hmm. new from a new maker. You know, I started going through all the problems everyone else had. And so I, I, I started looking on, around the prices for like stuff. You look on eBay and see what's going for. So you get use Paul Nolan, use Victor tell use what you know, so I'm looking for good deals. I'd be checking the, um club obi-wan from indie gear because that was one of the few places you sure, could find yeah. good indiana jones whips back in the day uh and and but I, I realized okay i gotta check this out so i started thinking well i'm not selling the strain and let me just get some more money together and then what i would do is i'd buy what i call i, I showed this to people buy a floater whip so i'm like okay i got a 500 kitty and and i can't be a good whip cracker i thought i couldn't crack whips so like it's saying hey i'm great with a marksman but i've only shot one pistol but i'm a great marksman it's like if you tried a rifle a shotgun other pistols you know <laughs> you need you know it's like so how do i know it's a good whip how do i know i'm good how do i know the whip isn't just a good whip or a bad whip like i don't yeah. know what makes a good whip yet i've had three whips you know, sure, and so sure. I started buying what I call a floater whip. I'm fine. I'd say, like, ah, I see this is sold normally for 100 and 200 more. If I get this, I can try it. Then I would play it for a month. Then I would put it back up on eBay for another $50 right. or 100. Okay. And then usually I'd make money. But if not, I might lose 20 bucks. I'm like, well, I just paid $20 to rent a whip for a month. Right. Yeah. And that, so I, I, I've encouraged a lot of people in the beginning of the years do that and get a floater whip. And now within a year or two, I had 200 different whips go through my hands. <laughs> And I probably made enough money to buy like three or four of them on my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so
0: I want to, I want to stop on this for just a second. So I had a conversation just this past week with somebody who is a whip maker. Uh, I'll leave their name anonymous for now because they were a little bit, I I don't know the word isn't quite offended, but they weren't sure how to feel about, they made a whip in a trade for somebody. Okay. And the person that got the whip that this person made immediately turned around and sold it and posted it for sale everywhere. and they they weren't sure how to feel about that but that's basically what they were doing is they were like i I tried it you know and now i'm going to get something else well
1: uh, or or is it a trade a trade you can look at that at two ways but the thing is there's there's always three motivations i'll just say this when you're doing fighting you have to have three things you can't win a fight or keep it going like, you can't just have door A or door B. Like, sometimes things are a push or a pull, but you got to have, I push, I got A, B, or C. I go, he goes A or B, close off, I go for C. He covers C, but E or A opens up. You know what I mean? So, right. different motivations change a lot. And so, the guy might have been like, right, so, here's what I did in my, this will explain where I think any one motivation could be, so don't look at it so bad. I uh, I wanted to get all the sales I could when I started making whips. You know, I still need to get back to the Strain thing, but I need to make all I could. Yeah. So, I thought, well, first of all, 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if a guy pays me for a whip, he doesn't like something. Well, just wait three more weeks or two weeks until I get the skins in, remake it for you. In the meantime, even though you're like, oh no, I got return. I'm like, that's a good whip. I won't get my full price for it, but now I got two whips for one order. Okay. So it's yeah. like, I got the money to pay for it. I got it. But then I, you know, even though I didn't get a profit from it, but I got another whip made, that's two in the pocket. Yeah. And so, true. and so I, I don't care about remaking a whip for the slightest reason. It'll sell. You know, even if there's an aesthetic flaw or something wrong, everybody's like, I'll take that for $50 off. It's like, it's just a misbraid or something. It right, doesn't right. affect the whip, you know? And so it doesn't matter. And not that that was the case, but it, so when you're also trying to get your name out there, and if you haven't got to try a lot of whips, like, I'm trying, you know, I talk about the floater whips, so I got to try whip some different makers and all that stuff. You know, um, first of all, you just grab, a you know, when I started doing that, I started just realizing I'm going to grab a whip and I'll crack it, however it feels. I'll decide whether I want to keep it or not, because I got a floater whip. And if I like one better than my current floater whip, I'll keep it, and then I'll get a floater pile and right. keep it going. But I used it to find all the whips I liked and why, you know. And so, because right. I will just crack a whip and be like, I don't like this whip, you know. It's like Michael Jordan has ten balls, you hand him all ten to take a practice shot. He's like, these two are good for game balls; these are crap. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I'm and if it's sure. that simple in a basketball, think about a whip. And so you put a, hand, a whip in, you know, Adam Winrich's hand. He'll be like, oh, he'll compliment it, but do you think he's going to use it for a show? Maybe not. Yeah, yeah you know what i mean so so when you look at it like that it's like well it's got to feel right to that guy and we're all different we all have different styles we all have different tastes different lengths require different things you know people try to argue about what's the best length to start on or what should you get i'm like if height battered no one should have a six foot whip or longer because then you can't wield it like a bow style you know it's, <laughs> it's a tool for different jobs and you need to use yeah. that tool for that job long whips have to be treated differently yeah, you know, things true. like that. And so people don't, there's a lot of misconception on, but so I would say it could be that that guy won. Here's the other thing too. I had no problem trading whips because even though I was still making whips, now that I'm a whip maker and I started seeing things after going through hundreds of whips in a few years, and I can talk more about how I got with Joe, but I had no problem getting yeah, well, a whip. I like somebody say, Hey, would you trade, uh, uh, for this old Nolan? You know, would you take, you know, whatever I'm like, ah, I'm like, I think I can get 455. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it for four. And then knocked it off your price. He paid for the skins. I'd have skins out. And then I, I may make a hundred, but then when that sells, I get profit. But I mean, I think onto a Nolan for like nine months, one time though, you know, it just stuff happens. So sure. watch on trades, but that to me, well, that's a new customer. He went and bought one. I went and got another whip made. That's another product out there or got him to see it. So he really likes it and we'll spread it, but that trade works. So when you're dealing with trades with whip makers, it's nothing against it, but you know, let's just say you just traded in for three whips right now. And suddenly you got a 200, I don't know, let's say a $500 washer dryer go out on you. And you're like, I just got these whips, but, I You still trade it for one of your whips that would have sold for, say, three or four hundred dollars mm-hmm. so you can't you can't really judge it on that. They may not like your whip, and I mean, that could be it, but it's also a real negative, fetus way to look at it because you're assuming that the only answer is that it's negative about your work instead of all the other perspectives other people view and see right. things. It doesn't mean that at all. Does yeah it? And, and I may just want to see someone's work, and I just want to see it, but i don't I can't keep it all. If I didn't ever kept every whip, I traded with whip makers, you need a I can't even track them them. Right. You right. know, and so don't take it as an insult. Take it as like, Hey, I wanted to see your work. I traded with you and I'm glad you traded with me and you can keep mine or sell mine. I don't want to be offended either, but it's like, I just want to see your work. i like, and then somebody asked me like, Oh, I've seen his work. I like, you know, like, I like this guy's work. I've done it with 808, you know, Ke- Keanu. He, I love his work. He's, oh yeah, he's been the most innovative as far as creating new custom designs. I think he's been the most innovative nylon whip maker to come out of everything since what i've done with the leather because right. like i love it where he puts the, the japanese kanja his octopus is to me oh, when he yeah. adds stuff like the octopus yeah. and he's like the oh, yeah. one that adds stuff yeah. it's not a great functioning piece to the weight but it's a beautiful thing but like, he's done some different innovations like that i think are they're good because they the whips are still other, you know other than the weight of that good whips with the innovations of trying to make a new style i think the biggest yeah. problem is there's a difference between making this car look good and making it drive the way it's supposed to drive and when you try to add too many things to create something new. I think it's where a lot of what makers that are new, trying to be original, lose it. They try to, they, yeah. they're, they're, it's like, well, yeah, it looks good, but is it, is it going to be the sports car anymore? Right. And you are a bit of a car guy as well, right? Well, <laughs> to an extent, you know, like back in the day, I got a, you know, I I, I started watching Initial D, and as uh, around Tokyo Drift time, on Initial D kind of sparked a lot of this stuff. I don't know if you know what Initial D is, and so I got a, I found a Corolla GTS close, and so I started getting trying to get a drifting, but as I was freshly married with kids, I could just do things around certain areas and have fun, but I didn't get too wild with it. But that got parked, and uh you know, now that you're older and things are working on them, I'm, I'm trying to you know, I always want to get back into it. But classic cars is something I always want to build. My dad's really great at anything, and I never got that skill like I, i'm on a farm he has a farm of dealership but he worked on uh airplane engines in the ar- uh the army you know back in the day so he can do anything mechanical yeah he went to purdue for agriculture and engineering that he would do just smart, wow. you know but i didn't really get to pick that up i was more That's like the side hand cool. kid that helped work on grain bins and anything else i had to do yeah. but uh I, I always wish i would have learned that car from him you know he's always had an old falcon and he used to have a mustang but i was like man i love those yeah. cars because i know back in the day i could at least replace a starter even though I don't know what I'm doing, you can <laughs> right. buy a $60 starter. And most of the time, it's not so rigged. You can't just put it in. Right. And a lot of cars nowadays, you can't, they're made, so you can't work on them. Yeah. And so I'm like, I want to be able to have cars. So I, I've kind of made a vow not to buy anything under 1980-something ever again. Once it's EFI it gets a little bit crazier. And then then once you get, you know, EFIs, the fuel over cams, it has more of an onboard small PC that was junk back then, not like the computers nowadays. But once it's that, not a carburetor, something that just pours gas in, it has controlled wires. And if those things are messed up, it's a lot more kind of like nowadays, you got to have all these system diagnostics because people can't work on these cars without having master control computer systems and how it all works, you know, and it's good to know how to work on an old car and went down to fix it. You know, I'm not worried about, Apocalypse, but like there's an EMP, these cars I can go out there and pick up my 78 King Cobra right now and start that sucker and have fun,
0: (laughs) right? Yeah, I'm guessing you don't drive a Tesla then,
1: so no, no, (laughs) Um, I would love to ride in one. I've had people say, dude, the takeoff power is great, but all the other limitations, like I I don't like going fast, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, I've I've, I'm not a speed demon, never was, but I love going sideways, I love being able to ice skate or learn to try to figure out how to do that and ice skate.
0: Oh, my goodness, yeah. Wow! So uh, when you were going through these whips and trying to get, um, I guess understanding
1: skating, a normal person's understanding of a
0: world, a, yep. <laughs> right? You were skating sideways through a bunch of whips, right? Uh, uh,
1: around around Joe, it sounds like. To, to well, agree. I've had ever, I can't even name all the people. I, okay, I probably I, in that in that first four years, I had maybe over six seven hundred whips by about oh. at least three or four hundred different makers wow Uh, most of them don't even make anymore you know right i can't name and and, and, um you know i I, but that was you know that at the end of it at the end of it um after about two three years of solely doing it and starting to really get into cracking you know i started thinking like well all i know is when i pick up a joe strain it is by far different than everyone else's and i bought a yeah. lot of joes i trade a lot of joes like you can get a joe strain bullwhip indiana jones and you're like oh it's not this because i'm like there's a variation of leather of a few millimeters it's still a joe strain you know and yeah yeah but i'm like have it's you had bad. have you had 10 of his indiana jones 10 footer raiders to know the differences and to understand what just is that model not just based off of your one experience from one whip that's been used and maybe yeah. poorly taken care of and that's another thing too when he had all these whips a lot of second hand you don't know what it's like new, and that's a big factor because you can get a whip that's three years old, but a guy didn't treat it right, and you go out there and it starts falling apart on you.
0: Yeah, yeah, good
1: point, good point. He kept or it molding. Over- he did other heated stuff. It was oversaturated, oversaturated, okay. and just weakened the strands by sitting oversaturated for years. And even though it's new, they destroyed that. Yeah, you know, and so it, it, that's another thing too. People get a lot of used whips because they don't buy them new, and they can't with some of these makers. So they even have a hard time understanding was it. and Here's the thing: was it a custom order? Was that yeah, right out yeah. of the book order? Did the guy ask us some crazy requests you had to deal with i mean i had a guy that asked me he one time wanted me to make an adam savage baseball bat what? and i'm like no i want it just like that this looks so thick and big and so i'm like that's the one and only time i thought about doing a triple valley of course i use bolsters <laughs> but i, I just used the fourth bol- uh, third bolster but i'm like it's too fat man you're crazy No, i want this and so it's like people want some crazy stuff so so i'm like okay. i have a replica adam savage bullwhip out there and like uh I don't know, uh, Scotland, Ireland or something. Okay. And I'm like, it's out there. And I'm like, if somebody solves that, like, this is a Trinity Whip Co. Whip? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you, you got to take so things like that in consideration, it's, too. It's, when you see just, I've only seen one strain, but this is it. I've yeah. seen a strain Indiana Jones. Well, how many? Which model? What year was he making it? Yeah, good point. You know, there's, there, there's a lot to it when you talk about 20-year career and 7,000 whips he made.
0: I mean, your whips years.
1: probably changed over time as well, I would think. Uh, I will say to an extent, um, I got... Uh, you know there, i went pretty fast i went faster and harder than anyone i've ever ever heard about that's all i can say yeah, and nice. and so the curve's a lot different you know um yeah. i also like i said so since i found all these whips and there's something different about joe's it kind of felt like the uh, kill bill thing where it's like that's a hattori kanji whatever the hattori sword or you know it was kill bill where they had that sword maker and everybody's like how do you describe a hattori hanzai sword and it's like well if you want to compare a toy hanzai with the other sword you have to realize all those other swords they weren't made by joe strain you get my point (laughs) it was like that when i saw joe i'm like there's just something different they're 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 slimmer they're dense i'd say they're slimmer but they're denser they're just the weight the distribution that you know I, i like to do things a little slimmer than joe or a little bit lighter but it's like they're great and so after all these things and all these whips, I just like, there's something different about him compared to everyone else. And so I started thinking about where I wanted to go. And so I started buying whips from Joe, not alone, but primarily, I still tried other people, but I started yeah. buying whips from Joe. And then for a while, long time, uh, you know, I, I, I probably, I usually probably, one time I had probably 40, 50 whips, that's not a lot, but I generally just had about 10 or 15 whips at a time. You know, I eventually got this floater whip going, to where I, I build up to have like ten or twelve, and then if I find a better one, like oh, here's a better Joe strain, ah, I'll sell it from Jeep. They're both ten foot. So what do you need to? So you do a lot of trading to build up a good collection that way sure, too. Sure. But I started getting commissions from Joe, and then I then around 2013 he, he messaged me, and I was really starting to get serious about cracking in my own ride a little bit better. It's about five six years of cracking, and then he's like, oh, I'm retiring. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, well, what do you mean you're retiring, man? Like I find like I I, I, I don't, I'm not even fully really sure what I want that I want to do to have. And you got to be the maker. And so I. even though he says he's retiring and it was about like October and he says, I'm going to take all my stuff and options to my website. That'd be like 13 to 14 when that happened, like after that Christmas. And he says, I'm going to take it off and I'll do orders, but it won't be the same. I have to go full time UPS. You know, and uh, I'm going to make more doing full-time UPS than I was full-time whip making part-time UPS and the benefits are better. I've got, he's got seven kids, one special needs. He wants to spend time with him, you know, and he's been doing it his whole life, working these two jobs. Oh and goodness. so uh, he's like, I'm just going to move on with that. And he says, I'll still do stuff here and there and you'll see stuff on the weekends or I might take the occasional order. I'll probably still do some movies here and there, but he's just like, you yeah, know, I just want to lay low. And I'm just like, I was just like my head about to cry. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's like, like if you quit making whips. Like, well, what am I going to do? You know? And, And so, you know, I ended up running Steve Townsend. uh, I started looking around and Steve Steve Townsend was a new guy probably on like Leather Whip number eight or nine on Club Obi-Wan. And I found out he lived near me, but I started talking to him. And as we started developing a relationship, um, I started saying, man, let me talk to Joe. Cause he's asking me questions and he was, Steve was already kind of learning. Uh, I guess you could say loosely the David Morgan method from stuff he learned from Bernardo online and talking to him and everything else, all his research, talking to other people, but you didn't get to talk to Joe. Like a lot of people just didn't talk to Joe much, but I talked to him all the time. I call him up. I give him every now and again, I just send him Christmas gifts and goodies yeah. just because that's what you do. You love somebody does it. Yeah, you yeah. get a gift every now and again from me for his family for snacks. Like that's, that's right. why I got favor from a lot of people. I'm just really you know, you're my guy. Boom. You know, what's, right. what's one little gift 20 bucks buys you a lot of favor. Not that I'm using it for that reason, but I'm like, I do things sure. like that. You know, it's like, I mean, once it you know that like I appreciate all your craftsmanship and work, right. you know, and I so like uh, a I had guest,
0: a- actually to where you're wanting to just establish a friendship and a real relationship with yeah. the real people out there
1: yeah but, but joe's the best like he's not just the best like he is, he's tops man like he, i talked yeah. to todd rex i'd be like dude i'll just call joe up every year just talk to him for an hour because i don't heard a voice I'm like i know i talk; uh, it's fun talking to him to on the place just a really good guy yeah he's, he's the best
0: I, we need to have him on the show sometime
1: uh, I, that would be probably hard to range but by all means send him an email go for it you know worst yeah. case scenario he says he can't do it uh-huh. okay. And so I, uh, I started talking to him a lot more. I'm like, oh, no, you're quitting. And I said, hey, I got this guy named Steve. Uh, can you give me some help? And so he just started giving suggestions, explaining his internal construction. I had no idea what okay. it meant. I said this to Steve. And Steve asked questions I'm like, give me mean, these questions, man. You can just mess with yourself. But I started being the go-to guy you right, know and then okay. and so i'm like hey if it helps this guy learn like joe strain and he's an hour away from me and oh well you know we'll figure it out so i'm like i don't know if he's going to get his education but i'm going to help with the education one yeah and, and plus and steve got to come out and visit, he got to see david morgan's and a lot of joe strains uh i probably had to guess a guess to say a few other whips and different makers uh you know and he was just like surprised to see these whips because like i've never got to see these whips yet in my life in person mm-hmm. and he's like they weren't what i thought they'd be you know, like just because I've only seen pictures of him, you know. Right. And then he's shocked at how great Joe was compared to what he thought David Morgan's words and the others. Like, wow. And I'm like, I know, right? And that that kinda, you know, that that started me talking more with him about whips. But well, I, I started, you know, I, I started whip making shortly after I started getting that stuff to Steve. Because I made a whip kit maybe three years before that off eBay, real cheap one. And then uh I was like, I'm never gonna do this again. It was already prepped, and you had to watch a video and braid it and do the stock whip, this creepy, happy cow one. And I'm like, every whip maker's with their weight in gold, you know, like every mechanic's with their weight and gold, you know, <laughs> like I never want to do this again, you know. And then uh, but I, but I was always a part of me thinking, like, you know, because all the martial arts I've done and other things I've learned, I'm like, you know, like I hate to equate it to racing, not that I've been racing, but it's like, you know, it always felt like uh, the Tom Cruise principle from uh Days of Thunder, he's like you're not doing good as a racer because you don't understand the limits of the car, hmm. you know. And so sure. I'm like, I don't need to be a good whip maker, but I should at least know well, how are these whips made. So when I look at a whip, I'd be like, well, what is a bad strand or a prep or gap or like like I had these. I realized I had these five or six hundred whips from all these makers, and I never. I mean, I take pictures at some, look at them, but I never once looked at them because I didn't have the whip maker's eye. Yes, which so you they're guys, just whips, they need- and you can only, and so you can only judge them by how well they crack how well they crack that's most people i think out there
0: yeah and you've got a series of videos Mm -hmm. on your youtube as well that uh was it called points of light but maker's eye something like that yeah Um, and i i highly suggest all whip makers listen through that whether or not they have their own style you have your own style but especially as someone's beginning to understand what you're looking at as a professional whip maker when you look at another whip what when you see these details how to how to look at that, I think is extremely critical.
1: I, I started that series for the average whipcracker. That's why I made those. And it wasn't really more past the level than for the average whipcracker to do what I wanted. Like, what am I looking for? What's the overall shape? What's a bad yeah. strand drop? What's faulty thing? How do I, well, I didn't do it all, but how, what makes it a six plat point? How do I know what a six or an eight is?
0: Because
1: <laughs> right. while these are basic stuff as a whip maker, no one gets it. If they don't know, they haven't been showed it, you know? And so, like yeah. I said, my, I, I always wanted this whole time, right as I was getting stuff to Steve and I found out Steve was an hour away. I'm like, I just want to make one whip. I don't want to be a whip maker, but I kind of want to know what's in it because if Joe's leaving and Steve's got to get good, you know, hopefully he gets good, but it's like, i want to find a whip maker. I, yeah. I kind of want to know what it is. So I don't just realize well, like, I need to know why I picked this next guy besides Joe. Cause I can't even explain why I picked Joe over anyone else really. Mm-hmm. And so I still st- had a week off every year. That's all I had was a week off. Week off every year between Christmas and New Year's for the dojo to close down. And right. so I visited Steve and uh, spent a few hours with him. And I think I have a video on making that or I might talk about making that little four-footer. But like I made that and then uh, I-, I did a lot of that with just a blade in my hand. And he was already doing the four-belly method, but I can only get so far that day. I didn't go to sleep that night. I was up till the next morning at nine o'clock making it. And then I ended up getting Bernie's machine and tried it his method the second time. I mean, I spent $400 on that square machine and other stuff. Wow. Um, and then after that, I just went freehand. But because, you know, after I did that whip, I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. And you know what? I want to try to do this. So instead of it just being, I need to know what's in it. So I've done it. So I can appreciate a whip maker better. I realized, you know what? I can do this. So you spent like a week with him or. Like Joel, I with Joe thing. yet. So while I'm talking oh. to Joe and sending stuff to Steve, I visited Steve and so I've already had dialogue with him and Joe for a month. Not that I've already been friends with Joe for years, but dialogue in it. And so I said, Hey, Steve, do you think you could let me shadow you for a day? I don't want to be a whip maker, but I just like, I want to finally have somebody in front of me because I got a kit it's online. I can't do it. Like I'm a, I'm not just a tactile learner, but with my training, uh, I feel like task on a task master from Marvel. Like if you do anything in front of me, I can replicate it. You yeah. just got to do it in front of me so I can see the angle. I need to see that you're not giving me on a camera and say, here's what I don't get. Is this one hip placement or this ankle or where's your weight shift? Then they answer it. And I, I got it. Right. You know, so I said, Hey, I just, can you just show me up there and just show me what it is? So I understand it. And he's yeah, sure. And so I visited Steve and then he, and then I, I, made, like I said, I made that four foot. We didn't get very far in it. We got a core, a belly first bolster and then I got a second belly cut out and then I had to go home and then I spent all night <laughs> like another 14 hours putting that together cutting overlay without my knowledge trying to you know got the yoke ready trying to get all 12 strands ready braided that sucker up didn't go to bed till next yeah. morning at 9 a.m or 10 in the morning because I'm like I'm not finished till it's done because I don't finish till it's done I won't retain whatever I think I might have yeah and that's the kind of dedication I had with things And so after that, I'm like, okay, second whip, I'm like, I'll make a 10 foot 16 plat Bernie's weight. Yeah. Where do you go from a four foot 12 plat, second whip, 10 foot 16 plat. And and so I got Bernie's device on that second one. And so and so I, I started uh, after that, I, I, like I said, the third one, I'm like, I'm just free This machine is ridiculous. This other stuff, is ridiculous, the time, the waste, the problems, the frustration, all these skills. There's a lot of skill sets and stuff I'm like I'm not doing it that way. And so I knew from then, I'm just going to use a blade. And so mm, uh, after okay. about the next, so I knew I was going to make the next 10, 15 whips and I hope I get my money back, but not, it doesn't matter. I just knew no matter what these next 10 are going to be, they're going to have problems. I mean, hopefully I can get problems out by 10, but they're gonna be problems. So right, right. go through the process, be a part of the process. Don't just do one whip every weekend. Spend 10 days making 10 whips. Okay, yeah. You know, cause the training's different.
0: You know, like it I is. said, hey,
1: you're gonna fight in a week. You're gonna fight in two weeks. <laughs> now this kid gets to train for eight hours a day, 14 days. You, But don't worry, we're not gonna let you waste your time and energy. You're gonna train for two days, three eight hours a day, once today and then once halfway, but then a week later you fight them.
0: Yeah, I think I know who's going to win.
1: And, and, when, and you know what it's like when you don't get to work on a whip or you don't finish a whip on the weekend? Like, I got to work a few hours on Saturday, but then I had to wait till the next weekend. It's like, did I remember where I'm at? And then you're not really seeing it come together like you should as a sculptor. You're kind of stepping away from your sculpture at certain times and maybe it's not as beneficial early off and right. new and really seeing the process because you're not there to watch the process go. So I made a lot of whips, um, got most of my money out of all of them, maybe made a little bit just to reinvest for the skins. And then right. by about 20 of them, I'm like, you know what? I think I can do this. And I talked to Joe a lot and, and other things, but after I got on to that, you know, I, like I said, I was all over Joe. He, I, I wouldn't bug him too much, but I'd send him emails and some questions and he'd, he'd send very vague answers to explain things. And I know now why it was these vague answers because he's given me guidelines. It's more like guidelines as opposed to rules, you know? And, right, okay. and those guidelines are what made the biggest difference to me in the beginning is that already on my third whip, I'm doing his guidelines like not just his method and how he puts the leather and makes it together, but certain guidelines that allow him to have the shape he creates to make it like you should be here, 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 and here, things like that. So you know what you're looking at when you're building it instead of, well, we'll just see how it all claps that puts together and plats out. And if it's off, it's my bad plating or my bad braiding or my prep. And it's like, there's, there, they're not a a lot of people that learn online. There aren't the right guidelines. And so they really have a hard time crafting that in
0: different distances down the down the belly stuff like you? that
1: general guidelines were big but you know you'd ask questions answer, but you know like me and steve would kind of get baffled by it. it's like well how how far should the second overlay go or the second bolster go and he's like well definitely after the eight drop the, the drop from ten to eight but definitely it's or whatever it's got to be past the last yeah the bolster has to go past the drop from eight to six but where in there he wouldn't explain but it's like the second bolster at least has to go past the last strand drop to help feather it or something now you, you give these guidelines on some things. And I'm like, well, I see what he's talking about now because I just sculpted as I go, like Joe to an extent, certain parts you sculpt when you get there. So I'm like, okay, so well, at this point, he's got like, well, how much bolts I have left? How much belly tails do I leave that I can trim or not trim? How does all this come together for that last half of the whip to braid it right? So, you know, you can't really give guidelines when sometime leather is thicker or not, or this is thicker or not, or you have less tails or not. So you want to build it and then finish building it also as you're building the rest of it, instead of yeah. I cut this out and tape, cut this out and tape, no matter what I'm doing, and then I just take scissors and cut, you know, just, you know, there's different things you gotta see to look at, but if you're not doing it all by hand and eye, it, you can't really sculpt that way. You know right. if you, you can but and so it kind of helps it's it, you know
0: i find it interesting you're using the word sculpt as well i think that that yeah. is a critical way to think about using leather and uh for those that don't know i took a your video course uh, a few years ago that that you offer on your site where i kind of uh you have the GoPro on your chest or whatever and you make uh, a, a four foot yeah. weapon it's it's really yeah. fascinating and some of the conversation, either in the video or what we had other times during around that time, you talked about how you basically leave extra in those bellies and those tails and that you do just that. You sculpt it, you you squeeze it and you twist it and roll it. And as you're braiding, you're paying attention to to, to sculpt that shape exactly like you want. And that's so different than using nylon, for example like
1: that's yeah i mean well yeah nylon nylon saws its own process because like depending on your nylon maker your supplier how much it, squ- it squinches up and not yeah you, you would still want you would still need to perfect nylon by sculpting whatever internals are being done like oh that's summing up more than a lot let's let the strands go longer maybe i need to add a filler strand because it's cutting off too much it, you know you yeah. you you, you perfection or professionalism or the high levels, there's gotta be one way or the other, you've gotta have more hands-on sculpting. Otherwise, you know, it's just, that's what the whole human touch is about. And then also the fact that things need the human touch. Well, it's it's also limited by talent, craftsman skill, and also where did he get his fundamentals? You know, all these things can kind of play factors. Everybody's gotta grow on with what they know, but you know, um, the worst problem most people do uh, when they get good or they think they got good enough to do it is they got good enough to do it and then they quit learning and that's huge everywhere
0: um also i i think uh we i think we spoke about this a couple years ago too the there's different teachers as well and that some people will try to stick with one teacher and then just copy that versus making their own versus when they go off, they maybe they leave too early and then they flounder uh, um. What are your thoughts on that? As
1: far that? as education and, you know, quite a lot of things, the martial arts, you can't help if you had to instruct your whole life forgotten street fights until you finally get training. You can't help what you had. Yeah. You know, internet, books, YouTube's only been around for so long. <laughs> a lot of it was barely anything in books before YouTube. You'd have to email yeah. Joe or David. or These guys have any. You know what I mean? There there wasn't, there's not much learned. So YouTube has become the number one teacher, which is good and bad. Just because it's free don't mean it's good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just. And most things good aren't free, you know, um, nothing wrong with it. We can talk more about it. I'm not trying to insult anyone, but like everyone's learning from YouTube, not just whips. I'm just like, everyone's learning from it. Here's how you self-defense yourself. And it's like, I'm going to get killed that way. Thanks to that 32nd <laughs> clip. That's going to get me killed. You know, it just, it, it, it's just the way it is. So is it better to have training? Is it better to better have classical training? Well, I, I of course, it's better to have an instructor better than you and that uh, is ahead of this game. To help you with what you're not learning with understanding it while you learn Of course instruction is better but that's saying the instructor is qualified and knows what he's doing (laughs) and whether he's a good teacher or not whether he's a good teacher or not has to come down to whether he's actually just a good teacher teaching has nothing to do with what you're teaching
0: that's an excellent point that's a separate skill altogether isn't it being a a good teacher so you know like mike
1: tyson could not teach you to be mike tyson Mike Tyson could never train to be Mike Tyson <laughs> to gust it, You know, <laughs> right. you can fight. I don't mean you can teach or train or get somebody to their own limits because you never had these problems in your life. You're, you're right. too much of an alpha male to have these problems.
0: <laughs> sure. So, okay. So when you have an instructor and this thought process that you have, that the, the way that you look at learning, I can see this process in the way you are approaching learning from Joe as well. Back of course. Yeah. So you had someone that you were wanting to learn from, much like what you were saying there. What was well, that? Tra- a,
1: uh,
0: oh uh, what was that transition like to go from sending a bunch of emails, I mean, and phone calls, to ending up visiting him in person?
1: Well, You know, my, can you hear me all right? Yes. You can hear me, right? Okay. Yes. My my emails were mostly thorough. I've had a lot of calls with him. Um, I talked to him about coming out and he said he'd be eventually after around, I don't know, I did like 175 whips or 85 my first year. And um, it was only like, it's only like a measly, like it's barely more than that the next year. is like uh, 197 or two. It wasn't much more than the next year. And so I didn't get to see Joe until I think my third year because I'm like, first of all, I want to see Joe. And we've talked about it, and He said he'd be up for it sometime. But I'm like, why would I want to go until I've crafted everything he's given me and studied to accomplish it the best I could before I see him? Or I'm going to waste all this. No, it's like, would I love to do one-on-one with Bruce Lee or Michael Jordan just for that hour and i pay a $1,000 for that hour, get my ass kicked and knocked out or lose right. crapping? Sure. Would you be better if I spent six months focusing on what they do and they teach so when I see them, I'm not wasting their time and I gain more from it, you know? So my, I'm very martial arts I mentality through the instructors that had me I chased Bruce Lee's lineage most of my life I 17 year old I saw Dan Osano at a seminar you know Dan was his right-hand man like I, I spent a lot of time going out there finding the people because in Indiana there were some but there weren't a lot so you'd hit seminar circuits or go to places seminars or when these people come in from around the world you visit them you spend a couple days with them buy a private hour with them and see their seminar you know you got to learn you got to learn from the best to be the best you know and so my mentality was very much like that with Joe and uh, so I said well I'm gonna wait and in about third year I don't know if I saw my third or fourth year but um my third year I broke 500, you know, I think I had like one, yeah, like 160 and 190, but eventually I hit something, I broke 500 and so I'm like, okay, I'm around 500, 600, third year, I wanna go visit him now. But at that time, I've already understand a lot. I've asked questions about what he sent me that I'm not getting, you know, I've sent him maybe 20 or 30 whips that he sold on his website for me. So he'd be like, hey, so he'd be like, I'm like, I, I like, I made him these. First time I sent him a bunch of Indiana Jones whips, like four or five, and I'm gonna for him to sell, and he just make a small price cut on it, and, he, and he's very generous. And I said, you need to take more money out on your end. <laughs> no, I'm not just paying <laughs> you that little for you to sell my whips and your stuff. And and yeah. uh, but I sent him stuff, and I'm like, oh, let's, I just made indies, you know, still like my first hundred, two hundred, three hundred whips that I sent him to him, like about two, you know, and and he'd be like, and I'd see what I got up there, and I'm like, well, it's in this collar, so not that stupid, but it's in this collar, it's, in, it's a Raiders or it's in this collar, but because. Where the belly's swelled and the knot was, he, I saw how he marked one of them. And that's an LC. That's this and that's that. And I'm like, so I would ask him about it. Okay, what what what's going on? And he explained it to me, or, or he'd be like, Hey, uh, you got to watch your like. He does some fine tips on a lot of whips. Maybe not the Indies so much, but he does some fine tip work as you've seen on that whip you have of his. And yeah, I, was, yes. he's just like, Hey, uh, what you're doing? Because on the Indie is like that is very slim, maybe three millimeters. Maybe it got too short by the time to stretch because newer whips. He's like, Hey, that's really slim for a six ply hitch. Like you, you're gonna want a little like. You wouldn't want it any slimmer than that I think you're almost on the line Like make sure it's just a little bit thicker yeah. For durability But he'd explain these when you see my whip So that, that helped a lot Having that mail-in Like like learning from home on a computer But I get to talk to my teacher And send in my work And he critiques the crap Amazing. out of it for me And then I get asked awesome. questions on it I propose, You know, that was helpful And so, you know, after I was getting into it I'm like, all right You know, it's, it's. I just felt like Okay, there's a lot's going to happen this year I just felt like I was A lot was going to happen A lot of things like I'm going to go see joe and it's like well i could either i don't know if this is before or after the first whipcon but i knew it was coming up or maybe it was up, no maybe it was up way before that a few years before that but i went to see joe because i'm like i don't get, get out much and for me to spend that you know what i probably spent two to three thousand dollars on that visit that's a lot that, that's for a me lot. to say on myself and on my family but it's for the education <laughs> of it so right. what you do you keep selling whips you you share it up you buy a few skins on the side when those sell, get it in, buy a few more skins, build it up. And now you just invest it in yourself. You know, I just, I look at things like that, you know? So sure. I'm like, I'll go see Joe and Joe is very generous. But you know, when you're talking flying from Indiana to Seattle, Joe picked me up at the the airport and dropped me off because it's 30 minutes away. But you know, that was at least 700, $800 airfare. Yeah. You know, there's things like that. Now, if he's making me a whip, I'm paying for those whips, right? You know, and his time worth anything to invade his family, you know, right. sleep on his sofas and stay at his house for four or five days and just get the training for free. And yet, wow. people gonna hold me like, "Hey, man, can I just come out and watch you make a whip? I'll just pay hundred dollars more." <laughs> uh, or, Hey, I'll film whatever, but I promise someone will release it. Can I just buy a whip off you and film everything you do? I've had a lot of offers like that. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, no. you know, I mean, and I'm sometimes just like, well, the whips this, you come out here and do X, you know, we'll film what we can. And, you know, I'm willing to do it, but you got to at least pay a little bit for this training, you know? Cause I mean, sure. it, it's sure. not like, oh, I'm a big, angry giant. I want to rip people off. It's just like, man, I, if you don't put your money where your mouth is, you got nothing to lose, which is why people yeah. don't get anywhere. If you don't have any skin in the game, it means nothing to you. And if you work at a job you don't care about, it gets dirty Mm -hmm. because you don't care about it. And so you got to have some skin in the game. Scholarship students and the people you give the most to, even if I'm giving whip tips, the more I give to somebody who acted all friendly with me, they're the quick to run out on me and talk crap about me. Oh, man. Why? Because it's nothing on there. It's all free for them. They didn't really earn to work for it. So I'm like, thank you for sharing this because I've been struggling. I've helped a lot of people out, though, but it's usually the people you give the most to for less, doesn't most, sure.
0: yeah, I but, mean, and yeah, putting a price on something shows that there's not only value to you, but also to them. Yeah. Um, and if they're willing to pay for it, that shows that they truly do value that that product. And not that they wouldn't, some, not that anybody wouldn't value something that was given for free, but it certainly is a definitive way to show that they value something
1: in a very. Uh, my tutorial didn't put a big price on it, and it's not really to teach you to make a full size Indiana Jones whip. Right. It, 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 but if you know, if you know how I want you to make it, uh, we'll get back to seeing Joe in a second. But if you know how to make it, it was designed to teach you all you needed to know. So then when you talk to me later, I can tell you all you need to do to make the full size because right. you know, all the secrets are already in that one. And then I, I, and I don't like hiding knowledge, but that that I made my other whip series where I add little things here and there showing off either here's the internal difference on this video of a whip or here's how I do a belly or here's how I cut was to be supplemental. And if you look at all the other YouTube videos, I'm like a whip maker could look at my videos and figure out what I do if they paid attention. It's kind of like a Morse code yeah. thing. If they actually read them all and thought about it. And this thing right here—if they watch that, and watch that—they'd already understand. It. They'd be able to fix it. now I have no problem telling them. But most people don't come and talk to me after they do the project and ask questions at all.
0: And I think you your... said, did you ask
1: me a question afterward?
0: No, no, I was—I uh, was listening. I, I did want to mention that, just like what you were talking about with your course. I mean, I made the the four foot, which came out beautifully, and then after we were talking, I made an eight foot. And it,
1: yeah, I don't know if I discuss the difference on how the second belly piggybacks the first and how the bolsters work, but that first bolster that I teach in that program is on there for a reason, you know, right. like the way that bolster is on that, the tutorial, you know, you yeah. make a core, you make a belly, you put the false bolster on and feather it in, you don't put cover the whole handle, you right. know, yeah. and like, that's what you do to help keep the diameter down on an indie. So the okay. first bolster doesn't cover the whole handle, it just covers in there. And then the second belly piggybacks it, it also helps and it then the bolster out. covers it all. Yeah, you know, but that little tip—you can't make an indie if you're not doing it. You know, and Joe and David would add a fish though too. So even though they're doing all this, they'd add a fish for weight and give it a little more taper to the quarter mark. Okay. You know, and, and and so I'm back to Joe, right? So I, I learned I a lot from Joe. We're, we're, we're trading it up. He's looking at my whips and I finally, you know, Hey, I'm, I think I should go out there and learn. And, and then I'm like, well, I may only see Joe once. What do I do? I want to learn to do an indie. who doesn't want to do a 20th anniversary or whatever. But I'm like, but yeah. if I'm honest with myself, my process, I, I, to be a successful maker, I need to know how to, he does stock whips and match sets. And cool. if I'm going to get the most out of an education from Joe, it'd be the best thing to help you from a Whitmaker's perspective. And so even though I wanted to know, I may never get to learn how to make an Indian in front of me, which is what I wanted. I know what's best. it's just it's the right decision so we did that and we talked a lot about other things but then when i visited him the second time he, he did a 20th anniversary raiders for me and i got to ask all the questions on why he does this different models how he does it and so the second yeah, trip yeah. would be more like visiting joe to see what he does that i've been doing because i never got to watch him make a bullet in front of me although i've had videos he'd send pictures of stuff he'd explain wow. things well in emails and and i i realized like the funniest thing about visiting joe is i realized everything i thought he would do he basically did but he didn't do it the way i thought he would oh really like what it's like it's hard to explain like i gotta come back to steve townsend with all this footage and be like you're gonna love this um like before then um when me and steve were working side by side too i realized me and steve do everything opposite And it's almost like that with joe but i'll explain like so like if i if i have to lash a handle i'll hold the handle here and wrap with this hand well steve Townsend likes to hold with this handle and wrap with this hand and Uh, so we're doing the same thing we started realizing everything me and steve did was almost like opposite even though we're doing the same things right sure and so when when i saw joe it was something like that like like i've already made you know at that point i probably made at least a thousand two thousand whips when i saw him the second time or something and so i was um when i I him do the indie it's like say say you have the handle I don't even think we, but see, you have the handle, right? And you know, you lash it and you're gonna it's like the whip goes this way, and he's trying to tie the mm-hmm. belt. Like I would start from the bottom and wind it up, but the problem is this will move on you if it stretches, right? So placing right. this is hard when you do it the way you saw in my video, right? Yeah, but it, then you watch it, show and he's like, Well, I hold this here and go this way, so it's in the perfect spot. <laughs> like, ha. what can I think about listen. it? It's like I knew cool. what he'd do sure but I, it was like duh why did i do it that way but at that point i've already figured out how to do it account for stretch and work it but i'm like he did everything i thought he would do but he almost did it in a way i'm like you know and just like i like i know how he puts his lead on and i know how the yoke goes and i know how the cap forms and you do stuff but then when he but then i didn't know exactly how to lay something and then he would just use his blade and then flick off the extra stuff you know, if you might do system, wow. he didn't, he'd get a cloth, he'd just shave it around and do stuff. And just like extra crimps after he tied him, but just things he do. I knew how you do it, but not exactly the way he'd do it. Like if right. I wanted to put a core on it, I'll just nowadays, I got, I'd cut my piece out and then I, then I just cut it, lash it. And then pretty much wraps so or I just trim it. But you know, uh, Joe would have like a cut block and then he just laid down here. You know, what it was and he'd take a razor blade and slice it, wrap it right around. And it's yeah. pretty quick. And you just go slice, slice go. You know, like Steve Townsend, get a little marker and mark market, slice, slice. But Joe's just slice, slice, go. <laughs> you know, mine's pretty close. Cut, cut, go. But it's like he did everything it would, but not exactly the way I thought it would. You know, he had his own way. Like, like I didn't always, I used to do my cow, put it on the ground and then get like a straight edge, you know, right, yeah, and even though that. I'd make it a little wider, I'd still do that for a cut. And that's a lot on your knees all day long. Like when you roll on your knees and things yeah. like that, that's why I got a roll table I made eventually, but it's like, it's a lot on there. But Joe would just have a big eight foot table, put the cow on it. Put a place walk down the table and slice off what he needs and i'm like well that's a lot easier and better you know just the slice and i modified it to where i just get a hole punch and put up my hook now and then i just grab the cow and slice it as i go back whatever i need off a punch it go and slice it kind of like how you can make falls if you only got a small yeah, piece yeah. of leather, put a punch in it and slice it down and start. Exactly. but like little things like that we're like well that's a lot quicker that's a lot better that's a lot easier it's like he did everything i thought he would but not the way i thought he'd cut it out to get to wrap it or you know things like that were just awesome like, wow. <laughs> new way and to do that's not pictures thought. on website.
0: you've huh? got a couple pictures on your website of your visit too that are that are fine i mean you've only got a couple pictures but it is still fun to see that sadly sadly was about all the
1: people like i tried to get a couple off maybe recording here and there but like i didn't get any pictures man the whole time i was there i got one picture where we did a selfie on the the airport out but we were so busy doing everything you know like yeah yeah very, I I don't even know what's on my website. I hate to say it. I haven't been on my website to change anything in years, like even the prices. It's been four years. I got to raise them this year. But like I haven't put any new whips in there for four or five years other than maybe a new model here. And then I popped in. It's like I have not been on my site. Facebook is where I have a lot of stuff. And, you know, everything new or I sell, I don't even put on my in stock anymore. It takes like an hour to set up a PayPal option and describe everything and get it on my email or my website, yeah. but if I, and that's just to get it up there. And then when I put a Facebook post, my whip is selling like five minutes. So I'm like, why am I spending an hour? And so I really quit adding my in stock. Cause it's just like, it was not worth the reward sure. <laughs> to, to keep posting. So there's some things I'm like, I just started doing Facebook, let it go. The website's enough. I'd like to add more. I'd like to update it. All those pics on my website for the most part, are then a couple signature or like, my first five hundred whips. You know, I'm not, I just finally am circling five thousand whips in eleven years. Wow, five thousand! Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The most I ever did was five hundred whips in one year.
0: Five hundred in one year. That's that. I mean, obviously, that's significantly more than one per day. Um, no. Obviously, that's important for for running a successful business is being able to get that hours to to dollars in a in a, a margin that that works to pay the light bill uh, and so forth
1: well when Um, you're you're full time when you're full time and you're actually are full time and you're trying to provide for a family full time and you're the only breadwinner you have to you have to do things at the highest level you know you got to play the a game you got to know how to do the a game you got to get rid of your time how do i make more profit maximize there's got to be a business side to it you know and and i think that, that that's a lot missing from you know like the whip the whip i love whip crackers I love all the whipcrackers out there. I'm, I'm, and and the whip makers. i I love most of them for what they're doing. But it's the wild west when it comes to whip making because a lot of there's a lot of things that you're getting people different walks of life. And I think motivation is a big thing. You gotta have passion. You gotta have training, and all this hopefully comes in because not everything comes at once with everybody. But if you keep working at it, you'll gain passion, or you'll gain training, or you know it builds up. You know, and then the goal is that you just keep working at it and fill in your sides and, and, and grow. But I think a lot of them are just, um, they just see, especially with COVID hit, there's a lot of people that are just like, hey, COVID's here, I'm at home. How can I make money from home? I'm just going to trample over all these other people, spend $5 on a pick. Say I'm a whip maker. I watched Nick's video just last week. I've made five whips I'm a whip co. And a lot of people are doing it for the wrong motivations. Not that that may not be a good start because, hey, I think I can do this at home. I think I can work at home. Maybe this is my solution. But, you know, the motivation is a big thing. The reason you, you do something may dictate how long your passion is on it. You know, are right. you doing it because yes. your friends are doing it? Are you doing it because your friends are doing it? Or are you playing this sport because you like football or baseball? You know, it's like, why are you doing it? Is it a social activity? Because that affects everyone on the field if you're doing it socially when they're serious for a championship, you know, things like that. Yeah. And so motivation can, can play a And, you know, and, and, you know, that affects things. I think a lot of people that are going out there in the whip world are, you know, I think some people, it's like in every walk of life, there's martial artists that don't really have training or have had a black belt, but now they're a black belt they, by putting one on and not even have a stick getting and they're teaching as black belt. So it's like, you know, every world has charlatans or people that don't have the training, but go and say, we fake it, I'm good enough. You know, it happens everywhere, yeah. you know, and, but like, I think it's a lot easier from a crass perspective when you can learn and watch something on YouTube and then you're like, oh, I'll just do what he did and now I'm the guy on YouTube. And yet maybe they haven't seen a whip in real life. Maybe they've never bought one of Nick's whips. So, you know, what's different between Nick's whips now and Nick's whips when they first made his 50th whip like 18 years or 10 years ago when you met with all this video. Hey, Have you hey. tried a whip? Like you should at least buy a whip. Like if I said, I'm gonna be a knife maker, but I've never owned a real knife. Wait, I've never owned a knife made by a knife maker, but I can be a knife maker. Well, the first thing is do visit knife makers, talk to knife makers, look at custom knives, ask about it, feel it, hold it, use it, slice it. Buy yeah. one if you don't have one. Find out who your competition is or the best. Buy them, see them, try them out. And a lot of people don't do that. You know, it's like if you open sure. a nightclub, I don't go to nightclubs, but if you go to a nightclub and you want to open nightclub, since you know all the nightclubs in the city to m- know what makes yours different than the rest and what makes them stand out? How can you make a better nightclub if you don't know what else is out there and how they run their stuff and do their stuff? How can I be a good martial art teacher if I had one teacher?
0: Right. Right, So I, I think the motivation certainly is different for different people. Um, if they're wanting to be a you know, full-time whip maker and try and turn out as many as possible, then that has to be one motivation versus I want to make one whip a month or one whip a year just because I don't know where to buy a whip. And so I yeah. can make one out of paracord.
1: And now well, what's does- the thing are you want are they wanting to make it because they just want to whip or are they want because they want to make money you know right. <laughs> <Different> <laughs> because, because like you want to make a whip watch a video make a whip and have fun you know but if yeah. you want to sell a product, to someone saying you're going to pay me full price for my services because i'm a good enough craftsman yeah to sell you this product you know you're kind of stepping in a professional world there you right. know and i think a lot of people don't get to the point where maybe they should like, man. If you want to start tomorrow, do it. Like, if you feel passionate, do it. Make your wicks, make wicks, sell wicks. But man, you you got to grow with it. Like some people get a job that they're not ready for, but yeah. if you you train from day one and keep training and keep working, within a month or two, you'll be you'll know that job good enough to know what you need to do to go to excellence. But you got to be in the process and and train. Not just go home and watch TV. You, know, you got eight hours six hours at home, family or not. Can you spend thirty minutes working towards your goal that isn't your current life where you want to be? 30 minutes or make one decision that leads you close to that goal. And a lot of people have a hard time doing do that. They'd rather just relax.
0: And I, I think you know. your your video, the, uh, uh, we referenced earlier, the, uh, points of light, whipmaker's eye, that sort of thing for the whip cracker as well. As
1: the that's what it was made for. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, I, I think those, those points will help people that are just wanting that one whip or just a couple of whips. When they see that, they will realize that, you know, what I made is not up to <laughs> up to par of someone that's professional. I could do better. I'll make another one. I'll make another another one yeah. and getting there.
1: i think that was kind of the other thing too not that i was trying to prod other whip makers but i'm like you know there's not out there no one's explaining this on the leather side no one's explaining x no one has comparison videos you know what i got all these whips from people i'm friends with let's get their whips out and look at them and talk a little bit about them or let's point out my crappy first whip and show you everything you do wrong or let's understand stuff but it's also for them to kind of be held accountable because the problem is if you only hear one you only hear one thing and this is the only way it's done Mm -hmm. and That's the biggest problem, and then whatever heard the most, this doesn't matter. So even though this might be the right way, people do a lot of wrong ways because that's all they see and all they hear. And I'm not trying to say oh my way is the only way or Joe's the best way or right way. I will I will explain why I believe it is the right way and best way. If you want to get an instruction, but or construction methods, and yes, you can make anything any way you want, but (laughs) you you know it's like well I want to make a sports car, but I'm going to put it on the chassis of a box truck, (laughs) right. It's not the most efficient way of doing it, certainly. And, and like, do, you know, I, would you want to talk to the best to know what's going on and how to look at things and build things? Or right. you just think you'll figure it out from watching videos from people you don't know for any good, but they're the only people on YouTube talking, you know, and saying you can't learn from that, a great actor can learn from a bad actor sometimes better than a good one because they can see what not to do, you know? That's so I'm true. not, I'm not, I'm not, it's what I'm just saying that if it doesn't matter how you do something. Then why are you even learning?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
1: No, just do your way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's an excellent point. And
0: I, I think, I mean, there's every now and then you see people getting upset and stuff on online about very, very, these sort of conversations. But as long as I think we're focusing on a the motivation and b understanding that everybody has, you know, if you want to try making a sports car in a box truck, you know, go for it. You. you you know, it'll be entertaining at the very least. <laughs> <You>
1: know, <laughs> I, the, yeah, gonna... the whole the whole sculpting the sculpting thing and how you put together the lo- lasagna it affects. Yeah, it affects the whip. You know, the internal construction yeah. affects the rest of it. I mean, every part plays a piece like lasagna. You know, yeah. the, is the belly more important than the bolster? the Bolster more important than the belly? Is the overlay where all the binding you know does all the binding itself? I don't need binding because the overlay does it. It's like well, they all they all play a part. Like if uh. I do a classic core and four strand belly and it's got to flare out or you know flare out on that handle well i've got to have it flared out enough or i gotta have enough meat and i gotta have the four strands be thin enough where it grabs it so when i pinch that that's a rock i need to make sure right. that first two inches are a rock no matter what because you won't have any transition if you don't yeah, so you understand right. the areas you need to work and how you're like okay that's what we need to focus on but you know the way things are constructed and the way it's supposed to be and what you're supposed to look for help make the platform for everything else you know and okay. You know, I think, you know, you you can try to redesign something a different way and it still works. Sure, will it will work as well. Probably not. You know, like people yeah. justify good whips are because they can crack. Well, I can make a $20 crap whip crack and maybe volley it, but it's not good or beneficial or meant, you know. And, and so, you know, eventually, you know, you, you've got to kind of look at your work. But again, if you can't visit anyone, why aren't you buying everyone's whips? Yeah. And then selling them. But take some dimensions, take a heel knot, weigh the whole 10, get it, get it, get a same whip. Like I want everyone who makes an Indiana Jones 10 foot, I want all their 10 foots in one room to see what's different from a Del Carpio versus a Nolan versus a strain versus whoever. And I've done that to be like, I see the difference. I've had 15 Del Carpios. I've had 15 Nolans. I've had... Yeah. Lots like 70 Joes. I've had different guys be like, ah, this is what's reflective in no one's work and why. And here's what's reflective in this guy's work. And here's how their Indies are different because I've seen enough new used, whatever to understand it all. And, but that education again is hard because it costs money or hustle. And my hustle was floater whip, floater whip, floater whip, floater whip, yeah. floater whip, floater whip so I could get the education, but I wish it was a whip maker when I did the initial analysis, because I went through like, you know, four or 500 whips without the whip maker's eye. And I, mean, I still did trade-ins and floater whips and stuff a little bit after I started making, but it's like, man, if I only, if I only was a whip maker with the whip maker's eye, when I had those, I might've got something more out of that because I did learn what made a best cra- better cracking web, but yeah. I didn't learn anything from whip makers perspective because I wasn't a whip maker during that training. Right. You
0: know? And I, I think it's notable. Um, Most, most of what I see you on social media and all is people either reselling your whips or you selling your whips um, as the whip maker. But I think it's certainly notable that you are an expert whip cracker as well. That I'm, you, not,
1: I'm all right. <laughs> I'm I okay. So. Um,
0: you you know. have some incredible videos as, that are wonderful training aids as well, teaching people how to do cracks. And some of your video I was watching, I think it was yesterday, where you were snuffing some candles. Yeah. Just oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Like that I had
0: such no, accuracy. I, I it was very impressive.
1: Um, that video is talking about where I, I, I had all these different cracks going into it. So I'm yeah. like, you know what? I want to vi- I want to make a video and I'm like, you know, what? I'll make a video. So I was just snuffing candles for about maybe a half hour that day. And I say, and I tried a couple of tricks. I so you know what? I'm, tomorrow I'm just going to make a video. I never tried any of those cracks before in my life. Oh my goodness. None of them. I never tried it out of houses. I never tried it out of, any of those things you saw at all wow. now there I are like sometimes that. you see three tricks in a row and then it cuts and three tricks in a row and it cuts but i try to make sure you saw there was no editing in there and that i was just nailing them but I'm like i never i never tried any of that stuff wow i did try as you do see that coachman's crack i tried it twice right before the candle before i first tried it and i snuffed it the first time i got lucky on that one but yeah. again if you know how to point name and you understand the cracks it's like well it's nothing to come out of a crack series and go to it or it's nothing to do that so or the behind the back is behind the back way to do that one I took me a few to hit that one. But everything else was pretty much nailing off the bat. I'm like, you know what? What should I do? I didn't write it down. I didn't think about it. I'm like, okay, let's do Hassets. Okay, let's do assets. let's do Airhead. Okay, let's do it. Let's do, you know, I just said like, let's let's just do a real right. quick. I'm like, let me think of three and then I did it. And let me think of two and then I'll do it. And you know, right. I've done a lot of blindfolding snuffing that no one believes. So I made sure like I did it like three times in a row. <laughs> like, you know, like so like <laughs> look, you know, it can be done, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, they definitely you go check out uh let's see it's at trinity Whipco 9132
1: is uh yeah if you just youtube trinity Whipco, you'll find right. my video series or my it is just called trinity whip Co as a youtube channel right okay. But uh yeah the saltine cracker that was a fun one i got back from joe and he was talking about and i was looking for a solution and he said he used saltines or something before and so I'm like you know i'll try that and I, saltine was another fun cracking video where i spent i just spent an hour the day before and then the next day I, I just started filming it and just started doing it for a couple hours like i didn't even try double cracking the saltines that i did i'm like i'm just gonna go out there and do it and oh my do goodness. my best
0: yeah so i mean here yeah. here's your, your youtube channel and everybody can go and check these yeah here's a uh, saber whip trick candle snuffing yeah this is i think oh
1: yeah you sa- see i even use a saber whip for it i've never snuffed a candle with that whip before in my life like yeah first of all that's awesome
0: We we're, we need to talk about some of your specialty whips that you make.
1: Yeah, but like I did this video and I never cracked that whip before for a candle in my life as a actually a new whip. It just you you, you know that. it's like whips are whips. They're a sword they're a sword. It's longer, it's shorter if you know what you're doing, you know how to adjust, you know.
0: Right. That that's so awesome. Oh yeah, you gotta get lit lit. That, that's so fun. Do you feel like um or do you get a chance to continue to practice as often as
1: I have as not cracked whips in four or five years, man. Oh my goodness i uh i probably yeah. got him out a couple times to teach someone uh within the past four or five years a few times and but i just haven't had a chance you know there's just other uh, once you start making whips it's the last thing i want to do is spend time cracking whips you know i'm done with whips like i i would like to get out of whip. i, I don't really want to get back into whip cracking really full time but or like really cracking a lot, but like I would love to not make whips so much and uh, that might give me a passion to crack whips more, but I I love learning a lot of things. And when I learn things, there's certain skill sets I want to get out of that thing. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Sure, sure. And so. Um, So, so like, like say I was doing gymnastics, not that I would, I would want to know that I can do a front flip or back flip or whatever, whatever it takes to learn it. So like, I just want that skill set for whatever reason. So I'll I'll obsess with what I want to get out of whatever I want for whatever reason. It's not that I've done that, but I would love to be taught the back flip. I can do it on trampoline, but you know, and, um, but i would want that skill set so like when it comes to guns i started getting a pistol spinning i want that or roping i you know like there's certain skills so i'll find these different things i want know what i want and i'll master a good chunk of the skill but there's usually just a certain skill set i want out of everything i learn. and so like you know i haven't cracked groups in a while because i was getting into gun spinning i was getting into roping you know, things like that, like right now, I'm really getting into um, simulators for drifting so that, you know, in the right. next year or two, I'm going to finally uh, I'm working on getting a car I want to do so I can get go to some courses and start drifting, you know, and so eh, there's certain skill sets I want. And, and so, you know, you start hammering that, but there's so much you can learn and master if you've mastered things before <laughs> and you know my martial arts and other things allowed me to learn everything at a higher level because of how well i mastered one thing i can do a lot of things better and that learning curve can come in huge if you actually understand and master something it can translate to other skill sets easier
0: right and, and once you start getting that i think the it sounds like at least i don't want to put words in your mouth but the uh, martial arts training really has started solidifying your body connection with your mind and being able to do all of these different things, really. Uh, agree, well, it like just yeah, your dad's influence say. over time, or yeah, huh? Uh, maybe it's just last your dad's, part. Your, your father's influence. It sounds like probably as well being a master. Uh,
1: you know, I. Things. I uh I used to be my the rat around the farm, but uh, I, I about had my. Do not you see this? My finger looks like a toe. Do you see that? Oh yeah. <laughs> when I was in third grade, I got smashed in a metal bending machine, was flat as a sheet of paper up to the up to here. And so my mom wouldn't like let me hang out with my dad around the shop. Because he owned it and worked it, and so I'd be this rat running around this shop. And you know, I'd help the farms. I built grain bins, but like I never, I was Luke Skywalker on a farm. I don't want to be Luke. I want to be a Jedi, knight swinging swords, man. When I was seven years old and saw a Bruce Lee movie, I'm like, that's what I want to be about. But it took a long time to know I could learn that, or it was possible to learn and approach that. it wasn't thought was sixteen, you know. And then from then on, you know, I was that. That was what I really wanted. And that training has helped a lot. But to say martial art trained it alone is like saying well it's like you can find mastery and enlightenment, a lot of things, but, um, martial yeah. arts can be a good one to help the training. But again, you're talking about the local karate, the local boxer, whatever. I mean, I've, I've had 50, 70, I would have had at least 50 academies. I've walked in and spent a month at, and I probably had wow. 120 different that's people. Crazy. I've seen privately and do seminars. And I, I like, I would go to a place that's an hour and a half away for six months to train under a guy. And then, you know, and then, you know, I did a lot, of, you know, it wasn't just one style, one discipline, whatever. I, I've, I've learned tactical shotgun, home invasion, um, multiple opponents. And, you know, you learn everything you can from the Jeet Kune Do, The Kali was always my art, but I, I didn't want to be a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That was never my goal. I did not want that. But in the protection programs, a lot of people are saying, well, you need to at least be a purple belt in BJJ to teach protection. You don't really need it. We're going to teach you to circumvent the ground and try to get up in three seconds flat if you can and all the right tools to circumvent this. But it's like, if you had a purple belt in BJJ, it would allow you to recognize position quicker make little decisions faster yeah. base and posture instantly good and you know all these things that make it more functional and so i never really wanted to be a black belt with jiu-jitsu but part of my path and with the people we're training with it just had to lead me to do more bjj than them and so i never wanted it okay. i'm a black belt two stripes and a marcelo c montero uh, Bjjcoach dot com and when he came to Brazil, Annapolis, I became his right first right hand man there. And man, it, you know, wow. I was there for a while. I have spent the last twelve years of teaching martial arts, teaching kids BJJ. I had the number one ranked kid in the in the world, Gabriel Smith. He, he was in the Brazilian World Tur- Tournament the same year. That was my kid. I trained best kid in the wow. country, thirteen and under, because he's only thirteen. You know, I've, yeah, I've, I've done. I dealt with the best. I trained with the best, and I worked on that. So, so when I start whips, I'm going to Joe. If I'm starting drifting, if I can't talk to Kei to Suchia, I'm going to find the best pro drifters and find out somebody in the area that runs an event and talk to these guys, which I'll get into, or how can I be a part of this? Or how can I find the top guys to learn from? I don't, yeah. Wasting your time doing yourself sucks. And as a teacher that had a grassroots, you know, G. Kune Do, Kali, some MMA in the day, you didn't have these instructors. So we had to be those guys. And I always, yeah. was, man, I wish I had a teacher. I wish I had a teacher. And so I was always the guy learning and teaching and everything. And what making was very similar. I have had to learn a lot of stuff in the mind of a master instructor to teach to others as well. So those are benefits of being a great teacher more than maybe a great martial artist.
0: Right. Okay.
1: I see. That helps with everything else. How to learn and break down fundamentals and learn better and focus your time better and energy and understand the end from the beginning and the vision of things too excel better at something quicker because you don't have more time than someone but you can learn it better or smarter in different ways than someone
0: right right um, are, are you still working in uh, the martial arts field or do you still have a studio? And
1: I, I was yeah. happy to retire. <laughs> Let's okay. say it wasn't the best time, but about six years ago when I brought Steve on full-time and I, I had him come on full-time for a year or so, but COVID came up after that. I finally worked my way. Like I saw what while there being, this can get me out of teaching martial arts. Thank God. I need to have power of my income or freedom of my schedule. It's working for the man, even though you're teaching martial arts are one of the best academies like man i'm I'm still working for the man i can't control my life i teach i'm always busy from three o'clock to six seven no matter what i can't watch my kids enjoy their stuff because i'm the guy teaching other families kids stuff that they can enjoy you know it just yeah it, you know, i just wanted to get out of it you know I you get tired of people coming from all over the world and disciplines and mixed martial arts just want to come in there and prove they can kick your ass yeah yeah true I don't want to prove I'm okay at this or whatever. It just you know, you you spend 30 years sparring and and not a lot of people do martial arts spar. I spar every class. I spar multiple classes a day. I I would also have Friday night sparring for two hours in academies that we do everything from weapons to no weapons to kickboxing, boxing, grappling, MMA. Beat, you know, we'd, we'd we'd have 30 minutes of different stuff. I mean, I just I was wow. I'm like I'm in there. You're attacking me. I'm going to get you to get it. I'm your drill sergeant in the trenches, and I'll play with you, and you come at me, and we'll get you to learn better by. Me taking all the abuse and damage gently as you go to town on me. Right. You know, just I was a very in the trench type of guy. Right. You know, yeah. but, you know, after, you know, I kind of want to just like, you know, I'm tired of kind of doing it. It ain't worth me getting as much damage. Like, you know, when you wait, you know, it just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I would love yeah. to do more martial arts, but when you're stuck teaching one style in one way, like I'm stuck doing BJJ, I don't want to just teach BJJ. I never wanted to be BJJ Black Belt. I never want to just teach that. Yeah. You know, I want to do everything stand up, multiple opponents, weapons, bringing a Stung on. If I get stung, that's my fault. Let's have some fun. Let's try tactics different like we need okay. to play. We need to understand multiple sports, disciplines, all the clinching, everything. You know, we need to do everything in real environments, real possibilities. You know, we didn't wow. know how to do parkour, just to out- obstacle someone because you're running for your life. If you just know how to hop over a table, you might get out that door. Then if you had to run around it, he's stuck by three seconds. You can turn and get a weapon. Then I mean, we we approach from every angle and very hands-on thing. You know, and you know I was, but by, by the time I'm just teaching kids, it's like very warehouse factory because i'm just teaching uh, the same 150 kids every class few classes every day of the week five six days a week you know four or five there's not a variety of location or students or what you're teaching and yeah. I, I just want to be free and like you can is about freedom but not total freedom but being able to be free and understand things from free mentality but i had no freedom working for someone and it just like i, I settled for because it it's a good paycheck that i knew i'd at least get. And then it, but yeah. i started working on whips so i could work my way out of it and i finally did and and you know and that was tough too because when i decided to pick steve on we kind of worked this independent contract like i'm paying you know let's just say two thousand dollars a month for your time for 40 hours a week which is more than i was getting paid <laughs> you know and i'm like well i also lost say about two thousand dollars for my other job that i was working as a whip maker so I immediately gave up 2,000 more and lost 2,000 income. So I had a $4,000 deficit just to try to bowl twenty whip together with Steve Townsend right off the bat, a month losing yeah. a $4,000 missing two and paying two. Oh, okay. And so That's- I had a hustle. I had a hustle. Yeah. Right. And it was a hard year. Or so and I, and around that time, I'm like, great, maybe I can back off finally a few years ago. Steve can now take all more of the bulk orders I'll just take some of the retail instead of a lot of the di- the, the uh, distributors we're dealing with and wholesale people, and then while I get myself worked out, maybe we can work in someone for Steve and Steve go when we can keep Trinity going because Steve really wasn't Trinity. Right. I made my own thing, but I want you know I always thought he's my partner. I want to be a part of it. It's like you're Trinity, my label. Like, do you mind working on slaves label? It's like, I have no problem working on a label. I'm like, we'll get under this label. You know, let's let's work together. And you know, we got so far, but COVID really crushed it. And so right when I was about to quit quit making whips, Steve, you know, it's like man, I can't. Steve's like, hey bro, if you can't I know what you're doing for me. You can't pay this and (laughs) do this while COVID's killing the industry and everything. And so, you know, he started going back to work and he became a professional musician again. He still makes whips here and there and, you know, uh, in between it. But, you know, he's a full-time musician. You got to do your band meets regularly. You've got a lot to do on the weekends. Yeah. You know, and so I've been trying to get out of making whips for a while. I wanted to at least backseat it and move on with my life. You know, like I I I taught martial arts 27 years. It's probably 15 years longer than I needed to. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know. sure yeah I, I did actually have it on here to talk to you about i uh i was at whipcon this year actually um and whenever oh. your name came up a lot of people ask about i heard he was retiring in the process of retiring but i still see new whips coming out what what, what is your goal there what what are you trying to do what is the future of trinity whip right now
1: i want to quit making whips and i can't because i've got to now work myself another job just like i quit martial arts by whip making and whip making was supposed to kind of do that for me so i could still make some whips to make ends while i move on and since covid that's i've been hustling for two years and so um i kind of made a thing all right that's it i'm i'm going to try to give myself just whatever i said two years or whatever i said a year ago like two years and it may go longer but i'm going to hustle i can't but i want to quit making whips because you know uh if you actually understand how other people make whips and then whether how i make whips are different the amount of whips i can make because my methods are so much faster i make i can make a lot more volume volume and to yeah. hustle as much as i did it's just too much strain on the human body i've also probably had what like 17 broken bones in my body doing my career you know and like i i started uh like just this past year i'm trying to braid and i feel this kink uh, the doctor said it's like tennis elbow or something maybe and to try to do stuff and I, i've got something but it's just like, I'm like, well, is it that? Or is it all the times I fractured my own count breaks because I I couldn't go to the hospital? Is it the time I broke this, right. the time my fingers are like, well, all is, I have had this feel like my thumb's been shattered. I did I broke, fractured this in fifth grade playing baseball. So it's like, is it, is it too nice? You know, but there's just all this stuff and the wear on the fingers pulling as hard as I can on all these whips. It's just like, man, I, I can't, I don't want to be doing this full time where I'm making four, four whips a week or four to five yeah. whips a week or it, okay. it's a lot, you know? sure it's a lot of pulls and, yeah. and and whip making whip making rather there's a way to do it to loosen it and i mean there's a way that you push pull so you can really tighten it without pulling as much but you're grabbing strands you can't even grab it's like dental floss it's like if i grabbed yeah. a hammer every day and that's what, what i was pulling you'd have rock hard hands but since we're grabbing little strands we wrap around and pull it just warps your fingers Sure. And it'll warp your fingers over time. So, like, you look like Terry Jackas, or I don't know, if David's were that warped, but some of these old Australians, their fingers are very gnarly and warped from constantly wrapping and pulling and getting twists from years and years of twisting. You'll see they're twisted a bit. Do you have any and, suggestions? And so, like, that's one reason why Joe retired. Joe said, Well, 20 years, 7,000 plus whips, brother. It's like, my hands, you know, it's weird to go into a passion knowing that you got a life expectancy if you hit it hard like a pro. Yeah. And you're making five to ten whips a week Jeez. even if they're shorties there's like 10 shorties coming out you you're, you're right. working like a pro and it's it, a lot of people don't do that volume one no, it's the box truck can't be made that way and the other is who's crazy enough to work 16 16 hours a day like i had to for a while there
0: yeah exactly on any job that's that's impressive wow. yeah. way, way to hustle man but still that that is tough do you have any suggestions for people that are finding physical problems as they're making whips as someone that's done this, what, what sort of, do you have stretching or, I mean,
1: yeah. What, what do you do? In case by case, like you're trying to, you know, it's like, how you build your box truck? Like we can get into whip making method. you want in a minute? But a lot of it could be posture. Uh, like are they doing from a vice? Are they yeah. sitting in a chair? Are they standing up? Uh, is it, if they're pulling from a hook, is it too high or too low for their natural posture? I mean, posture can be a lot. Yeah. If it's your arms, maybe you're pulling too hard, not enough, but huh?
0: Yeah, no, those are excellent points. Um, but like, what about your back or or your hands? Like you said,
1: are, are there yeah, tricks? Yeah, I mean, it's help? too much to gauge from a quick question and question generalization. It could be a lot. Like, then again, it's like, hey, did you play tennis your whole life? Do you have bad elbows? Do you have bad fingers? What What have you done with your whole life, too? You know, like <laughs> good that good affects point. things. Good point.
0: Um, I was talking with uh, somebody else earlier this week, and they were talking about they had a, a stretching regimen that they tried to do before and after a whip making session. Um, just for their shoulders and and hands and all to just for muscular, uh, pain that they were having when they were working on it. I was just curious if you had a similar, uh, or is your uh, other things you do during the day, stretch out your body with other physical exercise, for instance.
1: If I heard this right as little garbage, you said you've talked to other whip makers that are having certain issues and they'll stretch beforehand or they do other physical activities so that they can survive whip making. Is that what I got out of that? Yes, sir. Well, um, do you think that professional athlete and I'm not just you know just this, but professional athletes, do you think the, all they do is their sport or do you think they learn supplemental training that helps balance it? Yeah, of
0: course. Right. Of course. And, and I mean you are you know, a professional. So like, it,
1: well oh, sorry. I mean I was technically, but but I you know, I was more like a professional play gym for the toughest guys around to come at me and me teddy bear them while they just you know, these guys, you know, monsters, you know. But um but, you know, um, I would say you should always stretch like like if a, if a normal job in a factory says every two hours you need to take a break, take a break every two hours. You're going for 16 or 10 or 12. Take a good 15, 20 minutes. Who cares? You're about to work for three or four hours solid. You know, right. get rest to do whatever. Add a little stretching. Wake up pulling your fingers in. Do whatever. I mean, if you don't do anything and like stretch it all the run out there and run down your field where there's all these potholes, you're going to twist and sprain or breaking an ankle, but if you're warmed up, you'll roll right. with it better, you know? So, you know, you, you could look at it or if you feel you're having problems, you should do some things to help develop maybe your strength, but a lot of it can be posture. A lot of it can be, they don't know how to braid. Yeah. Yeah. They're exactly. putting too much effort or too much effort in the wrong way or the wrong way with their body. Or, you know, they cause like if we all just grab it and pull, it all looks one way, but do you know the difference between Joe's and everyone else's, you gotta see it, feel it and understand his energy like when i went to joe i'm like hey man i, I knew he did some martial arts but like hey can i put my hands on you while you braid like as <laughs> so i come up behind him like ghost you know like ghost right. <laughs> and i put my hands on his like his forearms while he's braiding and i'm like feeling feeling the tension of his uh, pull and i'm like holy shit i'm like you are not you're it feels like you're not putting much strength in it but this is the tightest braid i felt and so okay. I could feel his pressure and energy and I went in there like, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, I see that. Like I okay. just figured you're pulling with all your body weight and stepping back and ripping. He's like, no, man, both hands have functions, both do this. Part of it is, you know, the angle of the braid, part of it is how well you scrap, you know, you you sculpt the exterior to fit where you're braiding, but a lot of it is what I'm doing here, what all I'm pulling and pushing with the core hand, what all I'm doing here, what angle I'm pushing, why I'm yeah. pulling this angle, what I'm looking at while I do it, how I like it's just these little twist pull twists. And the angle, like, say, say where's this camera? Straight. Say, like, you know, the whip's coming straight and you're supposed to have, like, this angle, this 45 degree angle. Well, if you watch David Morgan books, it looks like his pulling hand is straight back sometimes. You're like, looks like David's pulling straight back. I'm like, yeah, but you don't see David has the whip twisted. So, yeah, he's pulling at a 45, but he's got what he's grabbing oh, twisted. Yeah. So, even though he's pulling back,
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's really useful. Um, and I, I I did notice. Now I'm not that saying to pull his... straight back
1: like you see, David. I'm just saying yeah. those aren't understood if you didn't get asked, David, in Washington, or ask Joe and be like, "What sure. are you looking at every pull? What is your goal for every pull?" And he's like, "Well, you can you can do it by tension or by sight to know that you're braiding everything at the same strength by sight. Tell me more. How can I tell by my braiding by looking at sight that I'm pulling with the same tension? Wow. Yeah. What, what, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have to explain braiding to you. I'd uh, have to be braiding in front of you, and I, oh, uh, but I'd have to at least have it, and then I'd be like, well, if you know what strand you're supposed to look at to dictate the angle you pull at, not the angle it lays at, but the angle it pulls at, and as you see it slide in, you can see what was behind it, whether it goes in too far, or too low, or too high. You can watch as it slides oh, in. I see. So when you're looking at that... But it's kind of hard to like really show you without a, a whip to pull and point, you know, but you get the idea.
0: Right. I do get the idea. Right. I've, I've certainly seeing it do exactly what you're talking about. Um, is yeah. there, I, I know you're, like you said, you're working on the, the next thing for Trinity Whip or, or Trinity Co, as it might be.
1: Um, Trinity Drift Co. I would love Trinity to eventually get a place where I can find a way to, make, to spend time drifting. And I know it's, that's not going to happen, but like I'm looking in the future. I'm looking for if I can find uh, in the next, like I'm, I'm going to try to figure out ways to make money and find another job, but I want to eventually, I will buy a parking lot. I'll find one or I'll get one made on some property so I can do whatever I want on that parking lot and learn. And I'm like, maybe find an old parking lot, crappy place nobody wants, get it dirt cheap, fix the concrete or if it's not already good, Maybe yeah. I can start having buying a couple of drift cars that are cheap. Maybe pe- have people learn on simulators as I get going to learn it. And then just teach pe- people pay to come out there and drift around that course. You know, go that's ahead. one way to be able to do what you want and pay. It's like, that's one idea. Uh, I, I kind of want to find small mechanics, be like, I, I'll do whatever to learn. If I got to be paid for free and not get paid for two months to learn from you, I'll do that, sir. So I can have a job in two months. I'm willing to do that for the knowledge I want, but I'll find whatever I want. And it, I, I kind of want to go more towards cars right now, finally, because I'll tell you the older you get, you can still ride a horse as long as you're not too screwed up and you can still drive a car. Paul Newman didn't even get into racing until he was 48 years old or 47. He raced for 30 years and won some championships. Wow. I did not know. He even got second in Le Mans, second in Le Mans, man. His team got second in oh. Le Mans. He didn't even start till he was 47.
0: Oh my gosh. that That's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, I, I love it. And, you and may and not be able to just... run
1: fast, but you, your foot can push an accelerator.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and, and so yeah. much of the driving is is up here, and that that can stay sharp.
1: Well, it's anything else: repetition, timing, practice. How many cars? How many cars you got to try this maneuver with? How are, you, how are you used to blipping the throttle? You know, how yeah. how good are you at recognizing the speed, the roll, the pitch, the yaw? You know, like you know, you gotta you gotta play around. You know,
0: right? Yeah, I, I remember seeing a documentary. It was talking about uh, I was interviewing Andretti, Michael Andretti, and he was talking about knowing where the cars were around him by the pressure in,
1: in his ear of the wind. Yeah. The wind I bet he would cars. feel that those speeds and those cars. Yeah. You'd feel yeah. it. You'll feel it when is, they're coming on your, you'll feel it when they have done drafting, it'll move you.
0: Wow. That's, that's amazing. Ah
1: yeah I, I i don't like going fast i don't like going fast but i like going sideways all right i don't right. i don't need I, like I, I don't mind going to zero to 60 as fast i can or down interim i don't i don't need to go over 100 miles an hour in my life i don't need to go near the two Uh-oh. like i i would i'm perfectly happy sticking it between and second to third gear and just keeping it between 20 miles to 30 40 50 miles an hour and learn to hit some curves sideways and control sideways stuff too. Yeah, yeah, you know, if it roll, it's not going to roll very easy, but if it rolls, you're okay. I mean, when you're going 150 miles an hour, nah, yeah, you, you know, your car can even take off the, automatic, the dynamics and turn into a kite. <laughs> ah, that's terrifying. It wow. is. It is. It's, I'm not, I'm not, a, I will not ride motorcycles for that reason. I didn't grow up on a dirt bike. I feel if I had grown on a dirt bike, maybe I would get into that speed, but I'm like, I didn't grow up with that skill set. that's the thing that eliminates p- people from certain sports, too. You know, yeah. it's like if I had a moped, I had a dirt bike, I'd probably ride a motorcycle. But without that, I know I'm just gonna die. Or worse, right. get someone else killed. So so what is it about
0: that going sideways? Like can can, can you describe that feeling when you're
1: like, is uh, that, not on purpose yeah, there's, like there's no right. real way you know um you know it's like why do some people like going fast and drag you know it's just something about it does it you know why do people drag with motorbikes why do people do you know autocross motorbikes versus autocross cars or dirt track versus ro- you know just there's something about it but you know the, the thing about drifting is how to explain it what drifting separates i think it's the one of the things that's come along a lot later in the auto industry mm-hmm. and. i'll say a lot of things i looked at martial arts and learning is if i'm gonna like when i learned archery i'm like okay i i want to learn recurve so i can point and shoot because i felt if i had a compound well i go to buy a compound but the sights aren't set it's not set up for my draw so i gotta wait for someone to fix this so i can actually use this and use the sights. but so Uh if it's a zombie apocalypse and this i did all my training like well what if what if what if so i'm like well if i had a bow and i learned a recurve I could grab a compound bow and shoot and figure out how it's off and just adjust my hand and I could still shoot with any bow in the world but it's not the other way around if I learn right. compound not recurve. So a lot of things I approach like that. What's going to give me the education that builds the skill set so you can do everything versus one one specified thing. Now I may want to learn that specified thing but I need to understand the fundamentals, right? Right, right. And so I, I'd say it kind of works like that too on the cars. It's like you may be able to go fast, you may be able to understand different angles of apex, and you understand, that, you know, heel to toe shifting and left foot braking, the hard stuff learning. You can do that stuff and you can go fast. But these people that can go fast can't master drifts and drift line and curves and all this parkour stuff with cars. But the people that can learn the drifting can learn to go fast and read lines and do that if they wanted to. So it's yeah, like you're yeah. learning the right skill set for doing what no one else should say you should be able to do in a car. And right. it's like with learning that you can do everything else better, but you just, cause you do this, you can't do it like a uh, hyper on Netflix. You want to have fun? Watch that. Only the drifters will survive. Oh my God. Only the drifters will survive that. Oh my goodness.
0: Do, do you feel like, um, like you're trying to calculate all these different, um, variables when you're doing a drift, going sideways like that around a corner? Um, is, is it, well, because when I'm driving down the freeway, I'm not thinking about driving all that hard, obviously. But what is it about that drifting? That, well, I'm I mean, not I'm not I'm not a great
1: drifter. OK, I played around a lot when I was I'm not a great drifter. I played around a lot when I was younger and now I'm wanting to work serious on it. So I'm getting all the skills I can that the, the Sims can provide, you know, everything about it. Just there, there's, there's a lot of things simulators can do. So you're not burning tires and we're yeah. wrecking things to understand how to control a car in every way it can. And so simulators, e- even professional drivers now use simulators, like even the basic simulators, even in, in if it's NASCAR, because they get to go to the track, they get to hit the track. They they really get to learn from this stuff. And yeah. so, you know, simulators are really the car simulators are phenomenal nowadays. And they're just getting better. Now, I, I, don't, I don't have one that actually does, you know, uh, pitch, roll and yaw like a simulator it's just a basic but i'm gonna that's my first thing in the next few years i want to find a way to buy a simulator that does all those because you you have to feel everything the simulator through the steering wheel and it's good but like when i'm drifting and then cutting into another drift i don't feel the body weight to really feel the weight of the car to know what i need to do so there's always going to be a learning curve when you do the real thing but you can get a lot of stuff out through the simulators and so um you know, simulations where I'm really at it now Like as far as enjoying a car and getting a car sideways I, I just, I love it I love everything about the funness of it Because it, it is hard It can be hard, there's a lot of ways to enter drift But it comes down to three basic things One, what you gotta do to get your, your car sideways You know Two, allowing to let go of the steering wheel Not freely, but let it spin through your hands So that it can catch the angle So you're braking free Catching the angle, and then flipping the throttle, keeping the revs up, so when it hits and reaches that weightless moment, you can now input it to go faster, wider, whatever. But it wow. re- you break free, catch, yeah. and then flip the throttle, maintaining the drip. Now, coming out of it, it ain't that hard when you get it, but it's like, there's a lot more into that, And even though that's those three things, there's a lot that has to go into that. you gotta cut you're coming in faster you're coming in slower you're turning in too much you you know there's so many variables and just taking a curve so it's like how do you get good at something you gotta do it over and over and over and trial and error instead of burning up tires you can burn up burn up a simulator to get a lot of these basic skills out you know i first got on a simulator. i'm like i used to have a cruel gts i'm like one of my things used to do is pull my mom's in the back road get the mail I'd, i'd drive all the way to the barn and then i'd come back and reverse you know, I'd pop it, I'd pull the E-brakes, I'd pop it in a whip around and then take off without perfectly every day. So oh. I got a simulator. I'm like, I was doing it on the simulator. I'm like, dude, it feels just like my Corolla. Like this feels just like when I did, although I'm not feeling the weight down, it handled just like I did this every day for like, you know, 50 days in a row, I'd be doing that trick. And I'm like, wow. And so I re- and, and when I started getting stuff back in the day, I had a student that helped me with, with some of my me- mechanics. And he's like, bro, you need a simulator. Bro, you need a simulator. Here I am 15 years later, like should have got a simulator then. should i be 15 years deep in some skill set just playing an hour a day working courses or developing skills so when i get out there i can do it better but i'm gonna be working hard next two years to develop what i need so that i'm gonna purchase the car i want and i'm gonna just have some fun to learn what i want to learn for whatever reason wow that'd be a lot of fun and when
0: you get that that track built i'm gonna have to come visit you that sounds like
1: fun well that that's a future goal me dreaming like if, but I, I could if I, you know, but like, it's again, I've still got a master of skill set. I got to develop curriculum. I'm going to be in the drift world by then. I'm going to find schools, hopefully already running. Like I said, if there's a drift school running anywhere in any Indiana, Indiana area, and it's an hour and a half away or two, I'll be like, I will drive there to work for you. If I get paid here, I will do anything. You know, yeah. again, people wow. don't have my age and that go get, and like, I will work for you for free for two months to be your mechanic. Please teach me. yeah You know, like oh I'll, I'll do it. like, I want to know, I want to learn and people have a hard time. Like, dude, this guy's, this guy, He's legit, you know, and you prove yourself for a while, but I don't, I like, well, do I want my own track? Sure. Can that happen? Maybe not, not for a while, but I'll figure it out. I'll find someone's I can use or rent or work for or find something So eventually I'll be like, you know what? I know what I want. I'll spend $10,000 getting a blacktop on my own land, whatever. No one has to bother me. I don't have to pay anyone and I can go out and train every day I want, you know, but that's my mentality on things. Sure. That's how I look. I'm like, my goal is if that's it and I'm serious, I'm trying to already see what I can do next year to make it to get my skills that level. And if I did have to teach it, well, then if I teach it, great. I can write that off as a business. Maybe I can write off a couple cheap gift cards as business expenses to teach. But that's how better business helps. You got to learn how to see businesses. Not just, I start selling stuff on eBay. Business can help if you get, understand business and what you can write off and not. It helps you even build your business, learn what you can and can't write off and work towards the build or not, you know? Right. Not that I got a lot of that when I was whip making, but I'm learning that now. I'm just now understanding that. So I'm looking at a better way to look at business through this possible future, you know? Okay. That's just my goal. No, I love
0: it. I love it. And I, I find it interesting thinking through, well, you've talked about three major careers, basically, yeah, between the uh, martial arts and whip making, and now Trinity Drift, right? Coming. Um, yeah. Oh, maybe. You definitely have... You, you don't pick easy things. <laughs> you, you're not afraid of ha- doing the hard work and... Risking my life to an extent. Risking your life, clearly, an like and, and your body...
1: Control possibilities of injury to an extent but death can be a result of some things i've done in my life yeah
0: absolutely so if you were to think through all those things what is it that gets you up in the morning what gets you excited what what is is it the i don't know i want to be better i want to i want Uh, to find the hard thing everest is there and therefore i must climb it because i i
1: it's not that easy it's not that simple i mean like there are times in my life where i could be like I'm here to do the best martial arts, learn the best martial arts from the best, figure out how to design the best martial art curriculums so I can help my students be the best so they can save their lives and or compete. Yeah. Very easy mission statement and for Christ <laughs> and do my okay. best under God to uh, just spread on. Not that I was trying of preached through my ministry, but I i was that christian character in the in the war zone you know and so there are yeah. different things that motivate me you know but you know when you're a kid you want what a kid wants when you're a teenager what a teenager wants an adult an adult you know so like when you're married you you will want what a married or a father a father and motivation yeah. ain't so cut and dry like i want to be a fireman when i grow up it's like you got to figure out how to take care of what you need to and do what you want you know so always have something you enjoy that you want to grow with because learning a new form of life or a new Skill set will help with your current ones. Not only will right. what you've learned help it, but it'll shed light. Uh, one of my instructors, that was an amazing teacher and helping people learn, he's like, repetitions and patterns, man. They will they will create a really good system of like, Sam, I've got like, here's what I do every day for my athletic routine. He's okay. like, it'll create really good stuff, but there's no imagination, and you're going to be eventually limited because you're just too stuck so he says for imagination or creativity you have to step out of what you will normally do to do something you've never done because that'll shine light in a new way because you've never seen it to how it'll come back and help what you've been doing like you may not find it but finger pain may help your brazilian jiu-jitsu i don't know i'm just saying you just don't know you know you got to try different things and get what you get from it and it'll help you know so i don't really have like some of these goals seem big and i'm like they are so it's not like oh i want to wake up and do this like well i've got to put a lot of thought and energy and then figure out if i can or can't and what's i mean it's not like i just wake up passionate to do it you know um my fiance has uh 13 horses right now or 15 15 15 horses and i've had a couple i'm raising from a from a baby we got a few weeks old and they're they're almost old enough where i can start learning to ride them myself uh, like it's another thing i've been working on and i'm like well i i've learned she's an expert rider so i've Rode a little bit, but not much, but I've been spending the past two years being a, a stable boy and helper and taking care of these horses, knowing these horses, understanding yeah. horses. I have not bothered riding, but a couple times in the past two years. Next year, I'm going to ride a lot more. Okay. And hopefully, as riding, I'll help train the three that I'm raising right now so they can get to be three years old so I can train them. But I've been learning a horse, but I've learned it this way. I've learned it from raising two young ones. Seeing how they develop, seeing how to yeah. teach them, seeing how to guide them, knowing that they will trust and love me, seeing how they develop, how they learn before I even start. And hopefully I can ride a few horses before I screw them up trying to teach them, which should have my help. But you see, that's not just an overnight thing to have to get up in winter and make sure they have water and all the stuff you got to deal with, you know, and it's just, it's a lot of work. So, you know, you, you, what gets you up out of day, ultimately, you got to make that decision, you know, either you start off on top, you start off on bottom. You can just spend yeah. all day on bottom. And even if you don't make the top, you might as well scramble to get to the top because none of is going to get there if you don't work at it. Yeah, I, I think work, work ethic is a huge thing with people where it's not there or motivation or passion. I mean, that, that's really the biggest problem with most people. And it, it's a lack of purpose. They don't feel like this is their purpose. And without really feeling like your purpose, you can't have a lot of passion. And a lot of, I think leadership isn't there in a lot of things, it's the lack of passion, purpose or whatever, like if the leadership isn't, it's not his purpose to be a leader. And he's not passionate about it. What happens to the staff? They just, you know, yeah. and, and we're not we're not one dimensional beings. Like, would whip making make you happy? Like, if I said right now you're going to make nylon whips, don't worry, your your whole family's provided for, it, but you will have to make whips the next twenty years and nothing else. How would you feel, Chris?
0: I uh, I think I would feel stuck.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I mean
0: yeah, I, I need to, I need to have that diversity and I need to have that creativity I'm I'm so
1: constantly switching it, up. I, I can accomplish what I wanted with whip making I can accomplish it already like I I yeah. wanted to be able to make the whips I wanted to make for myself and I more or less blew that out of the water uh, and, I, and, and I there are like a series I'm, of whips I wanted to make I finally made like three years ago but I haven't even got to use them or train with them because I haven't had the time but they originally I had an idea one of the things was I had an idea of these whips that no one's ever made and I don't even want to talk about them because the ideal just gets stolen and used, which happens a lot with me. <laughs> okay. You know, but it's like, I made these things. Even if I can tell you the name of what I call them. Somebody will figure out something. Next thing you know, they're the creator of it and all this. But I'm like, I need to do a lot of training because each whip I made, you can't use it just like a whip. That's all I can say. And it's like, it takes a lot of training and in the future and like they'll just die with me maybe i'll show them off one day and say screw it but i finally kind of made what i wanted to make for another possible pet project like i'd love to make a make some comedies or a movie here at action film here someday and i've looked into that for the past yeah. year with some friends talking about it just like okay if i can do xx x, and x you know we can pull something off worst case we'll figure it out we'll pull something off so i the past six years we i keep laying down ideas and we're creating stuff and if ever it happens we can maybe nail something but it's like that's how it works you know you, you want something and you need to be involved about it. you need to work towards it maybe it goes somewhere maybe it doesn't but if you want it to it, it's just not overnight and you can't always quit your job to do it and you know what gets yeah. you out of out in the morning you know every day is different you know i i don't want to i used to love making whips then you get tired of it you know and I, I, but I didn't make whips to want to make whips. I started wanting to make whips for good reasons and I wanted to make a good whip. So don't get me wrong. And I love doing it. But, you know, when you do nothing but that and you're stuck in that, and, you know, after I've, I've done my share and I would love to help make making whips, but I, I want to do something easier on my hands and something more fun and new and just make whips yeah. on the side. So I'd rather just be like, hey, you know what? I, I'll just make 50 or 60, maybe 100 whips this year, maybe something like, maybe just 100 whips that's like. Maybe I'll just make a hundred whips to year on the side on another job. It's not much. 52 was it? There's 52 weeks in a year. If I spent one, two days on a weekend, I could make two to three whips spending two days a week, making those. Yeah. hundred whips. Wow. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) Ah, so, I mean, uh, not, not talking about the new ones that may or may not come in the future, but you have had some extremely creative ideas on various types of whips. I actually have, have a couple of them here. I'd like to to talk to you about and oh, what sure. your, your process was when you were developing these, because I love that creative sure. passion that you have when you have one of these, um, like oh, we'll start with this, the saber whip, I think is just yeah. a genius. So saber as in lightsaber. Um, and I actually have, I bought a 12 foot black saber whip from you. And, yeah.
1: It oh, did perfect. you buy that? Did you buy the one that already was just a thong? And then yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. I think that was the one where I made it and then I ended up yeah, getting a handle for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you, you had to I remember that yeah. one later, later. So I've been playing. with. I remember that now. Ones. Yeah, I forgot about that. I remember, I can't remember the name of that handle, but I used to know the Gladius or it's the Gladius or Yeah, Gla- I forget the name of it. I even know the name of that hill. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. And I, I've been playing with it because it's, it's interchangeable. You can switch out. So I've been yeah. trying some different handle designs as well myself, playing with an yeah. excellent thong that rolls out so beautifully. So this is yeah. super fun. Um, and the, the that other one, that one have... you Go ahead, what?
1: Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. What's
0: no, the other no, one? It... Yeah, so the other one I have is um, uh, the the longest model.
1: Oh, the longest? Classic yeah. longest, maybe? Yeah, yeah I- exactly. That's uh... Is that a fader or just a classic the longest? Is that a fader? Does it turn into yes. two colors? Oh, okay. It is. It is a fader. Is it, did you get that off, Keith? Yes. <laughs> I, I actually did. know where you got that from. I didn't think you bought one from me. So yeah, yeah, that's all Keith, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that one was the that one was actually the prototype. I think I made for Anthony one of the prototypes I made for Anthony, and then he says, "Hey, I like X, but I want to do X." So right. Anthony actually cracked that one, if I remember right. Yeah, that's what Keith me, I that
0: him, had this. Yeah, example. yeah,
1: he had it. Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong with it, you know. But like a- Anthony oh, does it. different thing. Anthony does different things with, with to his whips. And if you don't know what Anthony does with whips as a whip maker, you would cringe the moment you see what he does with whips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of his videos. I met him actually out at WhipCon. He was he was there.
1: Oh, I love the guy, but it, but but here's what he does. Right, he'll buy a whip. Right, here's what he does. He'll grab it, and then he'll walk it and kink it. And then cape an inch and kink it, and he'll grab oh. the whip, and he'll take your whip, and he'll keep the whole thing twisted in every direction all the way down your whip. And if he buys one off you, he does that. And if it's just your whip he's looking at, and he's just sitting there talking to you, he will go into character and just start crimping it. Uh, uh, remind me not to handle it. Uh, and, and he says it helps loosen his whip. It's the way he likes it. Now, I don't agree with that philosophy, but Anthony stands by it. So just because you make a whip for one guy doesn't mean the other guy or this guy they don't all want the same things they look for different right. things in whips from weight to stiffness to this and so this is why Anthony's like I want a very stiff straight wired whip because he will just monkey grind it all the way right. down the whip it's like uh, yeah, you're gonna need a stiff one instead of you know but like right. when I first saw that I was like oh my gosh no Anthony what are you doing you know
0: uh, I I don't know if you have any as well you want to show off I have a this a strain that I bought from you, Joe Strain. It is truly a, a work of art here. I'll go full screen. Yeah, here.
1: that's the first custom whip I bought off Joe. I wanted the coral snake and I told Joe, just make a bullwhip the way you want it. And that's exactly what he gave it to me as a 16 plat. So the, whatever that is, that's how Joe would make it, make it. If you said, Joe, make a whip. It is. So I, I, cause I thought, you know, he makes all these models. Like I wanted, and this is what I thought of when I made, got whips from different people. I'd be like, what do you like to make and why? what do you prefer in a whip and then i would order that whip from a whip maker so i knew what they liked and why now it makes sense about their craft based on you gonna make the whip you want so now i know what you would like in a perfect whip like everything else you got is a variation of what you like so what is it you like yeah. so that's one reason i got that i said joe do whatever you want i just want these collars i want a six foot whip but make it however you want
0: yeah he, he did a, a stunning job as well
1: you know, in um, my opinion, it's like, ah, uh, did I need a 10 inch channel? Sure, that's fine. But it's a nail spike and it's a solid whip. But I'm like, ah, uh, would I like this maybe be a little shorter now? Uh, maybe I don't want the 10 inch nail spike. It's a little heavier. Maybe I'd rather really have a target flat or not. Or maybe I'd like the weight to be a little lighter here. But, you know, I just, yeah. you know, there's just different things. But that's just my opinion but again that's what I like but is it solid it is one of the best whips I've ever cracked. You know it's like, yeah. it, it doesn't change it. Rolls out eversley at the perfect <laughs> joke. So you know it's it's like, hey, what's the best whip? Uh, what's your best shoe? Are you going to wear a size right. 13 Nike Air Force One like me? I don't wear that. Like is that what you wear? Well, well I should ask you what shoes to wear. It's like you can't ask me what shoes to wear. You say like, you can't ask me what whip to use, but you can kind of tell me what yeah. you want to do with the whip and I can kind of find the tool that will best fulfill the function of what you want to learn with it
0: right right
1: um what are not some based of the, uh... on silly it's got to be eight to six foot <laughs> it could be this or that it's like that doesn't help anyone that's like saying you need an economy car you need an economy car well what am i going to do when i haul stuff we, we get well you get an suv well i got i need something for a truck bed. i guess you need a truck well you ain't helping me all you're not even asking me the number one thing <laughs> what are you wanting why are you wanting to whip cracks exactly. why are you here hey i want a haircut so just trim up what you got why are you here
0: I mean, exactly, exactly. And do you, do you feel that, do you have that conversation quite a bit when someone's ordering a whip or do they usually know what they want?
1: Uh, it gets all over the place. You know, like I said, I, you know, I've, 5,000 whips, there are a lot of customers in there, you know, and some people just order, not say a word, some will ask questions, I'm there to answer, I always say, call me, you know, if you're willing in detail, here's my phone, you know, text me if that ain't enough call, let's just deal with an hour phone call, it's going to take that much, and I spend a lot of time to people where I've wasted a lot of time, they never bought anything, it doesn't make me jaded, but you also got to learn to limit your time, don't, don't give someone an hour, give them, get all the information out of the way in 5, 10, 15 minutes. And don't right. just stay on there for them to talk about their kids and other stuff. Not that I want it, but it's like a lot of people waste their time. They haven't made a sale yet. And you got to also watch how much you give freely if there's no reward. Not that I want it, but like I've been in, I've talked to people for two hours before, never got a sale out of it. And not that I was talking to them for two hours for a sale, but it's like, dude, talk to me for two hours, figured you'd get a sale out of that because he keeps talking to me about it. Like, dude, you're answering all those questions. Thank you. I'm so glad of your time. And man, I got talked to him for so long and blah, 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 and then nothing. So it's yeah. like, I'll still talk to someone that long if they want but you know a lot of you know some decisions you gotta make as a businessman is what is too much time what's not enough time like if i've been on here for a half hour and i haven't directed the call as the guy selling something to someone like a business that's on yeah. me i've had at least 10 minutes to talk to this guy before getting into questions directly right right
0: um, i did want to talk about some of the other whips you've made and we can just kind of have sure. this up on the side as as we're chatting um when this is your one of your youtube videos where you're going over a bunch of your whips um and people can just see these as they're watching the video i think um,
1: everything in there is probably within my first thousand or fifteen hundred whips you know i think i made that on my fifth fifth or sixth year whip making okay yeah, yeah it's a uh, it's a it's a couple years old yeah i can't remember i can't remember but yeah yeah like uh the lightsaber whips you brought up what i call the saber whips um that's adam winrich's fault that they exist Oh really? Um, How's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, I finally got him, Nick, and Steve to meet up um, together because, like, I've met it with Adam before, and then I started talking about trying to get these guys together. So I arranged a few events where all of us got together, and he was talking about, "Hey, have you seen these lightsabers?" And he's like, "Uh, somebody, so and so," and I'm like, "Well, I've seen someone try to take a." cheap lightsaber from Toys R Us and try to attach something to it. But he says, you know, this sound, he said, first of all, I thought you would have, he says, someone needs to make these. And he's like, actually, Blake, I figured of all people, you would have already thought about that. And so I looked at them and I bought a few. Cause once again, if you want to make a product, so I bought two, three saber Fords, I bought a Vader's vault. I bought an ultra saber. Those are the three top people. Let's see the products. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what would we do with this? And I'm like, well, when I made those, I'm like, I don't want to just turn it into a fancy cow whip. You know, where it's anchored into the handle. So I started thinking, what can I do? And I'm like, all right. So if I had, a, if I could come up with a custom polycarbonate nail spike and shaft that could make this work, I think I can make an interchangeable interlocking whip. So I spent $1,500 and about uh, 30, 40 hours talking to this plastic company before I finally we were able to get the the first six prototypes and then the rest of the order of like 50 of those so there's only able to have about 50 or 100 saber whips whatever i got but it cost me like 1500 dollars boom done just so you could have that plastic piece so i'd have to sell several of them before i even got that investment back but it allowed me to create something that's not done where you can pop in pop out which is why i said i'm going to make something different and the likes can kind of go through it you know, it's made so at least the lights would at least show around the base. And some of them have all these slits in them where the lights pop out of the base. So yeah. my whole goal was, what I'm doing different is what no one's done. You can pop it out, put it in a blade, pop it in, use a whip, you know.
0: Yeah, but yeah it's, it's really fun to do, be able to do that, too um yeah like this batman whip that's a beautiful dude just with the feral on there makes it i make
1: think that was one of, when i decided to send stuff to stage props i sent that i kind of made i always thought you know like i want to make that ba- i want a batman logo why not and i'm like what would batman do and i'm like well usually in the the cartoons or the comics his parents died while i went to see mask of zorro so i saw if batman had a whip he'd have a zorro whip <laughs> so i just kind of <laughs> made uh joe's version of zorro give or take and then just put a batman logo on it
0: right right now that's that's awesome you put other handles on on whips too don't you have like a sword handle or
1: i i I had a vision where i'm like man i would like a nice knife handle smooth thing as a sword like why not you know and and once again as opposed to somebody getting an old service saber and broke it off and you know try to cow whip it in right there i'm like okay i'm gonna have an actual armorer who makes handles uh, make sure the tang is a tang but it just comes out with like three or four inches of a nail spike outside that tang and then i yeah. can grind it or craft it or cut it to where i want and add whips to it so it, it, it's that the, the nails technically a nail spike is kind of turned into a tang or a tank is turned into a nail type type tip but those are actual sword handles made by an armor and then a whip attached yeah. to it that is awesome super super creative yeah, everything I did, I'm like, if you're going to do it, you need to do it in a way that's super quality or never been done before, or it's, the, you know, the right way to do it is have other craftsmen and their skills that they can partake in this.
0: Right, and that's you why know? you go with the, um, outsourcing the the ferals that are engraved, right?
1: Yeah, I, 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 Bernie, Bernie was more of a, an etcher. Is that the right word for it? Yeah, in the etching, or? He did more etching on his ferals than what you'd call engraving. Like, okay. you almost, um, like, say the metal's flat, he would touch with something, and it kind of roughs up. Right. Like, one engraver has smoothness and then graves into the metal, like sculpting right. away. Exactly. And so he did these etchings. And when he passed, I had a hard time finding someone until I finally found the guy I got. And he makes buckles, uh, buckles by Jackson, Jackson by buckles, or yeah. Jackson buckles is buckles by Jackson. And he's just phenomenal for his price, his skill, and quality. But he's a, he's a true engraver, and he does really good stuff. And um, but until I found him, I started once again, I'm like, okay, I spent a month researching engraving machines. <laughs> wow. I was looking at price versus budget and would it work? You know, uh, how do I do X? Could I do that? You know, like I'm looking at, is it worth spending two or $3,000 on a grave machine so I can put it in? It will actually laser engrave what I want in it. Like I said, I started thinking, man, do I gotta do this on my own? So like, I, I, I was looking at that, but finally, luckily God just directed me towards buckles by Jackson. And I'm like, Saul and he's he, he Oh, that looks just like the one i have here and that um, one's the revolver will roberts is using that revolver whip that's his signature that little ring right there so he can spin it like a gun and i believe he's oh, he, I he's, he's in the movie the redeemer using that but it's made for netflix on 2022 but it just hasn't been released on netflix yet yeah but the one after this the revolver there's a a ring in there so when you you tie it all up you can spin it like a like a gun oh, yeah, like right gonna... yeah that's oh, the revolver cool. whip but it but it's supposed to be in the movie 2022 the redeemer and Netflix, it just, it was made. It just hasn't been released yet. So do not why they're holding it. But Hollywood does it a lot too. Hollywood has so many movies you, you've never seen. They were made. They thought when this guy's getting hot, they bring him out. Didn't happen. Didn't have the right moment. Other movies came in. Never seen before in life. So it, it may wow. come out in Netflix eventually, but they obviously didn't release Absolutely. it in 2023 or 22. But oh. then again, around that time is when Alec Baldwin shot a guy, yeah, <laughs> and that's- there's a little bit more anti-guns, and plus a couple other Westerns came out really big at that point. So I, I don't know if they just held it, and it may release eventually, but I I hear he got a lot of good footage using a whip. And a revolver whip, and he plays like this uh, bad guys, gangs, right hand man that does all the assassinating for him and killing him. So supposedly Will does a lot of cool shit stuff with the whip, and I was really hoping to see him really kill with that whip.
0: I hope hope we get to see it soon. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Wow, this yeah, some of these they're so beautiful. Um, I I I, uh, was talking to a couple other people. Actually, there was a post on Facebook just just today while we're recording this that um. I think it was Blake Gorey has a ferrule that he was using um, uh, electrolysis. I think it was called electrode etching. So yeah, yeah that's it.
1: probably what Bernie did. You know, it's like what you do. It's kind of like welds it off or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 But it kind of uh, burns away. So instead of you creating your design, you burn out your design. <laughs> it's like, you're trying to yeah. not touch your design as you burn everything else away. Yeah. It's kind of like trimming a yard and leaving a design as opposed to actually engraving into the yard with digging right yeah something yeah. like that yeah
0: but yeah he, he showed a few ferrals that he's he's made that like i mean it's a great idea to i mean it's different it certainly doesn't have the 3d effect that the engraving does where it's carving out like
1: the buckles well jackson. well jackson will do inlays and you know because he makes buckles and so yeah, well, i've got some really slick you can get some really slick ferrals with an inlay on it that pops out which is amazing looking too like i made a whip for anthony that i just thought if i was going to make a whip for anthony here's what i'd want and uh i had it i'd be I, I finally did some inlays for anthony and it just it's gorgeous to see just having like on the pommel or the ferrule and inlay pop out is even more amazing sometimes looking than an engraving but his engraving his inlays are off the hook they're off the hook okay really. like that's a bernie that's a thundercap, but like bernie did that i don't know if you can see okay. very well to see the etching but if you, you should see a few more whips, like the punisher whip the autobot one those are all I bernies but if you look me. at them or if you pause on it, not you, but whoever, you can see the difference between like an etching if you get a close up compared to engraving. It's kind of like he did an outline of what the picture is, but then it just kind of burns away the metal and makes it f- fuzzy as opposed to engraving. Yeah, there's the. Yeah, so I'll, I doubt you can zoom in on, but as you can see, the the logo, like it's a feral and it's all silver, but all the stuff that looks gray that's not silver is him burning out the design as opposed to your engraving into the metal. So like that, yeah, that's kind of like what you call etching as opposed to engraving. And I mean, you know, it's great. He charged a lot for those. And I mean, I'm sure it's worth it. It's free time, but I remember buying those and I'll still, I think I pay as much or less with Jackson years later than I did for this for Bernie and God rest Bernie's soul, but he's not as good an engraver as Jackson. Jackson, that's all he does. And he's not a whip maker who does that. He's an engraver that makes buckles and engravings all day long. So,
0: right. Yeah. I've seen some of his stuff. Yeah. And uh, the, the whip con, actually, the, uh, the belt buckle they use there, I believe, is from, from him. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's yeah. truly stunning as well. Well, these are awesome, man. You're truly, truly a master of your craft. Um, and I, I appreciate your time here sharing so much with us and your, your passion as you've gone through all this and um, how, just how far you've come and it's exciting to see what what's coming next for you as
1: well. Um, uh, I'm looking how, forward to I'm, I'm kind of looking forward for the future of whip making. I'm really, I'm really yeah? hoping someone will, like I said, there's a fine line between people that try to make a unique whip and then also still having it to where it's unique, but functional. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know if there's too much stuff anyone else can put on there. Like, you know, I created the fader um uh the technically there there's a whip called a buckenheimer back in the day and it was uh it was like all brown in the middle is white but the problem is they connect right there in their and they'd always rip off in the middle so uh-huh. i started my fader series because i had a customer saying hey i want it like that buckenheimer and i want this strap around the handle and and, and i was like okay and i said well i, I could do it but i don't want to take all this kangaroo and switch it out in the same spot because to me no matter what in 20 30 years it's going to get weak there So that's what created the fader of me trying to fade in. So over like, you know, so, so, so much of a link of a whip, we add and drop strands, but they're not all the same spot. So it won't be so weak possibly, but that's also because it's probably cowhide in those models, but I got the fader going, you know, and I'm like, I, 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 I'm the creator of the fader whip. You know, I've seen a lot of people use them. Like someone calls it the collar flip whip and nylon and stuff. But, and I'm like, you know, if you're going to make stuff on nylon, that's great. It's not my thing, but I get upset when people do leather and are blatantly stealing my stuff. And they're saying this is their profession. And I'm like, dude, this is, I created this stuff. Like, I know I'm not Walmart and I can't sue you, but it's like, I don't just open up shop and steal your stuff. You know, and it's like, if you want to do this stuff, all you had had to do is this. I like your whips. My name's my name's so-and-so. I would love to make one of these. Can I? I'm like, sure, man. You asked right. me, you talked to me, you said you like it. I know your name. Go ahead. Like, yeah, if you want, just when you make the first one, say I made this cause I saw Blake do it and I really liked it. And okay. shout out yeah. to Blake for coming up with it. I'm like, dude, make it, make your money on it now. Go ahead. Like, right, right, You know, people just rip me off and then they're like, uh, you know, and I've had two altercation people. I'm like, Hey man, you know, this is my work. And and I'm like, nylon, I don't care, but leather, that's my thing. You know? And then they just, they just defend it. It's like, you can do whatever you didn't create the fader. I'm like, no, I didn't create the fader. I didn't create the first two-tone whip or the whip separated, but I created a fader. And now man, within the year or two, I made faders. There were like three other nylon guys doing it. You, can, right. you tar- you're seeing a lot of people turn nylons into f- collar flip whips or whatever they call them now, and right. right. that's because I made a fader. Yeah. You know, I I I, I started. I, I was really blessed at trying to let my inner geek come out. Like I started looking for those GI Joe ferals or the geek yeah. stuff I grew up with. Like when I when I started making look, like, I want to do make whips that I just want to see done because I want them done. And that's yeah. kind of how I did a lot of this stuff. And I'm like, if I like it, it'll eventually sell. Hopefully I get my money. But if I'm crazy enough to like this, someone else will buy it. And so that 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 kind of let me go around and try to make a lot of these different stuff. I'm like, what all can be done? And there's some things I didn't do that I want to do. There's some things I want to do that I realize you shouldn't do. And I think that's yeah. where it balances for people being yeah. creative is what's, you know, like they, they want to be unique and different. And I'm like, you don't have to be unique and different. There's so many people like me that's already made things more unique with leather. And there's so much stuff going on. You, you don't need to be that unique. You just have to be good. First be good. Right. First be good. Then find what makes you unique, okay. you know, but you can't be free of your way. If you haven't mastered a way to realize what, what that way is limited. Sure. But you've mastered something to know what equals Mastery so you can grow and there's a lot of Trial process but I'm looking forward to More people trying to see. like I, I think Kimono's, uh Yeah Kiano, Keanu I like yeah. that he's done some unique like I love That he tried to put kanji Japanese kanji or letters in a whip. I'm like it doesn't affect the aesthetics Other than it being aesthetical it doesn't affect the function and form of that whip and uh, like like the saber whip handles they can be a little bulky especially if you get a big long one and maybe a shorter whip or long whip there's different ways to make it better so i'm like well they can be a good whip but they're novelty they're not going to be the best whip but this is the best you can do to make a saber whip and same thing with the sword handle whips i'm like i want to try to make the best i can but would it be better than a target whip or something lighter maybe not you know there's just there's just a lot of things oh yeah is that his uh, octopus head yeah. Like, like I love what he did with that. I think he that is a it. fantastic artistic piece. Now, would it probably be the best cracker in the world? Do the handle? Maybe not. But I think that's very that's one of the most unique creative things I've ever seen. How well he did that with the collar motif, too. It's is great. Yeah. I'm not, not saying that I, I think I love seeing creative stuff and people try new things. You know what? Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. But be be ready to say it doesn't work. Like, well, it works, but you know, the weight on that thing, you know, it's it's good. There. Yeah. You know, like just because it worked once doesn't mean it needs to be your staple yet. And I'm looking forward to it. I want to find some other crafters come out and try to learn to do it by hand like me and Joe do because there's no, everyone out there doesn't really do it like I do with just a sharp blade. They use stranders and jigs and it isn't though. (laughs) I mean, I can do it. It's not, the problem is they don't put the time in. They don't put the time in to try it, but there's so much reward there like uh you you made you've made a leather whip right
0: yeah and have, I have you the made them like uh, made your whip. have
1: you done it with what i call the onion method like you ever done bernie's method
0: uh no i have not three I belly the, method nope i i've made it like the three uh, belly no bolster method the bernie method uh i i have not um most of my whips i've made well, are, are well, nylon. when
1: you do stuff well, you see, when it comes to construction stuff, they do that. They have the, where you cut it out in a big, long strand. Cause they're like, well, let's just say we're doing the overlay of our belly. My belly has six strands and it's gotta be at least six millimeters wide. at the thickest, so I cut everything out at nine millimeters and I cut everything out nine millimeters. And then I measure and I cut and I cut and I cut and I, cut, and I take those strands and I prep and I prep, you know, the time it takes them to make an eight foot whip, unless I'm wrong is like 14 to 16 hours. Right.
0: Yeah, I've heard similar numbers
1: because every know. strand needs cut. Every strand needs prep. You're wasting almost two thirds. Well, half to a third of your material on what you're lacing because you cut it out all one thickness, but it's got to come off at an angle. You know, so they're wasting right. so much hide. They, they They have to put more material in there. There's more time prepping. There's more time checking the back of your strands. And so I'm like, I can make an eight foot whip in seven, eight hours. And if you're taking 16 wow. hours to do the same thing when you're fast enough, when you're fast enough right. to do it in 16 hours, I would have made two whips. Right. Actually, sure. if I would have worked at three in a row, I might have made two and a half whips, and I'm just three hours from finishing a third one. And sure. so sure. Okay. the methods can affect how quick and how well you make things. And so, for one, one, you're wasting more material bolsters are a very important thing with whip making like the bolsters people think well ah two bollies, two bolsters same as three bellies because it's equal amount of layers I'm like no i have a belly four strands no drops that bolster covers that and i can taper that as i need and it's a smooth surface like to smash on that another belly same thing with the other bolster but if i have a belly uh, say it braids out to here well the other one has to it's chunky over it and then it's got to go to here and then i'm braiding over more hard material to get that third one right and now you one thing you want to never do is drop a strand on a braided material that causes bumps but Uh, these internal three bellies they're constantly dropping strands and they're braiding over belly dropping strands or braiding over another they're like i have all these kinks and these gaps and this i'm like well it could be it's probably your drops but it could be maybe x it could be this it could be you can give them stuff but i'm telling you that foundation is the same because it's like putting bread over my head it's like putting bread on top of bread on top of bread and thinking you could taper things smooth to the quarter and craft everything out and sculpt, but you can't. Yeah. yeah. Because it's bread with a loaf of bread with a loaf of bread. And so right. and, and it causes a lot of functions. People don't understand cause the difference, but you can't craft it as well. The fact of a bolster is me really being able to hand craft how much meat I want in there or not. It also having a braided layer over a braided layer over a braided, layer, braided layer is a lot different than a braided layer a nice round bolster, a brader layer, a nice smooth that mends into the cracks. When it smashes, it'll dense a little better and you can sculpt better with it. And it's not that hard. You just got to do it because if you do it the other way, you need to know stranding skills with a strander. Yep. Cut it out. You need to know how to prep it with your gigs, right? You've got to do other things. Use different machines for all these steps. Well, I just use a blade from beginning to end. So if I wield this, for five different steps on one whip, and you will five different tools on one whip a fifth right. of the time, my skill set just takes off while your's just slowly uh, does stuff because you do a fifth of like a stuff. skill set on each whip. okay, that's
0: that's interesting. Um, do, you, do you feel like there is a a limit to how fine of strands that free handing? would go i mean what do you uh, mean like uh like
1: Thorndike, could
0: Thorndike uh peter Thorndike could he make his 72 strand without using you know a, first a of n- all the
1: 72 strand is isn't a 72 strand whip Well, oh, that's true
0: it's a it's a handle that's true he doesn't braid it he
1: well oh, he does the, the interweave through the he sews it he sews it Ah. Oh. And that's how most of these guys handle that. So they'll wrap it, like they'll get all the strands at best, and try to wrap it around. Yeah, the spiral. Wrap yeah. it around and tighten it, or get it somewhat tight. Like they'll have the handle, and they'll wrap it around like a spiral with all the strands overlaying it, right? And right, then they'll right. weave through it one strand at a time and make sure they go on and they'll create the pattern. Because could you imagine braiding 72 strands with only like half a millimeter wide? And then how oh. are you going to go over under over under over under and over under and pull? <laughs> exactly. So, that's not a braiding that that's a sewing although it is a braiding, you see so that that 72 also then doesn't go into the the like say a bullwhip to where it's part of the it comes off and it needs a strong transition of those fine plants um i I think first of all i think an eight plat can be more than equal or superior model you don't need a 12 plat but i really don't think it's superior i love a 12 plat better for different reasons i love that the six strands are enough to make a smaller head while eight strands will make a bigger head if I don't slim them down more. So I think an eight plat can make a weaker point than a six plat. I don't think 16 plats are necessary at all. Unless you're wanting fancy two-tone work. Why have an all black 16 plat and then a 24 plat, you better be wanting some design because why (laughs) do you need 24 plat whip? So the function versus form, there's a balance there too. You know, and so like that handle's great. Peter does amazing work. I've seen the man from, was it the man from uh, Smokey or I've River. seen that in person. It's phenomenal whip. You yeah. know, in fact, to watch Adam crack it, you're like horrified every time he just cracks it. And they're like, no, don't do it. You know, but yeah. the whips are made to be cracked. And I mean, it's a beautiful whip, but you know, like that's another thing too. It's like, you know, that's not braiding. You know that is a form of braiding but he's sewing it which is amazing because you couldn't braid that and it's phenomenal what he does but again that's not function that's a form the, the keepers the only thing really functioning on that handle because it's not connected you know as a bull whip, it's a it's a stock whip sure, sure, so sure. you just need to get that keeper good that's the only thing that really takes wear because 72 strands turn into a 72 plat overlay who would do that you'd be dropping every inch if you could possibly right, be that. every every three inches you're dropping a strand <laughs> you
0: put some amazing work in the thong as well on that. Well,
1: that's, that's, yeah, that's the point of, you know, he has a whole design out. And then once he gets in there, he has to braid it through every little, all 72 strands, all yeah. in and over where he needs so he can create that amazing tap. It's a tapestry. It's not a braiding. What he makes is a tapestry. Yeah. It's a tapestry. And it's amazing. Like, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't want to do it. That would make me lose my mind. I, d- I don't want to be that guy. Like, my whole thing was about speed. You know, I, right. I see myself as like, Joe and John did, Joe would say, David would say this too. He's like, work is money, time is money. And he's like, you know, it's not that I'm a cold hearted businessman, but he's like, time is money. So when you're building stuff, time is money. You you, you want to do everything you can to functionalize. You're not wasting time on the shop. Like, you know, if you yeah. got a shipping station, make it the shipping station. You know, if you need to get your supplies, don't make it on the other side of the shop where every time I need to get something new, I'm wasting time walking back. I mean, there's ways to organize your time. But even when you're making stuff like you want to go as fast as you can, you know, s- slow is smooth and smooth can be fast. You know, and so uh, to me, you know, I think there can be better whip makers by by all means. Even if they like Steve Townsend, I think ultimately should be a better whip maker than me because he cares more and he'll slow down and take time more if he wants to. Doesn't make it a better whip all the time, though. I'm just saying I think he would because Franco's a colie. He cares oh, yeah. more about a whip and doing perfection than probably anyone i know and that's saying a lot because i know steve Townsend well to them man Franco and steve are very similar and yeah. their perfectionism um and their reserved manner um you know they're almost similar people to talk to and like i'm not i'm like i know what i 100 is of my bar and i'm not going to slow down i'm just going to have to develop the skills that can make it this high tier as fast as i can and so i'm like is it 100 of my best work Hopefully it's more like is anywhere above that 95%. I'm good. I don't mind if, okay, maybe one out of the thousand plats isn't as smooth or man, I wish, you know, this was a little bit better. here. It's still a solid piece. You know, I mean, it's an handcrafted sure, item. I'm not trying to give out junk. Don't get me wrong. But like, I know I at least want to make a 95% of what I know I can make of quality and everything, but yeah. I'm not going to spend four extra hours to negotiate maybe two percentage that the average guy wouldn't even know is wrong with it. Right. Right. You know, and so you got to find your balance of what skill you want and how much time to spend. And if you're spinning, like, like, like I can make, a, like Joe did in front of me, he says he had a 58 DM kangaroo hide. He made an eight foot Indiana Jones out of it. He only needed a little bit more for, I think it was one of the knots in the wrist loop. And he wow. could do that because the way he cuts hide, the way his method is wow. one skin, not only 58, you got an eight foot overlay both oh bellies God. and a heel knot out of that. That that's impressive. That's so impressive. when you see people are spending two to three skins <laughs> to make three bellies and an overlay yeah. and over right. a skin or two, that's waste. So you're like, well, I'm now I'm spinning just in kangaroo, say $200 instead of 110. Right. I'm spinning twice that's as long true. making it. So, well, yeah. okay. So if you sell a kangaroo bullwhip in that method, it takes you 16 hours, say two full work days. Mm-hmm. And it costs you say 200, 250 for materials, 200 materials. And it takes two work days. Well, you only made a hundred dollars a day for eight hours a day. You made ten, eleven dollars an hour. Good job for you. Do you want to do that the rest of your life? All right. And yeah. so, uh, if I can yeah. make a whip, my skills can make an eight foot in eight hours. That's what you need. Hopefully earlier, maybe later. If I make a ten foot, maybe it's an nine hour day, maybe it's a ten hour day. You know, you you can feasibly do it because I'm not wasting much product and I can get the work done. Now, if spend an extra hour or two would make it a superior product. And it caused me to do something, I would, I would change it. I'd slow down to do that. But if it's not really making that big of an improvement or changing anything to spend an extra 30 minutes doing it a different way, don't do that way. You know, find out why you're doing what you're doing and understand why it needs to be done what. Because there's certain spots that will be covered up or certain spots that won't matter as much. So learn those areas and clean up the rest.
0: Uh, do you do you feel like you need to take notes, or is this mostly in your head when you move, move from whip to whip to whip? Do you are you keeping track
1: of various things? Sculpture like that? is the best word. Like I, I mean, I know enough to what I'm doing, but I'm constantly sculpting it. So like like yeah. uh, I'll get a handle. I'll cut a core that's bigger or a little longer than I need. I'll get it set up so it's ready, but then I'll prep it and then I'll braid it and then I'll you know, braid the belly. Then I put the next bolster on, and you know I get the next bolster and belly on it. I'll I'll braid the belly. To where it ends but then i won't touch the rest of it and i'll I'll trim the bulls like as i braid over the braided material and when i come over to unbraided material i will stop to look at it to see what i want to trim to complete the desired shape of my sculpture Uh, so if i had a first belly braided in tails right like first belly and then there's tails i would braid the belly and stop on that second belly over that first belly and then i would handcraft the bolster the, the core that's left the first bolster the tails to where i want in the length and then i would continue the braid and stop now that i'm stopping my second belly i still have like maybe a piece of core maybe the first bolster sticking out and the new tails so now you put the next bolster on and then if i was a braid and overlay i would braid all the way down on the as i could on the braided material but once i get to where it's filler tails bolster i will now look at that I'll measure off whatever I need to know where eight feet is, and then I will I will craft what I need to continue the shape I get based on the bolster, the size of the diameter at that point, the bolster weight, the material on the bolster. Because sometimes right. things are thicker or not, and they're wider or not, and so you've got to kind of have an eye for it. But if you started out with that eye, and you did everything by hand and eye and a blade, and you did that for ten or twenty whips, it becomes easier. You do a hundred of them, it's easier. You you know what you're looking at from every angle of a whip, a lot better than people just kind of putting Legos together. And then when they get halfway down, like I got to resize the overlay. If you braid half a whip and you got to resize your overlay, that's like saying, hey man, I need you to do my kitchen flooring. Let's, let's put the flooring in. And he does half the room realize, oh shit, I, I measured this wrong. Are you even a floor? <laughs> that would not be professional. Now, Bernie That's had that happen in his video, but he, hes trying to teach a method, and he's trying to put in a video to teach someone a simplified method he made for a lot of reasons. If you'd ask me, explain why he did all. He says I didn't always do it like that. Yeah, just as I got older and stuff, I changed things to make my math simpler. I'm like, you made your math crazy, but he thought it made his math simpler, you know. And he did things <laughs> a certain way, but without knowing that, you know. That goes So, like uh, one of his, he had to redo it. He did math. He taught the math. I guess he braided the whip most of the way down. He's like, oh, my math was wrong. And then he re-crept it. Now, by prepping by hand, if my math was wrong, I can grab a strand and a blade and, and just prep off what I need.
0: It's right there. Yeah.
1: But if you did it their way and you use an infernal machine, unless you're using jigs at that point, you would now have to run the, pull the whip out <laughs> and run the whip through the machine, pulling the strands because you can't oh, just yeah. do it by hand. Sure. And so, like okay. So a lot of these people, in my way, are kind of making Legos and thinking it should work because they do all this mathematical equations, but they're that's I've heard one of these people talk to me about I made a comment about like, man, you shouldn't have to resize your overlay. You know, if you've done if you're a whip maker, you've been doing it, you should already figure out where the math was wrong and fixed it, right? And they said, Well, Bernie did it, he had to resize. I'm like, he resized it once or twice. How many videos do you know he resized or not? Maybe you just did on that one because his math was wrong, trying to help teach a video. Did you know that? Did you ask him that? And they're like, I resized every other whip. Like, well, not to insult you, but if you have to resize every, like, you braid a halfway down overlay, and realize the overlay is wrong, and you, you don't take it off, you have to resize them. I'm like, there's something wrong with your map. That That's not a pro to me. A pro doesn't mm-hmm. get retakes, sure. second chances. Right. They you got everyone be waiting for hours out. for them to step up and pull that take. They're waiting for hours. You got a whole crew. And if you don't step up and pull that take, you're not a pro. Get the fuck off the set. that That's what a pro right. is. And so. Wow. That's where it can be a problem. With a lot of these people, like if you have to resize your overlay, you need to fix it for the next time because you now wasted an extra hour resizing things. The tension is right. gone. You got to unbraid to get the. T- I mean, there's so much that's wrong with it. So, right. why oh, are goodness. you not fixing that? That's an yeah. obvious thing you obviously can fix. The, the math was right. wrong. Quit using the math. But you know what they do? They Lego and copy and paste the same math that isn't working. Sure. And okay. they're, yeah. they're doing it still today. It's
0: time to, to make their own way.
1: And, and, you know, he wasn't trying to teach you the right way to do it. He's like, well, here's an easy way I did for this reason, but you're going to have to fix it because he yeah. just did whatever. Like, oh, it didn't work out. Uh, that's probably my fault, but oh, well, keep filming. You wow, know, and, and, cool. and, but that, that, so again, trying to think I can cut a, like if I cut a core out on cow and I'm like, okay, here's what I want. Here's the one I'll, I'll sculpt it exactly and slice it. You know, it's perfect, like on, on, on map. Well, okay, when right. you start braiding it, when you start braiding it it's going to start mushing in different ways and stretching in different ways and it won't be the same triangle you put put out that's you know, true. But, so you've got to leave more to sculpt out if you lego it and just count on it it may work it may not it may work when the cow is this thick, it might work when the kangaroo is this thick or this type of kangaroo but now that you're relying on a math when it's not the same materials it's gonna work or it won't better or worse it'll work but that you got a hand sculpted and see it. And you can't get that if you're not doing the hand sculpting.
0: Right. Right. I, I remember on, I think it was the first whip. I, I may have, I think I even asked you about this, that the, uh, bolster was like stretching as I was braiding over it. Yes. That, so it got kind of, it was the weird so, shape so, when I got, so you probably
1: so, had more of a burrito as opposed to a taco. <laughs> like yeah, instead of it wrapping exactly. around, it was opening up like a burrito. Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. 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 So you're like, okay, well, like I said, that's why I mean, you want it fatter. You want to stretch it, then you want to craft it. But then I still need to leave a lip because you also know more. Okay, this cow's a little stretchier. Instead yeah. of it just slipping over, maybe I need to lip lip it way over, especially right on the transition because it's fatter. Maybe give a little more of a lip in this area, and it'll stretch out. And if not, as you braid it, pull it. It'll stretch through. So I mean, that that kind of comes with some experience too. Like, okay. I'll go a little bigger next time. Oh, that was too big. I mean, that's how you work this stuff. You, you get in the process, you pay attention and you, you start seeing, well, if light doesn't work, let's go hard. Hard doesn't work. What's the medium. It's all about balance. Okay. Everything's about finding the balance and the flow and the balance. Yep. And, and everything you have to have counterbalance too. So it's, same things there. It's like one thing I learned from Joe was being able to just watch him use a splitter. I know you got, yeah, we need to close this up. So we're going to no, no, One thing bad. I, I, I know since you've got know a splitter. Player. Oh, uh, he, uh, he was, when I first, I was so glad to watch him use a splitter on kangaroo in front of me because he'd say stuff and it makes sense, but I'm it And then, you know, he'd say it, but when I saw it, it made more sense, but he's like, well, what do you do for splitting? He says, well, I guess I try to get everything split down when I split things like 0.7, 0.8 millimeters for X or whatever. And he says, what you'll realize though, is just based on the kangaroo you got that you can thin some of it, but if you go too far, it weakens the hide. So once again, the answer is somewhere in between thinning it but not thin enough it weakens the hide. and it's like well different skins will different but you 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 learn that by paying attention to your product and time We're like okay that's too thin okay that's you know so you, you learn what that is and you 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 put a strand in you 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 test it i don't need to do this but you can just pull an inch off of it don't split the whole thing and be like okay that's too weak let's change it or you pull through like oh that's still a little thick let's remove a little i mean you, you can do little adjustments and go for it you don't just start ripping things through stuff all crazy you know right but it's like seeing that was good because i realized what he meant by oh that's what you meant by uh, if i if i take any more off it'll weaken the kangaroo's strength but you know uh so we're trying to find you can just do it this way yeah. or if you want to slim only slim enough that it doesn't weaken and by seeing it and testing it helped me realize i got that skill now like i he told me but i don't know why i didn't just play around with it and realize what he meant like i had to watch him do it like oh you know that's what i'm saying like sometimes there's a lot of learning process that can't be Seen or heard from a video because every we all have our own way of learning and angles of what we're not seeing to make this complete, so right, it's right. really good to have somebody doing it be like, Here's my dumb question. No, no dumb questions, just dumb people. Now it's like, No, but it's like, What's your question? and, and then answer, like, Oh man, I know why you'd have that question, let me solve it for you, you know, because right. that that one question could change it. Like, I went to see Adam the first time because I'm like, Man, I don't understand how to do uh, what is that? Simon Martin has that big routine he he does, uh, a few days. Really cool. And I'm like, you know, you have that, you have that hand, I don't think I got a stick, but you know, it's like where you bring it down. Oh, where's that? All hey, right. Okay. But you like do like this Ebenico motion and the stick, like you crack it, bring it up and crack it. So kind of like crack, pop, pop, pop. It goes back and forth. And like Adam would do this video and he'd have both of it. And, uh, he, he'd be doing this and I'm like, man, with the angle I got, I, I just don't either see where the wrist was turning over or I couldn't see the way the whips were interchanging. And so, by visiting him, I said, Show me what you got. And that just allowed me to walk behind him at like a certain angle to look at him. And by looking at him, I'm like, that's what I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing how this elbow moved in this transition. But I, if I didn't get to physically change my camera angle, I could have fixed it. And so, like, right. you know, that's why I said, like, everyone has their own problem. And it's really good not just to watch the stuff, but to be able to interact with the person be like, Here's what I don't get. And, and sometimes that little thing will just click, everything goes to place. But without yeah. you having that one mental blocker, you know, what's some of my favorite instructors? Like, you would be in there and be like, hey, man, uh, we're learning this move, but it's like, what, if, you know, what if he triangle chokes me right here, tries to knee me off? He's like, you know, it'd be something. We're like, what about this? And he'd be like, he'd look around and be like, uh, bro, do this, do this. This is why you do that. You do this. He can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. He says, but get back to work because this isn't what we're training now. Now you keep that away. Now you do what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, he would, he would not leave you with this, dude, right. I'm going to be stuck because now that you show this this, I'm just worried about how am I not going to have my neck ripped out or this Hulk just, right. crushed, you know, you know, I weighed over 220. So 220, guess what? You're on a If you're fighting, you're fighting 400 pound dudes. Right. And so okay. I'm like, why do I do this? Like, what are you doing? And so like, i always liked that. They would, he would address my, my concern and answer it really quickly. But he'd say that, but you you know, go back to this, but you got your concern. We'll talk about later, May, but like, it's not the time for now. We're, we're learning this. And the, I, the, I, I respect that because you'll get stuck worried about something or, you know, or you can't figure something out. So why you want to pay for instruction. You can't always get instruction personally. But when you can, you know, use the most. Be ready for, come prepared. Film it, record it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, don't just. We had fun. Let's go to Subway. It's a good workout. You know, it's like, no, man. I want to know everything about you, your system. I've already watched your videos, your DVDs. I've trained your stuff. I tried your stuff. Here's my situations, problems, questions, explanations. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? You know, I I would, I would just. That was my learning process because I had limited time for me to spend four or $500 to spend a day with the guy. So man, I got to come out with this. And if I don't come out with this, people are going to get hurt because I didn't learn right the first time. And that is what really shaped my training. So I get killed or hurt if I don't learn it right. So there's a big, I need to know this inside and out, not just for me, but for everyone else. What if, what if, what if they're not all me, they're not all you, you know, people are individuals. So what works for me doesn't work for everyone else. You know, and not like I'm saying, you know, like when I try to say the way I do, it does save money. It does put the hide right and it does make quicker whips. That's a fact. Am I saying everyone else is doing it wrong or whatever? I can argue why it's better my way, but I'm not trying to say you're doing it different. You're wrong because you're entitled to do whatever you want your own way. But when people come to me to say, man, but I've got a lot of these people that learn from YouTube saying, man, I'm I'm making these. It's taking me 14 hours to make a four foot whip. It's taking me. now I know I like can probably ask. What well, can? you What are you doing? I don't know your process, but can you shave off time? What time can you shave off? So I try to get them to shave off all the time they can. Like, what are you right. wasting time at? What are you doing here? Where are you feeling good? But he's like, man, I'm spending this much money on material. I'm spending wow. twelve hours making a four foot whip. I can only sell for two hundred fifty dollars. How do I live off thirty bucks for a day's worth of work? And I'm like, well, here's how you. And so I, I didn't care. I said, here's how you do a core. Here's how you do a four flat belly. Here's how you do this. Yeah. And I do that with a uh, BB handcrafted. And he's also an Austrian whip maker, not Australian, but an Austrian. And man, oh, okay. after that, he took off. I didn't spend much time. I'd help him here and there, but he'd go because it's like, that just solved my problem. It takes no time to make an intro, no time to make a belly. I'm not wasting much time. I'm getting things done quicker. I can yeah. see this is business. I'm like, I know, man, it's like, man, you want to make a project or hobbyist is great. But if you're trying to make pro tools for pro athletes or whip crackers, man, you, 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 you gotta, you have gotta have the right game, the training, you gotta build it. You know, it takes a little bit more, you right. know, and there's a lot of ways to build that, but you need to be well-rounded. Like I said, you need to have seen 20 Joe strains, 20 Paul Nolans, 20 wow. Steve Townsends, 20 day. you know, whatever you needed to see 18 Jackas and different Jacka models, different Jacka lifetime models. Cause well, his last seven years, they just got bigger and bigger until they're like clown shoes. Oh my gosh. Like I I had one of his whip. I I felt bad selling it to someone because I'm like, dude, it's 30 millimeters of the transition. Oh my gosh. That's a good size. 12 inch or 14 inch handle eight foot whip 28 to 30 millimeters. You know how heavy that beast was? It was a bat. I I bet. I bet so. (laughs) Wow. But that all happened because of Terry Jacker was with Hill and and they made him for David Morgan. And then around kingdom four came out, he was making them on his own and, he felt like Americans were wanting these thicker and thicker bull whips. So he just started making them heavier because probably what he was making was a little too light for an Indy, more of an Australian. And right. eventually he just started, whenever he made a bull whip, it was always American. They just got bigger and bigger till they're clown shoes. Wow. You know, in the last and few years. Yours
0: uh, and Joe's are, are what, twenty twenty-two on the, at the handle?
1: Well, if you're trying to make a Raiders, like Joe could pull that, that um, like 22 at the transition without a splitter. And that that blew my mind because if you if you don't split anything and do the right construction method of Joe's or Morgan's, and you don't split anything and every say everything's like a millimeter thick, it should be about 24 millimeters. Okay. But if things get split a little, hides a little thinner, a little thicker, it could go up. So to like hit the 22, there's a couple things to do. But you know, you 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 gotta hope that your cow is a millimeter or less because it should be about 23 millimeters to 24 automatically, but if you've got, you know, millimeter point two on all your layers, you just added two yeah. millimeters, and what should have been twenty two is twenty four by the time you put your cow, your kangaroo, and all that. So yeah. Joe would do it do it without any splitter. I said, man, when did you, you know, how long you use a splitter? He said, Man, I am a splitter that wrong. And this was probably like a few years before he retired, or like the last few years. He says, man, I just got a splitter like four years ago. He's like, I barely had a splitter. Because I find it helps two tone work to even out the overlay a bit to match them up on occasion. But he's like, I didn't use a splitter for like most of my career, seventeen years. Wow. Oh. Okay. And I'm like how did you get it down? To t- how'd you do the toy toys? Man, I choose my hides well. I know where yeah. my belly starts, the yoke, how to look where to put it, also to tell where it thinner is so that it'll be smaller there. Wow. You know, and so yeah. like it can be done without a splitter. You can get that classic 28th anniversary Raiders that's right. sparks fault, you know it's rush hour the reason you have that whip is because the, the the director from rush hour sparks robert sparks he okay. uh he was uh he'd use joe strain whips in rush hour rush hour two and some other movies and so i have talked to him on the phone a couple of times and he's like know, he, he let me know he's the guy that had Joe do the twenty eighth anniversary but he's like hey i want this raiders look because somebody got on line and measured that 22 20 and oh, this right. and he's like and so it's the 28th anniversary of raiders and he's like would you make more he's like yeah I might as well make for as my might, might as well make it a model so that 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 whip only exists because robert sparks who made rush hour kept you know oh, bothering joe to get this back in there and you know joe didn't care he's like you know i know on that one he probably tried to make sure as done as possible but if you got one of those and it was 23 instead of 22 do you think joe would care probably not no he wanted he would not care he would not care you know like yeah. i i brought some crazy things to him before about like these i got customers that are like man i want to be red, but really bright red or i want to be so bright natural it's like white and i'm like i can't affect the 10 shades of natural i get from either the dye job the age of the kangaroo you yeah. know and then depending on if you stretch it in hot water or not and how many oils you lose if you don't stretch it right it's like you can't really dictate that and he, and i was like hey would you do anything crazy to like you know, instead of using your plating soap, try Bickmore, some other things like maintain the collar for a whip, for a customer asked, And he looked at me and says, no. He's, just <laughs> doing that for He's like, I'm making sure my whip is a great product that comes out. And I'm not going to compromise my quality because you think the shade of red or natural should be a little brighter or not. I'll make him the whip and send it to him. He is more than capable of returning to me if he doesn't like it.
0: Nice. Like, I, I think that's a, a great way us to ask how if somebody wanted to have you make a great whip for them they could do so
1: they are running out of time they are they They are um i i was hoping by the end of this year to hopefully find another side job i mean i don't want to be working mcdonald's and stuff nothing against that i work Side, martial arts, I did side jobs. I tried factory jobs, I did now delivery. I worked at a meat. I worked as a meat guy for two weeks, cutting up meats. what do you call it, a bait or not a bait, what do you call the meat guy you know the uh, the dally. you know I've, I've, I've tried oh, different yeah. jobs, and like I don't want a job like that possible. The whole point is hopefully not. So I'm trying to find something that I will do that I will enjoy and hopefully learn a skill set because yeah. you're gonna work, find a skill set you can learn at the job. So when you leave, you're educated. And so I'm, I'm maybe probably fine. Make, I don't want to do Jiffy Lou, but if I can find a mechanic, like I said, I would scholarship for three months knowing I get paid and could be trained in my, my job. It's worth it to me giving three months uh, wow. being around this guy and learn what I can so I'm qualified. You know, I, I have no problem with that stuff because I'll make myself live and but I, I will create opportunities that way. You know, like that, hey, that, you that, want a free guy to work great. for you. I'll do anything you want. And they're like, are yeah. you kidding me? You prove yourself for a week. We'll see where it goes. And they start seeing, I keep yeah. coming back. I'm the most jolly guy. I keep people happy. I'm taking care of people. They're like, all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. I, I want to move out of that. So I kind of put a post up about, you know, I've got two years left. And when I retire, I'm thinking I'm, I'm not fully retired because, man, I, depending on the job I get, I, I'm, it's going to be financially hard to start a lower paying new job to, to go into a new sure. occupation. Right. Right. You know, I'm not really sure what direction, but I got a few places I'm thinking, well, if not this, maybe this, I got a couple ideas. I really don't want to go back to teaching martial arts, maybe privately, maybe not. Like I don't want to deal with it because I, I, I want to make sure it's the right student. I don't want to waste my time for anyone not serious anymore. I'm not going to waste my right. time teaching someone who, when I show them something, when they come back, they're not better than I last saw them. If they're just as good or worse, I don't need to train your ass anymore because right. my teacher taught me 25 stick patterns. When I came back two days later, I had blisters and I could barely use my hand because the hours I spent in those two days when I wasn't at school uh, to go to that academy, I had blisters all around this thing. He said, "You really worked that stick." And he said, "I have not stopped since you taught it to me. I've spent hours a day, every night, to learn what you got." And I was everyone's every martial arts <laughs> teacher's favorite student because I, I, I came as a good a good samurai right. for sure, and I wanted to learn. I wanted to. And so, man, that, that goes a far way, that mentality of I'm going to grind this so when I, I know it enough to know I did wrong so you, your teaching can help me. I'm not going to yeah. show up and have to have you repeat these 25 patterns you taught on day one. I should yeah. know them by the time I show back. And I, so I don't think martial arts would be it unless somebody really wants it. I teach a lot of martial arts on a lot of levels, but I want a student that that makes it worth it. Like like I I, 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 <laughs> I grew up being trained by Johnny from Cobra Kai. A lot of times we had a lot of rough, terrible people I learned from, in a lot of systems where you could just tell they kill you, and they wouldn't care if they killed you because they've had that type of life. Like these instructors. You don't mean nothing to them. Like literally, they could kill you in a fight. They don't care. Like they, you can see how cold they are. And I've had really great saints I've learned from. I mean, I've been around the block. but I had a lot of Johnnies I learned from, right. and I have had a couple Miyagi, so to speak. <laughs> and as I get, you know, as I get older, I understand. That, you know, I always know I need the purpose of handling Johnnies because they're not all Miyagis out there, you know. But like as I got older, I'm like, I see Mister Miyagi now. It's like you put in work. You start standing my fucking thing. <laughs> you start watching my cars. I mean, I, I'm going to hand you what I had to struggle for. I just need to see that you're working for it. I need to see the effort yeah. you're going to put in to earn this because when you give it to free, it's gone. My instructors say, you know what the difference between a protege and a parasite Blake? It's like a parasite wants what you have. A protege wants what you know, and you can tell who, who's who in your Academy by who wants what you know compared to who thinks, well, if I had Blake's, training under joe and i i of course i'd be the best you know a really good whip maker and it's like oh so you can just take over my academy and teach this class you think just because i am the one in front of the class and i pay you you could pay these bills and you can talk go ahead all 30 of them will have fun sparring you that day let's see how well you do you know right. and it's that's like cute. i think a lot but I've that's the parasite that. versus uh protege okay. yeah. your parent yeah. side just thinks man i was in charge i'd just be my place It'd be way better than if you did it but they don't do anything and the he just wants to know what you know because he sees what you can offer he's like i need that i want that skill set you know and so the more you give away to these parasites for free the, and i had a guy one time was even a qualified black belt he's a brown belt uh at an academy i was renting space out of one time and i mm-hmm. guess this girl that had been martial arts 20 years started going there and they started getting together they didn't even finish their black belt program although they're both brown belts with the, the guy at the academy but he started training with me too he actually moved Across the street where I can lean on our academy and see his new shots and he's B- BJJ, Jeet Kune do, karate, over 25 years experience, meaning oh, that girl trained 20 years ago for a year or two, quit, 20 years later, finished her year. That's not 25 years experience, but people will do that. Right, yeah. it's a, And across a shady, the street, but... ripping off my product. <laughs> and oh, that, my and that was a guy that I spent nine months helping. On the side, he barely paid for classes and I helped him for free. And, and a lot of times I've talked to a lot of Muay Thai instructors, boxers, being people all over the place I've spent time with. And they're like, yeah, it's funny, right? Well, it's like an instructor thing. You're right. The guys who usually give the most to most free because they're victim story, they're the first to turn shop and actually screw you over. Because like, they're not putting any skin in the game. You know, my my instructor says we charge $150 a month. You know why? So every time you miss a class, you know that you're losing money. So that you want to be in here, and I can protect your investment to become what you want. And I'm like, I kind of get that now, but you know, it didn't bother me. I didn't care what I had to pay. I would I would have trimmed toenails i would have done anything for that place i would have scrubbed anything if i could just teach yeah. martial arts i mean i didn't even know you could take martial arts for like till i was 16 and i just knew i wanted it i'm like there's just no way to learn it like who do i gotta steal a samurai sword of until they adopt me as you know their son to help teach their son kumite like who? who what samurai sword i gotta steal around here who's got i break into how do i get taught and when i found wow. out i could just pay someone it's money and out. go i'm like wow. the price don't matter i just know what i need to know i don't give a about price 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 doesn't matter that gets you on my table i can just pay you and you teach me that's amazing and that's you know, you know why to, why don't you pay that right? you know, like why wouldn't you if it did cost two thousand dollars to say visit joe for a day is it not worth two thousand dollars to see joe for a day film right. training study you know yeah, definitely no if if you're or you're spend a couple of days there a few days stay in his house or even you couldn't stay in his house but you just showed up for a good eight hour shift two days ago why would you not do it and a lot of people don't recognize opportunity and they also don't know how to maybe then also create opportunity. And they also don't know how to, the main thing is capitalize on any opportunity. Cause a lot of times they just see, well, this is what I'm losing and all this is what it takes for me to give up $2,000 freely. And I get that. I get that, man. I live sometimes month to month, weekly week myself, you know? And I'm like, yeah. I get that. But what are you getting out of that? Do You not see what you will get out of that. You know, like, like it's sad that, I've seen Joe two times personally for four days in a row or whatever. And I'm probably the leading authority on what Joe strain does on a whip. Why is it? Yeah. you know, his sons are good, but they're not really getting into it. But like, no, cause no one has bothered, talk to him, setting it up and spending the time with him. He's helped a few people to learn whips here and there, but it's not there and they're not doing it. And now they can't, <laughs> right, <laughs> but it's yeah. like, it's going on with me. Like I said, I want to be gone. I want to be done in a year and just work on custom orders or yep. orders like I, I i want to eliminate everything from my website and if i get to the point where you finally see there's no more paypal options that means i'm where i want to be and people can email me about a whip i'm going to leave it up for a long time and i might pick up but i'm also going to be able to refuse like no i'm not making that whip for you no i'm not doing yeah. this no i'm done i'm not doing any and every order which i've done i'm not doing repairs anymore i'm not doing this anymore i mean i i ended up filling in that's another thing to get bigger i did all the repairs anybody wanted. Oh. and i learned to take up any and everything that i thought you need to be a whip maker a lot of people won't do that they will not repair someone's cowhide or kangaroo whip from they won't do that <laughs> and i'm yeah. like i might well figure out that's part of the job right and i now don't want to do it anymore but i would take whatever i could that helped got a customer like i said i trade whips other whip makers i would sell their whip right off the bat like your friend i had no problem because it got my whip in their hand i got to try their whip not in my money back for another floater whipper to move on Right. You know, but I got the experience of those whips and your craftsmanship and now I can talk or understand what you do. That's great. So I want to take too offense to it, you know, because like I made 5,000 whips. I'm surprised. I don't see more of my whips on sale more like right. every year, at least on Facebook or eBay. There's probably five to sell, maybe more five or 10 to my sell in a year on eBay, Facebook similar. I'm surprised there's not more of my whips selling. And I'm glad of that, Same. but they will, but them. you know, but, but I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to not making anymore and just allowing to pick what I can. And so yeah. hopefully by the end of the year, I can drop all my options. And when the PayPal's are gone, if you're not already a customer, if you have not already bought a whip from me, I'm I'm probably going to 95%. I'm going to tell you no. Wow. So you're if you come that. into whip making next year and you say, man, I wanted a lake brooding, you're going to be buying a used, or you're going to have to convince me very kindly, not hard, but at least show me your human being. Yeah. <laughs> your email and talk to me, <laughs> and then I, might, I I might let it twist my arm. You know, right. I might let it twist my arm, but I want to get cut down to where only out of the I don't know what five thousand whips, I probably have thirty five hundred different customers. Um, I've got my whips in eighty different countries. Oh you know, uh, Will Roberts uses Anthony Longus. Um, Luke Rollins, uh, Kindle Wells, uh, I've got them in Cirque des Soleils, four or five of those. I got burlesque entertainers in Europe. I got circuses in Europe. I got Six Planets. I had indie show. I got, I got, I got, wh- I got whips all over the place, and I've, I've got multiple TV shows, a couple movies in there. I still got some possibly common Like I just okay. sold one to, like I just made a whip that I can't even tell you who I sold it to. Cause they're eventually going to put it into a show and the show should be really cool, but you can't let that out. And right, so yeah. two years later when the show comes up, you're like, yeah, I did that. And like, isn't that cool? I'm like, no, it's two years ago. You know, it's like to, to sit on a secret for two years and not tell anyone oh, by the time it's no. time I'm like, dude, I'm over it. I've already done this and like, I'm over it. And right. so the weird thing about making props for movies and TVs, you don't even get to enjoy it. You can't even oh. say anything about it until it's done. And it's in public, and then once it's in public, it's like you know, it's like dude, that was six months ago, that was a year ago when I made that for that set,
0: right? You know, yeah. Well, that's probably hard you know? for some actors too to like um, Hayden Christensen and stuff, like going back and interviewing about when he was did something ten years ago or or
1: whatever in any other child. Well, but well, like, like Will Roberts right? just did Oppenheimer, right? I don't know if you know who Will Roberts I- is yeah look into Will roberts he's uh he does some whip cracking but he's he, he was with luke rollins in the elvis show and he uh he does rope and a lot of gun spinning but um he he uh he's been trying to get some of my whips and moves the past few years and he finally got the redeemer so he made the show the redeemer at least we've heard about it but think about it like so the redeemer was made in 2022 on for netflix why doesn't netflix have it released so that could not even air even though he said i did some great whip stuff i was a badass gun shooting assassin with whips and stuff he said i know we shot some good footage i know we did but where is it and so that could actually disappear and never come out hollywood will make a lot of films that don't even come out so imagine you're like i finally got an action role i finally got to be the hitman I finally got to be this really cool you know like uh like what, what is a uh, yellowstone you know what's his name rip from Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. like I'm rip from yellowstone and then it's like oh never mind you did the movie but now you won't be a star because we're not airing it and like that was like oh no uh, you know it's yeah. like being on star wars and they cancel it because disney ruined it you know it's just <laughs> so there's a lot of that that goes on so yeah you wait forever to get it out but it's also like dude you may have done the best stuff ever and now what would have launched you never launched you right you know i'm oh, glad will got oppenheimer it's a great role you know but it's like things like that you've been doing movies forever and you may have not even see them even though you worked on it with like known actors like you'd be working robbie down and gina that movie may never see the deadline of the day still may not if it misses its time in its window and it affects the current release releases the cinema and it's yep. going in a different direction it just doesn't come out they do that comedies
0: all the time right yeah i bet so because the tastes on those change quite a bit like too. jack
1: black so like chris pratt all of a sudden is everywhere i love chris pratt from parks and recs but it turned out that jurassic world came out the same time um what was his other big hit uh guardians of the galaxy came out oh, yeah and i was right. watching them talk about him the directors are like well we picked chris pratt because we thought he had the chops and believe me the fact that he just did guardians of the galaxy is the number one hit and then we released you know, Jurassic Park. We're like, right. wow, that like that made it sell even more than we thought because we didn't know we had what we had. We knew what we had. We're making it, but we didn't know that was going to happen, which made Jurassic World even go more because about like Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. And, and so it's happened like that. Somehow. Yeah. But like he probably made that one, uh, you know, a year before it came out and maybe he made that one six months before it came out, but they released so close together to launch it. So now let's do passengers. Let's. So a lot of these stars have multiple movies and different lights ready to go when they know they're going to really push this to get all our money and take over and right, brainwashes, right. so to speak. And then they'll launch the right ones to increase that effect and budget. So some of them just get dropped. Some of them don't. Wow. And if that guy just fizzles, maybe he got caught with his pants down somewhere and now they don't release those movies because they know they're not going to make maximum money back on their returns. So that's it, why Hollywood, another reason why Hollywood's crazy. When you get in Hollywood, you realize just how crazy it is for different reasons.
0: I've heard two different whip makers that i've spoken to within the last two weeks mention that one of their personal goals is to have a whip in a movie or tv show yeah um do you have any any tips for if they want to break into that that industry as well to be prop- first of
1: all a- make an excellent whip okay <laughs> okay yes yeah, definitely make, one make sure. a whip that the professionals want to use
0: okay that that's because that
1: I, like I said before you can put wrapping paper on a turd but at the end of the day you're just you just have a turd you know so right. you know first of all make 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 probably peace get your you know um, one thing paul nolan mentioned me back in the day when i was starting off he's just like uh, a good thing he thought was good is get your whips into whip good famous whip cracker hands oh. you know, that's why people send like adam winrich free whips all the time or anthony people send anthony free whips so that he cracks it and they get their advertising and I'm like, I don't agree with that, that mentality. I'm not going to give one of my whips away for free. I don't care who's cracking it. Okay. Interesting. Do you want to be an equal with the best or do you want to be their, their, their whipping boy? Right. Okay. Good point. Do you want to actually know that Anthony's buying whips off me and making his customers pay top price to me, or would you rather me do all, would you rather do that for free or for like, just profit or just, right? well, he gets to use it. And I'm like, no, there's an equal ground here. And, and, and people well well not that you want to be an aggressive jerk but like you've got to be a relationship there's got to, there's no relationship or the lack of relationship creates a relationship yeah so like i wanted at a stock whips match set of atoms and when i first talked about it it would have been great if i could have he would have wanted to whip me but i didn't think he would but like i knew i needed like oh man i'm making whips like i need some synthetic nylon stock whips because i really want to start mastering your routines so i said i want x what would you buy? How much do you charge it? And so he's like, "Oh, well, that'll be like four hundred fifty bucks." He's but like, I'll tell you, wow, why don't you just make me eight foot, an eight foot uh, kangaroo whip? So that's how I first started trading with him. But I went there ready to buy it off of him because I want to crack whips and I wanted to crack the whips he had. I wanted to know, well, if this is what you like a whip, and you're this great Adam Winrich that can do all these interviews. I need to do. I need to use the tools you use so I know what's user error and what's not. Yeah. Another reason you buy high-end products even though you're going to destroy that guitar car you need to know what's user error and what's not yeah absolutely because if you're using the right products and it ain't working we know it's not the right products (laughs) right and so uh, adam offered that to me and so we traded up a few but that helped i always wanted i like that precedent you know like i'll trade but i'm not you know or i'll buy but i'm not going to do my work for free and and you got you know a lot of people that will have youtubes and they'll want to have advertising and it is it's not wrong to send your whips out but to give a whip to some unknown person that's not adam or doesn't have a big career and then do it for free he may make your whip look so bad at cracking it because whoever this guy is sucks that he does more damage for your company than good i tell people it's your whip you do what you want you know, yeah. like I I don't like posting who buys my whips. Like I say some here, it's no secret, but I, I don't post who buys my whips. I think it's wrong to use their name when you're selling, you sold a whip. That's their personal business. They want to try my whip. Maybe they want to try my whip so they can insult it and rip it apart or yeah. learn from it or whatever. They can do whatever. The moment they buy it, it's theirs. I don't care what they do with it, but they may want to buy it. Whatever reason, they, they don't need to know. Like say Paul Nolan never bought a whip of mine. He's seen some I sold through his website, but it's like Paul Nolan, if he bought one of my whips, who wouldn't be like, Paul Nolan just bought a, one of my whips. My must be awesome. And it's like, man, that's not the way to do that. He bought it for whatever reason, but it probably ain't because he thinks you're awesome. You know, sure. like Adam, Adam is always looking, Adam Winrich is always looking for new whip makers because they don't last or they have yeah. their own limits. And so he's always trying and encouraging new whip makers because, his whip makers have died and retired and he's been around this for so many years. He's got to keep that going, you yeah, know, and that's yeah, good. Nothing that's wrong good. with it. But if you want to get in the movies and like I said, it's similar to dealing with these people. you got to, you got to get your whips into whip crackers, hands that are good whip crackers. Mm-hmm. And again, when I first uh, got a visit, Adam, I don't know if this was before or after we traded, but when I said, do you do private hours? I mean, I'm sitting <laughs> online a and like he does private hours. Adam Windrich is like, so I'm like, hey, Adam, how many shares of private hours? He's like 60 bucks. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I didn't say anything. I about dropped my job. Only 60 bucks. Dude, I spent a hundred dollars a private hour for martial arts. And that's 1994. My wow. instructor charges, my instructor, Marcelo, who I, who I was, uh, his right-hand man, when he moved to America, he charges $250 for a private hour. Whoa. So I'm like, hey, Adam, how about I buy three hours off you right now? <laughs> now exactly. that I paid for services showed that i made him money i respected him and so when we started the relationship and built off a better one then will you crack my whips for free i'll give you my awesome whip for free if you crack it and make a video it's like man he don't want your whips i mean he may make some money here and there but you know it's like not that he doesn't do it but that mentality creates a lower mentality so sure. i want to know that the boys yeah. know who i am because i am who i am not because i give stuff away for free right now i have i don't mind maybe helping out here but you are not gonna make it thinking by me being extra generous, people like me. You gotta have the skill, you gotta have the drive, and you gotta be able to commit. You gotta be able to do stuff. Like I work for stage props, like uh, what was that TV show? Uh See? Underground Railroad or something. Oh uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And so like uh I got set up for some different whips, like we need X, we need X, we need X. And I'm like, okay, you're good, right? And then I'm I, luckily I had a black skin in, but then I got a call and Todd Rex is like, Hey man, we're about to film and it's like, dude, the stump coordinator on this is this crappy whip from 300 or whatever and he's like oh we're gonna use this like it's a piece of crap black whip it's ugly it's <laughs> you can't use it it will screw up all we're doing and he says they want to know if you can make a whip and, and get it to us tomorrow and i said well if i start now i said steve's coming out i'll get started me and steve tag team eight foot bull whip in five and a half hours mailed out overnight got it to him and got in the show with this crap whip how many people can do that Whoa, yeah. how many people can do that now that don't no, happen no, a lot where you get that little time to do stuff but If it takes you two days to make a whip, how can you work in this high fashion position or the high profile position of that level if you can't? You don't got the chops. I don't. I'm glad you make a great whip, but it takes you three days. You ain't making no rush order of twelve whips in eight days for these for this company. You cannot make your twelve whips in eight days.
0: You you know, and so. Huh? Didn't you have to do something similar for the show C?
1: Yeah, like, like they, they originally ordered, I don't know what they ordered, 10 whips? Like like 10 different whips and then, then I got it and they were like hey man, we got this real great idea for this scene it's a shame the whips didn't work in that I mean they were supposed to use whips for so much more like the whole world was going to be the whip show that, like the todd rex like dude i got 30 different people i'm training with whips i'm just teaching them how to do whips but i got like two dancers two acrobats two wwe two marshals like i got 30 people that do everything like they're the best at what they do i show them cracking and they come back and watch this i can do this ramp while i do a spin kick and then doing this they're like they're just like my idea is bouncing it's gonna be great you know they, they got all these whips ready to go he's training people they're like man we got this great idea for the whip scene i don't know if you saw the first episode. but i only watched the yeah, first episode, and I quit. I that want to watch sense. more, but after watching the first episode, I was just so disgusted with it. And, like, we got this idea in my head when they presented, like, we got this whip wall scene where there's all these whip masters, these six whip masters on this wall, and they all on these two whips. So it's like, can you make? And it's, it's, it's like they have this scene, they're going to be fighting. And what they did in the movie is they just put like gears of metal and they use them like flails to swing down. And so if you see things, they got whips, but as people are the blind people trying to get up that hill, they're throwing these flails, like big metal gears, into the their whips, smashing people in so there actually is more whips in there than you see but they're not used like whips and they're like hey man we, we they want to know and i said i know it's impossible he said i know it's possible they want these six matches these 12 whips done in eight days and it's like we know it's not possible i try to explain to them it's not possible they want you to make as many as you can and we'll just go with that I did it in seven and halfway through that order, somebody reminded me I was supposed to make a 12 foot whip form in two days and I didn't get it done. I forgot about it. Oh, so no. in the middle of me making those 12 whips in, in, in seven days, not eight, I had to make a 12 footer in between that. I My fingers are destroyed. I was worn out. It was a lot. That was one of the first times I really felt the toll. of just okay. like, dude, I, I can feel my life expectancy in the next years. What's going to happen to my body after you work that hard on something that fast and that wow. much going. My goodness! But, but they want to get in Whipcracker's hands. I mean, would it would be yep. great to get to know Anthony. Great. Well, if you live in California, go to Combat Con. Okay. Call him. Hey, do you do private lessons? How much for me to pay for a private hour of you teaching me whips? Go meet him and do it. Like I'm in Indiana, man. I can't make that trip. That that's right. at least a thousand dollars just to fly there. Maybe have a hotel for my room with Anthony. I mean, i stayed at Anthony's house for a week, you know. But like, otherwise, you're paying for hotels and other stuff, you know. So, yeah. you know, it's like find out the best do your research think about it try to talk to the best maybe you can't get the best but they're like you know someone will open up to you but don't be overbearing be respectful and kind nurture it don't come in hot you know get to know the person relate you know a lot of that will happen um like western stage props is um I always thought my first TV or movie would be because of Western stage props, because that's how Paul got a lot of his back and way. Cause he was a stage props and Joe was with stage props. And so like Lone Ranger come in, it was yeah. through stage props to Joe stage props forgets that they sent it to Joe. Paul gets the backup on that one. <laughs> they call, "Hey, Paul, right, we need right. more whips." It wasn't his. It was made the way. It's like I really thought it'd come through stage props. And uh, Joe recommended I I try stage props. That's what got me into sending my whips to stage props. He's like, "Hey, why don't you just try man?" And um, but it never went through stage props. It happened to be my whips in Todd Rex's hands, and him being in the business and getting opportunities. Um, uh, God kind of led Anthony my way through a lot of different ways where we connected, and so Anthony got got a couple movies. Um, you know, just. If you know, if if you're wise enough, to know Anthony can teach you, and Anthony can help you with it, get a whip in Anthony's hand. But. Yeah. But again, people think oh, I'll just get a whip in his hand. It's great. Like he gets a lot of whips, unless I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm sure he gets a lot of whips throughout a year. Yeah, he gets to leave right. a handful of whips free for a year because he'll say, "Hey, nice whip, partner. I like what you're doing." He's just very friendly and co- they got like, and then they'll they gonna probably message like, "Hey, man, you want to try one free?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll check it out." And he'll do it. And then a lot of people will give it free because they want, man. If you can give me a video of it, and it's like it probably is worth for three- your nylon, especially. It's worth a couple hundred dollars for your product. Sure. I mean Anthony's hand, and maybe he films a video for you. That would, that could, could yeah. help your business. But I've never self-promoted any of those videos I've got from Anthony. And them, I've never put those out. Anthony, I can get a couple of Adam here and there because we've hung it out a lot, and it's like, hey, he's cracking my saber yeah. whip. Looks good. But a lot of stuff I would never put or publish. I thought it was uh, bad business manners to say who you're giving your whips from or to show that stuff off. That's not up to me. If, if Todd Rex wants to show off my whips and make a video, where these guys are, it's up to them, not me. And okay. I, think I think that's one that's of the great. professionalism yeah. that a lot of people don't have. And while may, it may seem weird or counterintuitive to basic people, it changes everything. Right. You know, like Anthony, I have traded some whips for some DVDs and kind of equaled out a bit here, but he generally, if he, if I'm getting a whip in Anthony's hand, he's paying for it. His stars are yeah. paying for it. I'm not, I'm not giving them for free Well, right. everyone else I'll see like, I've, I've heard a few this year. I'm like, he just gave that to free and Anthony ends up throwing it like passing it on or giving it to someone or sell Jeep to someone. He doesn't keep a lot of whips. I've seen yeah. his collection. He, he has what he immediately uses a bunch of old jackas from crystal skull days that were there from him being on crystal skulls. Oh, He's got so the one he had. He like, he went there with whips, but he said he had Jacka, didn't know he's making when he's telling Jack what to make because Joe already had the bid, which is stupid. Joe already had the whips. Harrison right. Ford made a comment. Whips got turned to Jacka. He couldn't tell Jacka what he was making it for. He had to kind of translate what he had to make it on and change the way he wanted it. And so then he had Jacka make a couple after because, well, I helped teach Harrison for a day and the whips are used, I want those whips in it. So he has a few of those. He's got some of whips after the years, various stuff, but he's rough and he uses them in dirt and grass and other surfaces. Yeah they, they're, he has to they're, they're they're going to fall apart they're going to get destroyed more um you know he has he, you know he'll go through them a bit more just like the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular they will burn through 10 whips 12 whips in two years you wow. know it's they just the rough the rough surface they're dragging on it the power cracking yeah. but you know people give a lot of free stuff to it's great do that you should have that but I'm also like did he buy one off you yet I'm like did he ask for a second whip are you still doing it for free i'm telling you i don't know what that is i'm not saying about anthony but i'm like man you're, you're not making any money you want to keep giving whips give whips you better use your advertising then but i'm like i don't say what anthony he does love it. i rarely mention it's for the maestro like i have done it a few times like hey it's for anthony i hope you like it for your students but i, I kind of don't like doing it i've only done it recently because i just kind of been a little uh like you know what i'm tired of ways some but i feel like some whip makers are kind of like you know what i'll, I'll stress my i'll, I'll flex my flex my arm a little bit i'll be like yeah man it's going to the master and the students right. you know that's like funny. uh he had me make Mary a christmas present i i sold it very, more of a discounted price but we traded or sold for or paid for it and i mean i, but I didn't say hey this is going merry as a christmas present you know i didn't write that i would love to you know but you just don't do that stuff you know and i think that's yeah. also helped the professionalism because people don't want to know I spent $400 on his whips for whatever reason. They don't even know what I'm spending my money on. I wouldn't want a customer to know what I'm spending on. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of lack of professionalism in the whip, whip world, as far as whip makers, like I said, I'm no problem with whipcrackers. crackers, whip makers are my problem. And I think again, a lot of it is they don't have the, the they, they don't have or have bothered studying once they got into all the things they, they didn't know what they would get into by creating a business. Cause it has nothing. Some of my problems don't get me wrong. I have to do whip construction and other stuff, but it's a business. And if you're being a business, it's not like being a hobbyist. You have to get an education. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like when, it, like I made sure w- when you, advertise? Do you do you, do make whips regularly? I, maybe one a month. Okay. So do you no. ever make like two or three in a row and you had like, say three posts to show off at once?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do. Did
1: you show all three whips in one post? Uh, not usually. No. Okay. Well, see, so you had three done at the same day. Would you take three individual spreads and separate them for three days or show all three in one big opening? One big post.
0: I I don't know. I think I've probably done both over time. But usually, I try to. Whenever I'm done with it, I just post what I have. Sometimes I'll make three posts. But so if I made nine
1: whips and made one post, guess how much advertising I lost? I lost eight other ads. Yeah, that's a good point. Now prime time on phones. Everybody gets off work at five, right? But we're in America, right? So I'd say if I'm doing the American market between five, six, seven, and eight are the number one hours to drop post. Like, like my like, I'm an Eastern Standard. So like, even though it's five o'clock, my time, it's six o'clock on the coast, and it's about to turn seven here. So I'll wait till like six o'clock or seven to post. So that three fourths of the country have a chance of seeing it on that feed on the prime time hours of being off work. Don't do it during the day. I I try to pay attention to all these little things that people don't realize on business. Like when is the optimal time to post? What days are more optimal to post? Well, it's coming out on Friday. Problem is if you're posting on Friday, they already spent their paycheck. (laughs) That's true. Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday fluff them. You know, fluff the ads, be ready for it. And like, I, I, so it's a business. So you got to look at the whole business. What's my time? How long does it take me to make a whip? Where's my time into making that whip? What part of the process takes long? I mean, you need to see it as a business. You're going to grow from it. Right. And the biggest problem is lack of business. And I just saying, maybe they don't make the best whips and, you know, whatever, but it's like, the it's not about being a better whip maker to be a better businessman. You have to learn the business. Better yeah. like you make your your pictures twenty percent better. You make your angles twenty percent better. You advertise twenty percent better. It all comes back bigger. You you know. Yeah. But if it's a business, that's not a craft. Now your craft is a business, but you have to do both. So a lot of people are just failing on the business, and and like so that's where they become parasitic instead of protegeic. They're like, mm-hmm. man, if only I blah blah blah, I'd be where Blake said. I'm like, you don't want to do what Blake did. I guarantee you, you're not pulling five hundred kangaroo whips out in a year. No. Uh, let's see it i, I couldn't physically my god no, it i about broke me man you know and and i had to push that hard for a while so i'm like hey and and i think when that 500 went on i i think i even had a part-time job teaching martial arts in the evenings so yeah. you know it's just like I work, I work crazy i woke up i worked i taught i came back i worked some more and i had to deal with that for a while so you know it it looks very green and it can be And if, and if, let's just say I was a good pinnacle of, I was an example of a good whip maker out there, or I'm an example of a somewhat successful whip maker, or I know I've kind of done my rounds, but I'm just saying, why don't people then contact me to learn from me on all that? So they can have that. Right. Why don't they? And I'm, I'm pretty open, but you got to talk to me like a human being. Like I said, a lot of times I'll get a message from no one I've ever met. And it's an email saying, how did you make this? Tell me how to do it right now. I'm like, I don't even know your name, dude. Right. You didn't say hello. And, and so that's why I say you, you can't be a text message drone, have an honest, open letter saying, man, whoever it is, Joe, I love your work. I I'm interested in whip making. Hey, thanks You're communicating what this is all about. (laughs) I love this product. I've made whips, but I don't want to make the product. Can you help me explain what you did there? I would probably tell them anything they wanted. If they just let me know their name and that they're human being and said, hello to me. And I get a lot of stuff that regularly of just demanding awesome. because they learn on YouTube it should be free and easy all the time, and I yeah. just give them whatever for free because they asked. Man, and that's pretty prevalent out. in the whip making world. Like different people besides me have made some creative stuff, and some of the people who made creative stuff got ripped off by people. Now, when their friends rip me off, they're like, "Who cares?" When they get ripped off, they're like, "That's bullshit!" And I'm like, well, "That's funny." when someone steals yours it's only yours man but it's a business and so that's another thing too people come in and don't bother knowing you know if you see my stuff you can't just like there's a guy there's different guys out there that are actually like i know i just put on concrete but i originally used trees i tried logs i was the first guy to put whips on not shadow boxes or get them out i tried to actually find a more natural environment for the whips because the guy had make my website said you need to do this i've looked around i said you're right Everyone looks kind of so, but eventually it turned out to be on a decking. I really liked it. I liked it on concrete because I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I moved things that happen. Concrete was good. It's the same basic collar. And I have my certain shots. I picked out how to do a whip and I love to see all the rings and coils so you can see it. A lot of people will coil it up and wrap it so you can't really see the shape of it. It's like you need to see it. And then there's people that just get in the past years and dude, I'm like, their whip company almost sounds just like my whip company. And they're using the almost exact same angles with a concrete background. And they're even stealing some of my stuff. And I'm like, right then, if somebody was just, wasn't me or didn't know my stuff was slipping through, they want to know whether that was yours or mine. And you try to, you know, and you say something about it, they lose their mind. And I'm like, it's a business. So you'll be okay when someone steals what you're doing? What if they use your right, same words? Yeah. And that's, like I said, I don't have a problem with whipcrackers, there's a lot of whipmakers and a lot of it's because they think it's free tube, it's YouTube they're just so wowed by what i made and other people well i can just steal all that stuff and make it and sell it too i'm like well yeah you don't have the quite the skill we have yet or the people that are already up there but it's like you you just can't do that you know like like everybody makes you. if you're going to make kangaroo you got to make an indiana jones whip you got to it's a major staple in kangaroo you don't have to but if you're going to be an american whip maker you got to make an indiana jones you know and so there's some yes. some models that we can explain what makes the right model what makes the way david did it if you don't make it like david it ain't it but there's some creativity to go. But just to steal people's original, like if I if I took that octopus head and made it out of leather right now, what do you think, Kimono would, would think. You think he'd be happy about that? Uh, probably not. But it he'd would probably be, be like, I don't know see. how you did that with leather, my friend. But kudos <laughs> to you. And I'd be like, Hey, yeah. I'd be like, Hey, I'd first be like, Hey, man, I saw your octopus. I don't even want anything to do with it. But if I did, I'd be like, Man, I kind of want to try it. Is that okay? I would see what he had to say. Right. And he yeah, said, No, man, no. Crazy. I would take that respect. And if I still wanted to do it. I would make it, but I want to sell it not on my website and not on Facebook. I'd find somebody PM2 or sell it on eBay one day as just a one-off, but I want to use it as a model or use the name or say, you know, like, you know, like to, to use a fader out of leather and you're not my whips, they're ripping me off. That's just like, I mean, if I was Walmart, I could sue them. I could sue them. Sure. Yeah. And so that's a lot of thing too. There's not a lot of regulation in the whip making world. so people just steal off each other and they 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 don't do it like you can make whips but just because you say it's a signature model doesn't make that a signature model what makes a signature model people don't get this stuff they don't understand stuff you know and so like there are certain things that you could make to make your signature that but there's other people that have made signature models they don't even know what makes their signature models signature models but they think it sounds good and they put a fancy plat it's my signature model like that's not kind of how it works did you invent a whip that no one's invented did you make it in a new process no one's made it did you create something conceptually different but new even with the same tools to make something that's never been done like like uh, the, the octopus you showed me that's a conceptual new model. I, I don't, I don't want to crack that because I don't think it cracked very good with the weight on it but I think it's gorgeous and you could call that a signature model. He made something unique in a new in his own way. and now well does it matter that they rip off my signature models and then get away with it? And then I bring it up to them yeah. and I brought up to a few people. You get a little bit of a war and pretty soon they're the victim. You're the asshole. They start telling all these other whip makers and friends against you in their little ways. And they they start, like, I've had some issues with people. It's like, I realized, man, it's upsetting that I can't say stuff where I'm the bad guy. Like if I say the Youngin method isn't the best for these reasons, I'll explain. And because you should only do what you think is the best. If I thought the Young method was best, I'd do it. Now, I'm not trying to insult them. I've done that method and I can explain what's wrong with it. And I talked a lot with Bernie about his method. But, you know, it's like, man, you know, it's it's disappointing that if you say something to help someone, instead of them seeing why you're saying it, they just see, well, that's not what I do. And if you're saying that, well, then I must be wrong. I must be wrong. All my whips are and then they they will destroy you. And that's why you don't hear Paul Nolan say anything. You don't hear Joe. and not like, because they're old school. They realize, man, I try to compliment someone, it gets thrown in my face. You know, like, uh, like I think that's one thing that kept Paul out of the limelight. And I may be wrong, but I, I got there someone. It was like some guy, I think, back in the day, an idiot, your of went on. Paul made a compliment to help the kid out, said his whips are about as good as my five hundredth whip, but Paul didn't have any training for his first five hundred or a thousand. He didn't have online, he didn't have help. And it's so like kid after like thirty or 40 whips. said Paul says it's better than his five hundred whips, so I'm better than Paul. Like he used it in a promotional way, wrong. Uh you see what I mean? And so even was complimenting someone. This kid took it and made it sound like, well, Paul sucks. This kid's better than Paul because his 50th whip's better than Paul's 1,000th or whatever. Because Paul's saying, I didn't have training. I had to work hard to learn this stuff. There wasn't internet. There wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah, you try to help people here. And, and while you're trying to be helping. man, there's a lot of people start attacking you. And I'm like, why are you even commenting on this? It's like, just don't participate. You know, I'm not yeah. trying to insult him. And, and so I started catching myself after a few years of just succeeding above everyone else. And like, I catch myself trying to help. And like, and then I get messages. Like I watch your YouTube video and this whip makers, I thought I was cool with. And i that. they're like, you know, you need to watch when you say this stuff. I'm like, say what? Well, you should say, you know, there are other said, So now I got to make sure I say what I say to make sure you whip makers aren't mad at me because I'm telling you my way. Well, and, and that's the one reason I made the whip makers. Eye. I'm like, you know, I'm sick of this stuff. I'm going to not teach everything because I got my program and I want to help you. And it takes more than a program anyways, but it can start it. I'm going to make a whip maker's eye. So the average person can look at whips. So all these whip makers that are kind of annoying me, man, they'll have something to compare to. And I'll talk to Mm -hmm. whip makers. And then I got a lot of heat from people saying they're mad because their customers are asking them how they make their whips or whether they use a yoke or not, or what this is. And they're getting mad at me. And I'm like, why are you mad at me? (laughs) I know what to ask now. Yeah. I, yeah, I know why be mad at me, questions. right? I've seen all your stuff and I don't say a word about your crappy techniques or where you're getting or the problems I see I don't even why do I get it? And it's there's a little bit of jealousy because Maybe. the whip world is so finite. Yeah. The whip yeah. world is so finite. And while there is a lot of us around this world and there's more coming and leaving, and you you've been around for four or five years. You're yeah. like he's been around for six or seven years just as a cracker, but he's finally made it enough to where he's seen it like cycle and go out and then cycle and go out. I'm like, yeah, it kind of goes in phases. Like every 10 years, Hollywood hits, whips really big for a year. And I'm like, also the way it flows and crashes, like you've seen a lot of people come in, but then some people just drift out and come back four years later. Some, I mean, there's it's a weird ebb and flow of still having the passion or moving on and then people coming back and newer interests in the past eight. When I started, I think it was kind of at the height of whip making and whip cracking. Like, I think it's slowing down since COVID. While COVID kind of might have picked up some more people at home, there's this huge wave, I believe, when I started. And a lot of it's me pumping out whips like I did, more creativity going. There was a lot more on YouTube. There's a lot more coming out, but I think it hit its peak. You know, and it was around the time WhipCon 1, 2, or 3 were out. A little after that, as it started going on, it's just like things were just not as big. And a lot of it could be COVID, the economy. But I think, you know, the whip, mostly if you've been in it long enough to be a name, you've at least seen everyone's name. That's kind of a name, but there right. used to be less whip makers and more whip crackers. And now there's more whip makers than crackers <laughs> and it's sick. It's sick. Kind of there's, there's more, and it's, it's just, there's too many makers not of crackers and it's great and all, but it creates this Petri dish of survival. And everyone tries to be all buddy, buddy with all, which I'm fine. I mean, I don't mind. I will help anyone. You call me up and tell me, I will answer any question you want. I've done it to people that have turned on me, and I still don't care. I'm like, I'm all right there. that. But they they start thinking, oh, man, it's like a victim time. We should have free rights. We should be able to do whatever we want and take whatever we want until someone takes from them. And that's where it gets really old because there is limited space. And we're not supposed to compete because I'm not really in competition with other whip makers. But there is only so many leather kangaroo whips that will be sold out in America next year regardless. There's gonna yeah. be a lot more nylon bought than leather, yeah. maybe, with all the nylon whip makers and all the cheaper nylon. Yeah. But there's a limited amount of nylon whips are gonna be sold next year from America. There's a limited or bought. There's gonna be a limited amount no matter what of kangaroo. Wolf. See, people don't understand enough to look at the world like that. And sure. so they're all kind of fighting over this Petri dish. And the more makers we get and the less crackers, we're not gonna have a lot of makers. And you know, and, and now with the phenomenon, you can buy a logo for five bucks you can yeah. be 10 whips deep and suddenly you're so-and-so whip co right. and in and like no one used logos or monos. Like I think that my mind was, uh, well, I figured when I have my website, there is no cure for whips, only treatment, you know, more whips or something like right. no fever. Man, I came up with that because a, a lot of customers will talk. And I said, sounds good. And I'm like, you know, I like that model. We put a little logo up there. You know, I talked to see about, it. he put a logo. Next thing I know, no one has any logos on our website. And now everyone's stealing my stuff and adding all these logos. And I'm like, man, dude, it's like, but like I excelled at a business on all the fronts. And that's right. one thing that propelled me, work ethic, other stuff, opportunity. But man, you know, it's really just, the another reason I wanted, I kind of wanted to get out of this business. I'm like, man, I just see more people ripping me off and it don't matter. They don't even give me props saying, hey, I just made a, a fader. That, like Blake, I don't call it a fader because he calls it a fader. I call it X, but I just want to give a props out for Blake coming up with this. Or, hey, I asked Blake, he said I could make it. I would have no problem clearing anyone to make any of my works if they would just ask yeah. me.
0: Right, right. Wow. That, but they don't ask. You, but you. Yeah, I mean, if it's inspired by you, they definitely should. That. Um, I made a, uh, uh, a hitch on my uh, nylon whips that I learned by looking at what Torrance Fisher had made. Mm-hmm. And so I told him about it and I called it the Fisher Hitch. And I put it, I like literally uh, described, I'm selling this nylon whip with a Fisher Hitch.
1: And, and what's wrong with that? Like to me, he, he, he won't feel offended. He knows you got his name plug. Exactly. You, you know, uh, You know, like I used to teach martial arts and um, I teach like seminars all the place, you know, whether it's women's protection, you know, kidnap protection, you know, guy's defense. And I would teach some stuff that I've learned and master the years. And I'd be like, hey, here's what we're doing today. We'd have all understand. I'm like, if you can come, you know, if you find a better way to do this than what I'm doing, that's easier, better, let me know. And I'll call it the Chris. And every time I had, and now I have to add this one move, I'm going to say, I did all this, but this, because I saw Chris and Chris showed me this one thing. I'm like, it is so perfectly fits in here and works better. And now it's right. called the Chris. I'm like, what's wrong with that? You know? And, and like, it should be like that. You know, like I can tell people, Hey, if you want to make this line, you know, give me a shout out for the first one. After that, I don't want you to advertise me. I want you to build. I've even told people that, but I'm like, right. thank you for wanting to shout me out. Thanks for the shout out. I appreciate that. That weighs me from being upset that you're ripping off my property right you know like i have technically since i put on the website first on my website i have legal rights to those designs and names don't use my names you know and right. technically i made those for anyone else i'm the creator of them don't steal my stuff i can't sure. stop it because no one you know how am i going to fly to california to sue somebody sure. for a small sure. a small claims court right it's not right. it's not even going to right. my plane ticket you know right. and so there's a lot of that that gets away and i think that's also hurt a lot of what makers too. Cause yeah. like somebody if he makes an octopus head and now three people do it because they figured out how to do it, well, what's the point of him making it? That right. sucks.
0: I was talking to uh, Blake Gory actually, and there was a little bit of discussion about his snakehead uh, design that he makes on his his leather whips. So you know, on, at the transition or on the heel where it looks like the snake eating an egg, or
1: yeah, the snake pommel, snake. I believe. I guess it's been. I've seen one of those. Yeah, yeah go on. Yeah, yeah. Blake Gory, um, and. So
0: he was trying to decide whether to write a book or not, whether he should share this information. Some people have made it, you know, so is this his thing or not? You know, it's, it's a similar feel, you know, how much of
1: it is, is. Uh, is mine. Ri- I, I saw someone rip him off. I saw someone rip off his snake. I remember after he did it within like a month later, someone else did it. Like they figured out a basic way to do it. Like I know there was someone besides him that I saw it and I'm like, wonder how he felt on that one, huh? Or I, I I've had somebody that. that was ripping. I had somebody ripping off my stuff. And he reached out to me. I, I don't start stuff. Okay. And I will be very direct in someone's face. I don't play talk behind your back or caddy. Okay. And so he messaged me about it. And I'm just like, yeah, I have heard of you. Matter of fact, I feel like you've been ripping off my fader design. And I've had proof two years before when he started, he asked me how I made it. And I said, well, that's a million dollar question. I ain't just going to tell you, you know, talk to me first. Right. And he said, I don't rip it off. I'm like, well, here's a message from two years ago where you did rip me off. You asked me about it. Now you're doing it. And I said, I'm, uh, you know, I, I was like, I'm kind of upset about it. And he actually used Blake Gory as a comparison. He said, I didn't know you made a fader. It's like technically you didn't start. There's the first whip that turned into two colors. I'm like, you mean like the Buckenheimer I inspired off of? Sure. You know, he says, it's not like you made Blake Gorey snake. And I'm like, oh, so Blake Gorey snake. You're friends with him then, because apparently you, no one can rip off his snake, but you can rip me off. That's their mentality. Right. Right. They don't care until it affects them. But since they're not as creative, they have no one to rip them off right and only when it affects them do they get a stink and then everyone will swarm around them and i'm like man, that's kind of disappointing what about me and man it's just like that and like people think like i'm walmart like oh he's just a corporation he's just making money he's working hard. i'm like you want to know what my hands feel like and look like uh you know how much money i've invested to learn from joe and everyone else and paying to go teach a combat concert, spend a week with anthony or whoever i did it's like man I've, I've put in my time but it ain't walmart and i can't sue you yeah. you know like i said the, the whipcrackers love them I love the crazy stuff whipcrackers know. I think there's a lot of whip cracking that hasn't been done yet. I think there's certain things in whip cracking that haven't been shown that could, uh, like, you can crack a whip two times, two times in one stroke if you know how to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, to- uh, do you know that? Do you know I- that? No. Like, you can do one stroke if you do it right. It'll crack two or three times. You 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 just make the shakes. People don't know that. I'm not saying that's great, but there's an undiscovered whip cracking territory right you know I, you can do anthony's method and do it where it points out it's all straight but i can also crack and change the arc and make it arc sooner or later or whatever there is no one way i think there's right. a people are trying to confine things to an extent which is good and make curriculums and sets but there's still some undiscovered territory as long as you can do different moves i mean parkour with it like todd rex or do it with some spinning karate kicks and pops up there's still freestyle and then i think there's some more with whips that can be done like who does moving targets like keith no one you know there you know i there's a lot out there i think that could be out there more and i'm looking forward to where the whip cracking will go next but it's also going to hit a plateau eventually you know like every sport we we don't do roller derby anymore that much you do it but yeah. it's small leagues it's, you know it's not like it was in the 70s you know everything has its time and it falls the thing is to get out before it falls and whip cracking i think is starting to cuss down it may open up again but you know i think one of the biggest problems right now is one whip makers that could survive, can't survive as they're trying to, maybe they're the better whip makers in Ireland to get by, but you got all these other people watching the same videos and cutting into the business. It's more of a dog eat dog world than they want to let on. But you see them on the Facebook, everything's great. And I'm like, is it really, you know, like if you see me saying 20% off discount, I'm hurting for money. Why would I sell my stuff for 20% off?
0: Yeah. If I say
1: I got two slots, something came up and I needed as much money as I can get fast. So if Christmas comes, most people get no orders. Why? It's a very selfish business to spend five to $700 on a whip for yourself when you got a family and kids. Crafting, whip making is hard in Christmas and January until they bounce back. you, know, you got to be prepared for that. You know, and like I say, you see a whip maker saying 20% off sale this month, he is hurting. Why would you do that? Why would you just take 20% off? I've had to do that here and there, and people will. But, you know, you've got enough piranhas in the water, more whip makers and whip crackers, the people who last longest will be there to last, but there's a lot of people that are probably good whip makers that aren't making it because it's just, there's too much white noise. Right. You know? yeah. And right great. now there seems to be more makers than crackers. And I think it's only been prevalent in the past two to three years since COVID COVID kind of changed like, things. Well, if I can day. crack it, I can make it. I can make it. I can make money. I'll just sit at home and, Drink and watch TV and be the great whipcracker, the great American whipmaker or something. You know, just, <laughs> right. you know, nothing wrong with it. See, I'm not insulting it. You know, what I'm saying, man, if that works for you, you need to find the passion. And But right. you got a passion. You got to produce. You got to put in. You need to learn. Right. You need to know competition. You need to know other people. You need to learn from other people. You need to learn what you can. You know, you, you, you can't do the same thing you've done your whole life and think you're going to be great at it just because you did the same thing your whole life. You can do the same thing wrong every day. Right. you know I, we deal with a lot of people that are like i want to be in ufc like chris lytle and all the guys out of your gym and i'm like yeah, i know chris well and i've had this conversation chris light chris lights out lato is one of the uh guys that did uh remember the ultimate fighter tv show you ever see the uh, ultimate fighter TV show? well it's kind of like the bachelor you know every you have like a group of people and that year they fight their way to the all eliminated, and one becomes gets the contract yeah, that. that six-figured six-figure contract well chris lights out loud was the only season where they didn't have rookies they had people that never had a title belt fight that year all these people never had a title match but they're all pros and chris came second place to matt sarah but like i saw chris about it i'm like you know everybody thinks it's like the modern day pie dream hey if i get on ufc i'm making a six-figure contract on the ultimate fighter show and they're like first of all that's a hundred thousand dollars for a three-year contract guess how much you're making a year (laughs) <laughs> thirty-three thousand dollars. That's not a six-figure contract. That's a thirty-three thousand-dollar a year contract for how long? Three years. That's, that's three barely years. teacher yes. salary. Do they cover your yeah, CAT scans, Chris? <laughs> no, they don't cover my CAT scans, no. but I got to get those at least twice a year. <laughs> like, what else? Did they cover your ticket? No, they don't cover my tickets either when I'm flying out to Vegas to fight. Because Chris was a full-time exactly. firefighter; he never missed a day of work his whole UFC fight here history. He had the number one fights he is the biggest guy with the fight of the night knockout highlights in history he's had more than anyone else and he's like man i'd work for a day i'd be training there he says i i never i would fly down after i worked i flew to vegas i fought for dana white i flew back i worked the next day i never missed a day of work as a firefighter working 24 on through all the whole time i fought in the ufc wow. but you get these people thinking man if i just got on that show i'd be great i'm like well you got to win it for that three-figure contract and dude it's only 32 000 a year when they start really like that. It's a lot more than you think. I'm like Chris. Did you make a lot of money? UFC is well. The first one, I got a thousand dollars and a thousand if I won. My second time on UFC, I got two thousand dollars and a thousand if I won. The third time, I got three thousand. And I'm like, they're like they think he just goes and gets a seventy five thousand dollars check every time he fights.
0: Wow. Yeah. But
1: it looks different perfect. from the outside. Same thing yeah. with whip making. It can look different. It's like man, you. He, you just see him get the night the fight of the night. He won a Harley here. He won 75 here He does that but that, that could have been him or any other eighteen guys on the, the card that night You know, it's like what they this, they don't see the iceberg. They just see the tip. They don't realize And I think a lot of that, you know, like we been really going on the past two years There's just been too many whip makers to whip crackers and it just looks like they can make money like I was like nick uh, I was shocked how little whips Nick made when I first started talking to him and found out how many whips he made. Now this is a while ago. He's made more, but when I saw him, he's about four or five years deep, right? But he makes all the great tutorials, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, Nick, because I get really personal. Like, where do you make your money at? Where do you sell whips? He's like, well, I pretty much 95 percent of my whips are sold on on YouTube from YouTube. And I'm like, really? How many whips made? And this is after five or six years. I said maybe 300. And I'm like, because he's making tutorials, no one wants to buy him. Guess what they want to do?
0: They want to make them, yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I told him, you need to get paid. You have done more for the whip making world than anyone else. I yeah, dare yeah. say you need to get paid. I said, why don't you start a second channel? And I did this a few years ago he didn't do it. Start a second channel, charge everyone 99 cents a month, be a part of it. And just guarantee every month you put a new whip making video up there. Since He just loves making videos and being an editor and other stuff as well. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, I would pay that right now. I'd pay $5 a month for it. who won it. And now you've already given him a library. Just a don't give him any more. Make yeah. them pay a little. He won't do it. And I'm like, you are wasting, you're wasting it. And yeah. you're not asking much. 90, 99 cents a month to get a new video, 12 bucks or 12 videos for next year. And you, because there were no nylon stock whips for sale at all until Adam w- hung out with Nick and made a video next two weeks. Everyone had a nylon stock whip and they're all nylon stock whip makers. Yeah. Cause they have their own video now. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, i
0: I'm not. I know I was making whips before that, but that's uh, uh I was using Instructables and stuff, which was pretty rough. It wasn't nearly yeah. as good. Um, it's uh, tape and crummy stuff in there. I, when I was at yeah. WhipCon, actually, uh, it's it's over on the other side, but Nick was selling, he has, he made a video of making a super teeny tiny leather uh, bullwhip. Oh, nice. It's like six, six inches long, huh. and he was selling them at WhipCon, a bunch of them, and he has uh-huh. it in actually, I'll grab it. Hang on. It's just... Sorry. And he put it in a little frame and stuff, but it's just this tiny little. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. And it's—I mean, it'll, I have one like
1: Joe strain like that. Yeah,
0: it's nice. It'll actually—I'm I'm not going to crack, but it's—but it'll crack. It'll crack. Yeah, yeah,
1: it will crack. That's nice. That's leather, huh? Yeah, it's leather. Crazy. Well, I'm and, pretty impressed with Nick making that. That's pretty impressive.
0: And uh, I'm not sure what he's selling them for now. At the at Webcon, he asked for a hundred bucks, so I was more than happy to. I mean, a
1: oh, times yeah it's nice and well, i mean Nick there's sure. a lot of stuff but i'm like considering that there's an influx of nylon whip making and, and i told him i said i think you've built the whip cracking world more than any other human being even though you don't make whip cracking because the fact is i think it's one of my podcasts i said i try to say you need to take credit for what you've done nick i'm like dude you've probably made more whip crackers and whip makers than anyone else in the history of time and i'm not saying they're great at all because your whip videos are old and you've changed and things are growing but i'm like dude you 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 you, because you've made whip makers all around the world with nylon and there's so many of them well once you start making whips all your friends play through whip you're likely to sell your first few whips to friends or someone you know so i'm like that alone even though he hasn't sold a lot of whips he made a lot of makers those made a lot more customers you know he's probably he's probably that was also getting a lot hot back in the day too like i said i feel like the the whip world's peaked and what you can and can't do with a whip, I pretty much almost defined what all more you can do with a leather whip that hasn't been done. So, like, I don't see anyone really topping or making two. Like, I've had ideas I didn't make yet and because I didn't want to because I'm like, why do it? They'll just rip me off for a great idea. There's some that I thought of that I've hidden. Like, I had a series, and I'll say it right now, I had a series I wanted to call the Apaka Whips. <laughs> and That's they were crazy. going to be mad dish out in certain ways and i don't explain it i had some other things i wanted to make i just didn't end up getting around to it like i did make some harry potter wand whips and okay. other stuff and i had a craftsman make it with a spring steel and it all works i mean i have had custom things made i definitely can go you know like i so said the whip whips i wanted to make i finally got but i can't crack them because i don't have the time to put into all the training it would take because it's just hard to explain but man I'm a, i'd love to show them. but if i do it somebody's going to rip it off next thing i know it'll be in a hollywood movie and i won't be a part of that yeah. you know and stuff like that tick you off you know and so sure. like i'm disappointed with the whip making world not so much whip cracking world not all of it i mean i have a lot of good friends there's a lot of people but i think the covid spikes a lot and the youtube isn't always the best way but i think we're hitting a plateau where there are more makers than there are crackers mm-hmm. like you went to whipcon right were any of the people who cracked not makers oh yeah a ton of them yeah ton, you had a ton of people that were not whip makers that did the whip cracking competitions in the so
0: there was a whole group of people that were i would say uh like indie indie they were there with their fedoras and hats and stuff and did they compete yeah so yeah. right.
1: well, other than the random indie guys were there many more competitors i mean would you say that would you say 50 percent of the people competing were whip crackers only or would you yeah. say it's more like maybe like 30 percent whip crackers 70 percent makers probably so. So my point's kind of proven there are more whip makers that are cracking than there are just purely whip crackers that don't make Uh, those numbers with those numbers. If it keeps up and we can't, there, there can't be a way to get more whip crackers involved or more hype to develop the sport, Mm -hmm. then whip makers are going to be suffering really hard. Yep. And whip yeah, cracking are going to be suffering. And I think we kind of missed the golden age already. I think the golden age went on about the time I started making whips for about five or six years. The past few years has been dwindling due to COVID and other stuff. The economy's crazy right now. It's like three times more than it was. You know, I think yeah. all that plays a factor in it. So it might, uh, I think there'll be a resurgent but I don't think it'll be for two or three more years. It just, it's, it's gotta go away again. And then it'll come back in a, a movie we'll least expect. And and not an Indiana Jones though, you know, something's going to come back and it'll be good. You know, I
0: I hope so. I certainly hope so. And I mean, that's part of why I'm doing some of these podcasting here too, is I mean, I value the, the friendships and the people Like we have a big community and some of them are whip crackers only. And some of them, well, a lot of them are whip makers as well. (laughs) And just getting to know, I mean, maybe there's some co- competition there, but getting to know each other, I think, is what one of the things that I get out of it. Especially since I am a hobbyist of uh, in all of this, I'm um, not trying to compete with you, with guys like you. Um, by, by there,
1: there aren't yet. many guys like me. Like None when it comes to right. of kangaroo bullwhips, I think Definitely not. Only me and Paul Nolan. Me and Paul Nolan are the only permanent time kangaroo whip makers in America. We're the only full time you yeah, try to name you know, there might be a couple other, but they make like these short whips, like signal whips and sex whips. You know, there, there's a kid like Victor died, Victor Tella died, Victor Sonsolse died, past couple years that he took care of a lot. Victor tell took care of a lot of the SM world, but mm-hmm. with him gone, I know there's someone that makes those, but anyone that makes like Target whips, movie whips, Indiana Jones whips, I think only me and Paul are the only two. And so, when you look at it like that, you know, the only two full time that make leather whips, like somebody can say they're doing full time. And, I mean, they may be making three or four whips a month with it, and it's help paying half of their bills, but I guarantee you they're not paying for them, their wife, and their kids on that that whip-making. Oh, yeah. And it's a huge commitment and a lot of hard work. Yeah. And I'm not like, oh, I'm better because I had that, but, you know, there's a there's a big difference out there and what it takes to, to do that. And and, and, I, and like I said, the, I think the biggest problem is there's more whip makers than crackers right now. And that's going to cause a problem with the whip cracking world because yeah. there are going to be less crackers. And, and man, if that don't grow, nothing's going to happen. Back when I started, there were still more whip crackers than whip makers. And, I do and, see- and a lot of whip crackers realized they can make whips. So they kind of said, you know, screw it. I'll make my own whip. You know,
0: so I'd say that's the case for. A little while. If they stay in whip cracking, most of them will want to buy a handful of whips as well. So I've certainly spent my share of money um, between a bunch of <laughs> right. So I mean, I'm a whip maker, but I'm also a whip cracker. I'm a whip. Cracker. But
1: you're few and far between too, right? You know how many people have uh, how many people decided to try to make a leather whip and just do nylon or try other things? Like a lot of people are one or the other. You know, I mean, you you may be this jack of all trades, but you're also still looking at it like as a cracker and as uh enjoying being a whip maker when maker not everyone learns it like that like most people they want to know what car drives who do I get my stamp from and now let me let me burn this sucker and know who I take it that's to right. when it breaks. Yeah and, and 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 you know so you know they're not all like again you're you're talking from a whip maker's perspective, not a whip cracker's perspective. Again, you know it's it's I think I think it's gonna be the downfall if something don't grow. But so it will fix- also work itself out because if there's all these whip makers and not enough sales, what's going to happen to the whip makers?
0: Yeah, they're going to go out of business.
1: So what are we? They'll be a whip crackers <laughs> game again, and yeah. then there'll be less whip makers. But the ones that survive, whoever they'll be, it won't be me. They'll they'll keep growing up, and then I think we'll have another resurgence. But I don't think until the leaves of the tree have lost its foliage, we'll build up again. Yeah. You know, there's just, just it's an imbalance right now. Let, it, you let know, it
0: come down, and maybe a movie come in, and something to build it up again.
1: Movie'd be nice. It just I just don't see anything gripping this generation of whips like Indiana Jones did, or uh Catwoman, or Zorro with Banderas. You know, they 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 hit a, They when it resurged in that eighties, nineties, they really did a lot of them in there. I mean, I, all I think about when I think candle, uh, whip, whip pardons Indiana Jones, like I want to snuff candles like Anthony Hopkins. It's like I want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I want to. Catwoman, although she didn't, Catwoman cut those heads off of those dolls and did this cool baton thing. You know, it's like, uh, you know, they just just don't have much. Like Iron Man 2, those are Joe's whips. Iron Man 2, the whiplash, he had two Joe's strain whips. What'd they do? They put all this plastic, like this metal fake plastic, add electricity CGI. I mean, if those, those are actually whips, but just say they just shined a little bit instead of having all that extras on there and they cut through stuff and actually crack someone might have bought it but now he's like i don't even know that's a whip that's a fake movie whip they don't even know it's a real whip you know like they need something like that like c that's what c was supposed to be you know it was supposed to be this big production to help finally do what needed to be done in the whip world and it was going on that process and i even had pictures of jason momoa cracking my whips and he's even in a harness swinging and trying to do Uh, stuff and i'm like i love those pics but i can't share them right and i'm like man this is going to be awesome I just did 11 whips or 10 i just did 12 you know and then and then they're like well whips are out basically what happened I'm like well jason moe is like well if everybody's got whips and i got a whip how am i different i want to use a sword or an axe or whatever you used uh-huh. how can you have a world full of whips and whip fighting when one dude can have an axe and just cut them all in half <laughs> right so i wasn't the only one that really uh-huh. pushed this like i think it was got in paradox or pollock what was his name, yeah. Or whatever. He 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 waited years to finally have a, a movie that he could push for the whips to get big. And he pushed it. And then oh. Jason Momoa screwed it all up. Oh, that's that's no, sad. I got I gotta my ID different. I need an axe. Well, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of what we've been filming here. Right and what our goals was for all this whip scene. That's frustrating. Yeah. And then gone. But that could have been it, should have been it. Momoa needed an axe. I've never been more disappointed in Aquaman in my life. I'm sitting here making whips like I'm a henchman for Aquaman, dude. I'm making Aquaman whips. I'm a henchman. Let's get this going. And he just kills it. Like, man, that's so Uh, lame. uh,
0: Aquaman was a good movie
1: too. Uh, Uh, You can agree to disagree on all that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I enjoyed it. Come on. It was a fun movie. Amber Heard. Uh, I didn't know who she was at that point. I did not like that girl. I, I didn't either. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was disappointed in Aquaman ways there's things I liked about him like well finally he's got one and I think I do about it' like it was just Mo oh, may look great but yeah. you know it's just I mean he's the coolest Aquaman I've seen but it just it just something didn't go right with that movie you know like the, I think they've been stretching for a while the Marvel took off great and the DC started taking off great but some of them just kind of I don't think we need three Aquaman movies I don't think we need the third Aquaman movie coming out it's just like what's the point you know yeah.
0: I didn't even know one was coming out.
1: It's yes, I know exactly. I just found out the other day. I'm like, why are we making a third? Like, like was why wasn't there Justice League two? I mean, we had Avengers four or five. A little
0: little superheroed out. It seems like I'm several behind. Yeah, eh, I've had enough for a while. Certainly understand, but I, I certainly wish you luck in your in your next oh. endeavors. And I, I'm I'm hoping that the the whips that you are going to continue making as you can. That uh, you'll be able to sell quickly, and people that listen to this will be able to send you some business, and 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 be nice about it.
1: That'd be great. I I have no problem. Like I said, I have no problem helping. I Just man, just talk to me like I'm a human being. You know, not not some machine that just supposed to give you all my secrets when you don't even say hello. (laughs) My name is
0: I don't know Mike. It's not the blank vending machine here.
1: Come on. Yeah, you know, like I'm gonna have no problem helping people. You know, I don't mind sharing sharing secrets here and there. I just want to know that. You know, like, I'm not going to give out some of these secrets away. I have no problem giving away, but it ain't going to be from some guy who says, I know they're doing something different than in Andy whip. Tell me Joe's secrets. Like, uh, okay, well, what do you, who are you? Right. What's your name? Man, I, I think you get a lot of that. A, you get a lot of that in this generation of YouTube because yeah. they figure I can watch for free. I can get it for free. Like, why, why do I got to ask her be kind? Somebody else will show it to me. We'll go to them. And, you know, like, and, I'd love to help you, but it also does no good to help someone without the motivation or passion because right. you're wasting all your time giving a skill set that they won't even nurture.
0: Wow. That, that's, I appreciate what you're doing, doing here, man. Um, it really, uh, and you've mentioned it several times about how you have felt like God's led you and blessed you as you've continued this. And I think that's really wonderful that, that you say that and add that to the the, the name of your company.
1: I, I means- don't represent them the best all the time. I'm still human on occasion. And, you know, I, I used to be um, like, I spent 10 years. I never cussed, you know, I couldn't, I lived in an environment, just don't do it. You know, and like, you know, time goes by, I start seeing why people cuss a bit more. I'm like sometimes the only appropriate word is a four letter word. <laughs> you just can't yeah. help it. Doesn't make yeah. you less of a Christian, you know, and just you know, things, you know, I try to represent the best I can, but you know, I, I think a big problem with a lot of people, uh, not that we need to be aggressive, but because you believe in forgiveness, that means people can rip you off and victimize you, and then you need to apologize because they're the real victim. And I'm like, you know, I'll forgive. I'll try to forget, but I I don't have to forget what you did wrong. I mean, I can forgive you, but not let you in a position to screw me over again. Oh, I think that's that's it. I I, I just, because I'm supposed to forgive and give doesn't mean I just need to forgive and give or give to everyone who asks, right? You know, and a lot of people have a hard time when they, they want that. It's all good. You know, you need to be all good. I'm like, you know, that's a part of it, but you can't just be all good. to Everyone you, if, if you're a true giver, like I am, You'll be hurt by some narcissists that learn to rob you and rip you off of money. Cause you're trying to help them and you're sacrificing to give them charity or help them out and hand them money. And then they, they screw you over. And I've had to have a lot. And and I, I've got a little edge to me now because I'm like, I can't, I can't allow myself to waste my time and money for that to happen anymore. So I, I it's like, I know why you need hoops. I know why you need, you know, it's like you do need a little relationship and give it back. It can't just be a, a take relationship for you and a give relationship for anyone you got to right. both got to give and take, you know, a yeah, matter of fact, you need to give a little, even if it's introducing yourself and saying something nice before yeah. asking someone a question, you got to give a little to get, that's the only way you can yeah. get, you can't take, taking is stealing. You got to give a little and you might get more than you gave, but you, you got to give a little, you yeah. know? And so anybody that's not willing to tell them their name and say hi to me, they don't have to stroke my ego and say, you make good whips, but I don't even know their name and I'm being demanded at and then I'm told I'm an asshole for not answering their questions or giving it to them I've had a deal I mean I've been doing it for 11 years and I've been on top from almost the first third year I was just rocketing and man I've had a deal with a lot of that and it's kind of frustrating I'm a little jaded in the whip making world for that reason you know I've had a, I've had to deal with a lot of different guys like some of these guys that come in every two three years and do this stuff and I, I just sometimes I'm like you know what I, I, I don't mind saying this is wrong and then I've had, I've kind of the most, I think I'm the most controversial witmaker maker right now for some of the things I had to do even recently publicly the past few years. And I stay my ground and I'm not afraid to show what's in private public and they rather do things privately. And, you know, I've had a lot of, that's one reason why I almost didn't want to do this interview because I'm like, man, I know there's some, like, I just, what's the point? You know, I, I, I like you. I've talked to you a lot. I enjoy what you're doing, you know? And still it's a big thing, I'm like, i can't say no to Chris. I can't I can't well, say no you. person this time. I was few busy last time, but like I was even worried to want to come on here because I'm like, man, I'm gonna say some stuff and it's gonna tick someone off. And uh, you know, by being yourself or being honest, and I'm not a bad guy or anything wrong, I, it'll hurt your business because you have a lot of people that will talk about you in these groups, They can create <laughs> groups about yeah. hating you. I've been the feature uh, of a few of these. And 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 it shouldn't be that way. And I'm like, man, like and like I'm I, I, I can't only assume how people see me from what I've gotten back from Facebook and some things I've heard people say they believed other people told about me. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I've been, accused I mean, of, I've been accused of some guy was accusing me of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fake profiling and stalking his wife and ruining her day. I'm like, do you think uh, I would do that or much less have the time to waste and a fake profile to f- with your wife? Oh, no. And I'm like, you're just making that up to make a victim call. Why would I, why would I do that? You're not even yeah, on my, buddy, my spectrum nice. of a whip maker. Why am I doing this? And I've had a lot of people try to create beef with me because they think he's Tupac. I can become biggie. If uh-huh. I can sit there and show he has problems with me, I can steal his thunder and his development by saying mm-hmm. he's the one coming at me and he's got a problem with me. And I've had certain whip makers, even newer ones. I, I can't even want to mention their name, but I wish I could that have done this. And I know it's what they're doing and I know what they've done before. And I know who they learned from. And those guys are people that screwed me over that. I was kind to, uh-huh. And I can't yeah. do anything about it. And matter of fact, I know there's a lot of it going around behind me the past year. It's so why I didn't want to come. In. I'm like, man, this past year, my name has run through the mud again. And I'm having people attack me when I say, Hey, this isn't right, but I'm not allowed to say anything because I'm Walmart and I'm successful and they're not. And, and, and that's, that, yeah. that drove me to an edge where I'm like, I'm that, that's kind of one thing that said, I'm done with whip making I'm done. Yeah. You know, like I, I wanted to release these other ideas from whip making yeah. world and just cheddar some nice stuff. And I'm like, why do it? somebody's gonna rip me off make money you know i so i'm, I'm a little jaded and, and off. i just went you and the viewers know why i'm a little jaded for that reason and it's made me i'll be friendly with anyone who's friendly with me right off the bat but it makes me not want to help anymore like well if you're kind to me or just talk to me or ask me i'll say yeah but man why even help why even do this because sorry man i mean yep, if they yep. told someone was ripping them off the whole community they've grouped up would be this is wrong you can't take care of blake gory's snake as one of them why, why why is he getting protected and i'm getting vilified
0: right yeah why i i, I don't have an answer
1: for that because I, i'm a terrible I, person that creates a profile and stalks some dude's wife's count i didn't even know the dude dude's married how do i know what his wife's name is or much less what she does or how to stalk her i don't know it's crap why would i waste my time but, but these are the things they'll create and,
0: well, I, I'm hope if anybody has any issues <laughs> with things I've said or whatever, like leave a comment on this video or a uh, message me or something. We can chat about it. I no, just come on. You the know, show, we'll talk.
1: And, you know, well, I don't want to talk about them, my issues But I'm like, you know, if you have a problem, talk to me. I'll talk to you about it. You know, yeah, exactly. talk to me. Don't, don't. But you know, if 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 Joe Strain said Blake, I don't want you to make a Lone Star model. You know, I would tell Joe, you got it, sir. <laughs> exactly because that's his model that was his signature model he made the lone star well i wouldn't steal his name and i could if i said hey can i make the lone star web but called the uh the sarsaparilla yeah sure okay (laughs) but you know there's i think a lot of the generation has been missing since youtube because they get all this stuff for free they think they can do anything for free and they're a lot of i'm like man it's you know There are a lot of people that are new like you or been new and they'll help out and think they're doing the right thing only to find out that their whip making career probably got short by helping these people out. I mean, there'll be people, you know, and it's upsetting that the right nylon whip makers may not be making it because there is too many makers versus crackers. And I I hope they keep going and raise up, but you can only braid like leather. You braid a lot tighter than nylon because nylon, it gets stronger as time goes by because it shrinks up, you know? So I use a lot more my fingers, you know? And it's just like, Man, you know, I'm glad they got the nylon Whipmakers whip makers. I hope it works itself out. I pray the whip world gets bigger. I pray whip crackers get bigger. I want to see more whips in movies. I'm tired of never seeing a whip yeah, in a movie. Yeah, that's right. You know, I really hope it grows. And, you know, I think it may not. I hope something takes up. Like Adam used to be more in the community. A lot more people used to be putting videos out more in the community. There are a lot more crackers online showing videos. It just It's really tapered down. And, you yeah. know, the, the, I hope it changes. I hope it grows. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of whip making that could be done has been done. I think there's more growth. I think there's a way we should catalyze. Like Anthony wants to call himself a style. He's not the first guy to put the whip backwards, but he has his rolling loop method. And, and I'm, you know, there's the Australian two-handed method. Tog Rex is kind of mastering what I call the modern-day American parkour whip method i mean there's different you know parkour yeah. spinning mean, i think there can be different categories and we can separate it more and would grow more if we could somehow do that but again you got to start putting parameters and putting rules and guidelines to create certain themes i think that would be one of the things to sep- just to help it go because it is one of the few arts. like well if you learn a cattleman's crack or you learn a couple cracks you could probably watch videos and figure out the other cracks it, it is that easy and can be but yeah. I think because it's so you just learn a few things and you pick up whatever, it's kind of hard to make anyone really want to be elitist and grow because they don't really have a roadmap. You know, like a lot of my videos, mm-hmm. I, Adam, and I had all the intermediate and him and Ben Hughes had enough advanced. I'm like, what I don't see is the basics of the basics and elab- you know, elaborate it. So I just said, I'm right. going to teach the basics and just over elaborate them because Adam's got tons of intermediate you know, right. Right. stuff like and, that. And-
0: and you're you're a great teacher there. And I, I think actually having listened to your videos, I liked uh, when I was at the very beginning between yours and April Choi's, both of you guys had very, very beginner videos. And it was interesting to see two different styles of teaching, the same exact crack. And yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I it, personally, it, it's I need both. Go. It's, it's good having, you know, like uh, Steve Townsend said, it. he's like, you know, Adam says thing in a way where he'll pop out analogy, like it's like skipping stones or something. He's like there's people where that'll resonate with while other people don't want to hear that they want to hear the brass tacks where do i hold where do i stop what am i and so it takes different people to learn from for a reason and yeah. someone can hear my vernacular and be like man he's nailing it and i get what he's saying other people be like i'm not getting it then somebody will sees something more flowery or poetic and it you know and it syncs with someone better so right. there shouldn't even be one authority but like i said the more people teach in different ways, the more it's going to grow. And
0: I hope, so. I, hope I, so.
1: I wish we could get, I, I don't think that the stigma of slavery, which is not what whips were made, were not to beat slaves. Whips are not made to beat animals. They're meant to make a sound to direct animals. Right. You know, they were never meant to beat slaves. The, the stigmatism, I think, is an issue still, but it's not that big of an issue. Like, I never thought it was that big of an issue crack publicly no one seemed to care you got two whips you're cracking but i know it has still that one small stigma you know the stigmatic thing that whips are for whipping people but with that even being said that there should be nothing stopping whip cracking from being more but whether it's just out of time old date they're not around the farm so much you know it had a resurgence and i like i said i think it's kind of Going to drop for a while, but my guess is about three or four years, someone new is going to come in. There's going to be a group of people that are like Adam again, ready to like push things in a new way, maybe make better videos of cracking. Like Nick makes really quality videos of two, his tutorials. He's a good video editor. Maybe they'll finally have a guy does it with cracking. Maybe you'll have like a Jim Cona guy where he whatever it's called dungeon cottage whatever where they go out and whatever they do with whips they just have really good quality videos of doing fun stuff with whips running around like i think if you you could find somebody could do something with whips and get it better edited more contemporary play your silly songs do a stupid whatever i think it takes something like that to really grow it you you need to have someone out there getting hype going but if there's more makers there's more makers and there's no crackers all you see videos of completed whips you don't even see my cracking and right now if you look at all the, the the past year there's been very little videos of people taking themselves pictures or videos of them cracking and it's been rare i've never seen it this dead as it's been this year and yeah
0: I- it has uh, the whip cracking 101 had a lot of people adding stuff to it and then that tapered off and so it's been pretty quiet so uh, hopefully so uh, whoever's listening I really this- blame COVID yeah.
1: with you. Yeah. COVID was huge. I think that was the major thorn in it. Like money, not being go outside. It kind of helped some people realize they could buy whips and crane. But yeah, I think it really started dropping stuff. Uh, the the finances, like I, I know in a few years, yeah. I'd like to think in two years it'll be it might just be back on top. But let's hope so. Things, let's hope so. <laughs> things have yeah. their own way, and as long as it's not dead, it'll keep on swimming one way or the other. And
0: you know, well I'll keep on making some podcasts and talking to the community and Find out who's who's new and coming, and awesome. new things coming around. We'll chat about it. Um, I do. I, I did just look up, and I don't know how much we're going to edit this down, but we're at nearly four hours of our conversation.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry about that. So, you, you can no, it, leave okay. it. it. Don't matter. Uh, I don't know if I I'm said gonna, anything uh, worth editing. So I'd say, dude, just play yeah. it. Even, yeah. even the picks <laughs> rated as well. If they're going to sit through an hour, they'll sit through two, they'll sit through two, they'll sit through, two, they'll sit through four. Right. I didn't know the time went by that far, man. Sorry about that. Right.
0: No, I mean, I keep forgetting we're right. recording. We're just having a good time chatting and talking about whips and listening to what you've got coming. It's very exciting. And, and, Yeah, I just want to wrap it up here and just let people know to check you out on Facebook.
1: You give me a couple years and if I get my little drift course set up, come on by, man. I'll take you for a ride, hold on to that seat and be ready to squeal some tires and uh, blip some throttles, man. (laughs) I might be doing a little
0: squealing myself. I'm just just warning. I
1: would too. I'm not that good yet. (laughs) I'm sure in a couple years, I'll still be holding on by seat of my pants on some things, you know.
0: Exactly. Uh, All right, Blake. Thank you so much. It's an
1: an ongoing process. Yes, sir thank you for having me. Thanks for the time. Appreciate. I know it took away, you know, a long time on this means a lot away from your family and everything else. And just, I appreciate all that time. Appreciate you letting me on there. And I really love all the people you got a hold of. Uh, I I can't wait. Hopefully, you know, like I said, more whipped crackers will show up. Hopefully you can interview some of them. Maybe that'll get hype. Um, but you know, I just, I appreciate this. I I appreciate how you're doing. I, I can't wait to see more from you um and Thank you very much. don't stop making if you want to make make you know I'm, I'm glad you're doing this too but don't sacrifice your cracking or your whip making and you know if, if your passion is talking to people man you just start looking at the next level of podcasting besides whip crackers what's next you know yeah. but don't don't hold yourself to one standard if you're good at podcasting be a podcaster whips right. may be a good start get a good volume so cool. talk to other people you know but whatever it is man have fun finding growing dream imagine go for it but it. you know don't don't stop working towards it and be mindful and pay attention. like i think the biggest thing is people aren't in the moment when they're doing it to see what's happening and yeah. you know it's got to be fun though like the patch got to be there if you're not having fun don't do it like like if you're not having fun training martial arts you're the first guy of the academy because man you gotta have fun yeah. So, yeah, you know, when the fun wanes, start thinking about it, and it's like, is it me? Is it just what I'm going through? Don't give up yet. But you know, when you feel that fun going, okay, well, what am I looking at fun for next? And I think that's a lot of people' problems that transition. So, I'm looking yeah. forward to moving on from whips. I'm looking forward to doing something else. I still want to make a good whip for people. I still, I still want to not lose the skills and help out. But yeah. We needed the next generation of hands because these fingers, they are, they're killing, they're fun, funky, they're, they, I, I know that I want to be able to use my hand for the next 20 years. And with making another 10 years of it, my fingers are going to have problems. Uh, like I'll probably, you'd need carpal tunnel surgery if I go at my pace another 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. it just things are like, man, we need the next generation. It has yep. to come that's why Adam's always looking for the next new whip maker. They're, they're, they come and go, they come and go, they come and go. The next thing you know, two years have gone behind and there's less whip makers and there's new whip makers. So right. just keep it on flowing. And I look forward to the next generation of creatives. And again, Absolutely. find your history, find out, <laughs> make a good product, talk to people who made stuff you want just give them credit or just be a human being when you ask them about it and don't be afraid to take no and when you get no maybe you don't do it or maybe you find something else out of that frustration to create something new or different but I, I you know that. you know, but but be mindful like if Joe said don't use a, don't make a lone star or don't use a name I would have not made a lone star or use the name much less you know if you still don't even make that with like alright I don't make that with man yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's yeah, I, like I I'll think, get by another way you know I think if
0: I had to summarize a lot of this and it, it, it's we should be respectful of other people
1: well whenever you're wanting to learn what teacher did you get as a student to run up there and just like take everything throw things around custom home tell them how they're going to teach you you know and, and and i think that's you know not like i'm like oh you better bow down to me i'm so mad it's just like dude i just want you to use my name i want you to tell me your name maybe say hello and ask a question that's not a threat or a demand not asking for much <laughs> not a demanding threat <laughs> you're asking for so much Mike. come on <laughs> yeah. just my name how about your name you okay. know my name and hello and exactly. then ask a question I'm, I'm i'm just happy with that hello ask a question Awesome.
0: All right. I, I love it. I love it. I could talk to you all night long and I, we almost have.
1: We'll have to do it again sometime. Like I said, I'm, I'm not yeah. busy. Like last time you asked, man, I think it was still coming out of COVID and I was making, was. I made 500. I made Trinity Whipco made like 800 and some whips. I made five, Steve Braided 300 of those overlays. It was a long year. You know, I had a lot of stuff going on. It was just crazy. And I'm like, dude, I would love to be writing it now. I'm not, I'm so it um, should be more free now well, for the rest of my working. life. My goal is to try to make that happen. Yeah.
0: All right. I appreciate well, it. I'll be watching, man, and, and praying for you. I uh, hope it all goes well.
1: All right. Well, God and bless with that, you, and thank you for stopping here.
0: Absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to mention here at the very end, if everyone made it this far, um, I personally could use a bit of help, um, not just selling whips, but I could have a donate button on my website for the podcast. So it's whipchatpodcast.com slash donate. I'm still putting together the website, but that page is up. So if a yeah, hundred to...
1: people watching, they all put a dollar in because they got something worth a dollar, man, I, that yeah, helps take that, care that, of things. Just That's what I need. <laughs> if you got $5 worth of information out of it, put in $5, but by all I, I, means, people I, I, help out, you know, I, I, he's not getting paid i just wasted four hours of his life he didn't get a dime (laughs) for it
0: i would not say it was wasted sir i i enjoyed this thoroughly i mean this is why i do this i want to build a community and i'm going to do this. donate to it your Um,
1: positive comes out great and you seem happy about it man just just, i I say just keep trying to perfect it you know just you seem prepared before we got you got everything set up before we talked it seems like you got the Everything doing really sizzling now that you've been doing it for a couple of years. So just all right, man, keep finding ways to perfect it. And man, maybe maybe your job is to be a podcaster in different walks of life. This can just hey, be your we'll model see. that gets you used to the format, shows a decent amount of work to share with other people and give them snippets so you can do other things. You know, and man, all it takes is to ask people, "Hey, would you be interviewed?" And right. they say no. Yeah. Guess what? Ask someone else, man. That's it, what I've been guess, doing. Yeah, don't stop, but take no as no. You know, yeah. I just tell people, go ahead and ask, where you get a no. But when you get a no, don't keep bothering Joe. You know? Right. like <laughs> right. yeah, so, exactly. he tells you no, don't, don't yeah. you know, go another round, ask something else, but, you know, respect, respect, respect boundaries, but, yeah, you know, yeah. You get That's yes one out three times, know the other two, you got yes once. You got at least one person <laughs> that, that is doing what you want. Exactly. Yeah. Well, have a great night. Yeah.
0: Thank you oh. very much. Yeah. You too. And uh i guess just i uh, tell everyone keep on cracking and uh, even more so keep on cracking and get other people yeah, cracking
1: too. right there's a lot of you out there they're just taking a big break because of covid and you're catching up from the bills but man this summer get out there get a video just shoot one video pass it around oh you know if Defense you crack- guys if you whip crackers don't post it won't grow Exactly. If you whipcrackers don't post fun stuff, cracking someone's butt, I guess, I don't know, throwing something, a newspaper with a bad headline, just make <laughs> make little fun snippets, you know, exactly. a stuffed animal gets thrown at you and you're attacking a war movie and you whip it, just do something, <laughs> make videos, get them out there, get it growing, somebody, somebody be the next, I don't know, the next, do it, do it, Exactly. Edit, go have fun, be cheesy, be original, grow this.
0: All right. I love it. Thank you, Blake, once again. And with that, have a good night.
1: God bless you. Have a good night.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Blake, for being on the show. And thank you everyone for, you know, listening and watching this episode. Hopefully you all gained something from that. There certainly was enough topics that should touch on anyone's interest, whether you're a whip maker or whip cracker, whether you're into martial arts or, or drifting your race car. I think there there'll be certainly be something of interest in this episode. but uh, yeah like I said at the end there, I, I do appreciate any help that you guys could do. Uh, go to whipchat.com/ donate and uh, help help me out Help us uh, keep on going and everyone keep on cracking.